listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. You might as well just join the dark side. Have you heard that show? It, it's a pile of shit. Luke, seriously, now I'm worried about you. Like, before, I mean, if you're hanging out with Obi-Wan and Leia and Han, and now you're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. This is, I mean... Luke, are you, are you doing drugs? I've seen you down at the Tashi station. I, I know what goes on there. I'm your father. I'm just worried about you. Believe I've tried. Yes, I read a parenting book. I thought it might help. Well, no, of course it didn't. Now you're leaving... You won't join the dark side. You're leaving the Jedi Academy, and now you're joining the leftover army? <laughs> Put down the lightsaber, Luke. No, seriously, put it down. Look at you. Think you're the big man. Think you're the big Jedi now. Just a few years ago, out there shooting womp rats with bigs, and now you think you can take on your father. No, put down the lightsaber. Can we talk now? Come to the dark side. Join the dark side of the Force. No, seriously, Luke, please, will you? I'm asking you. You do this every time, Luke. This isn't the Cats in the Cradle song, Silver Spoon, all that stuff. I'm, I'm seriously, I'm, I'm, I'm apologizing here. That's it. Grab your lightsaber. I'm kicking your ass. Episode 50. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Leftovers. And now, the premiere of the HBO original series, The Leftovers. The premiere of the HBO original series. I'm totally recording right now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> hey, it's Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're, we're the, leftovers. the Leftovers. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The audio drop is too much. I can't stop laughing. That's great. I need to turn up the headphones a little bit. There we go. Previously on The Leftovers. <laughs> Frank, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. It's awesome. Yeah, welcome back, Frank. Thanks a lot. Glad to be here. So happy. So you got to see Transformers? Uh, yes. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, toss that shit. Oh. I, I, I listened to the last week's podcast, and you guys were really nice about it. I, 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 I could not wait for that movie to be over. It was awful. <laughs> Did you see it in IMAX 3D? Yeah, and I, I, I went like at 11:45. The theater was empty, so I got like prime optimal seating right in the middle to where I wasn't, you know, eating the screen, and it was just like the perfect spot. And still, there, there was too many things wrong with it. Is it is it the only thing I can remember about that movie is that 
car tire hitting that guy in the head and how ridiculous it was. That's the only thing that stuck with me. I think about that every now and again. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the slow-mo shot. Yeah, the 3D was like crazy. It was all beautiful showing this guy get hit in the head by a tire. Right. It, it kind of would have made sense if it was a Transformer because, you know, then it probably would have had the control to do that. But just some dude in a car? No, I don't think so. Yeah, he, he should have killed that guy. That was weird. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, his name was Shane, so let's give him some credit. If your name's Shane, you're instantly a bad boy. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, think about it. The Walking Dead. You okay. Know, you're yeah, a bad gotcha. boy if your name's Shane. So Your buddy Shane Black? Shane Black, yeah. <laughs> He's a bad boy? Well, according to uh, everybody who ever saw Iron Man 3, yeah. <laughs> That's a different context of the term bad boy, I think. <laughs> right. Oh, speaking of Bad Boys, that's another Michael Bay movie. Yeah, Bad Boys is a great movie. Yeah, it is a good movie. All right, so, um, yeah, this week, uh, no movie. No movie this week. No movie. I might review a movie. Yeah, I'm ex- no big movie this week. But next week is uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and we're definitely going to be doing that movie. I think, uh, Frank, are you going to be here for this one, next one? I think I should be able to be, yeah. Okay, I think we might have John Woods on the next one, too. Nice. I think I need to do a... Um First one rewatch. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah. I've got it. I probably need to watch it again too. I only saw it in the theater. I really liked it. Oh, it was good. And just never got around to seeing it again. Yeah. I think I'm going to cram that in this week before the movie. John Lithgow's in that, man. Yeah. So is uh, Draco Malfoy, right? Oh, yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. He's the one who dropped the line. <laughs> yeah. You know, get your paws off me, you damn 38. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So um, after the end music, we'll be answering a question about the Tom Cruise movie Edge of Tomorrow from listener Gus Hoontight. If you haven't seen the movie, then don't listen to the end of the podcast after the uh, end music. Uh, if you don't want to be spoiled on that one, that's why we're going to save it for after the end music. So yeah, Sounds good. Um, it's time now for a segment that we like to call Pete's Tweets. I call I call Pudding Cat. Pete's Tweets. All right, at Pete Neen said to at PC Leftovers, I love you, Jake, but your blasphemy about Nathan Fillion and Firefly makes me want to punch you in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was also, he also uh, addressed me on my personal Twitter with this (laughs) same tweet. Yeah, what is your personal Twitter if people want to follow you? It is um, at Two Sheds. Um, It's difficult, though. It's the number two and then... S E or S H E D D S. So difficult. It, I can't, can't even spell fucking it. say it. It's at <laughs> at the number two sheds with an extra D. Double D sheds. Double D sheds. <laughs> right. Yep. Two sheds. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So yeah. Pete doesn't like your uh, Nathan Fillion hate. Yeah. A lot of people. Is know? it hate? Is it really hate? <sighs> Do I hate Nathan Fillion? Do you hate, hate's a strong word. I hate it when people say that, though. Yeah. I hate I, it when people, hate's a strong word. You know, I, I hate people that say that. So that's what I follow that I'm, up I'm not a big fan. I got to tell you. I think he's a little bit hammy, and he takes me out of a lot of the stuff that he's in. Wow. We, I don't, just, we, lo- we lost a ton of listeners yeah. just now. <laughs> he's, he's fine in Buffy Season 7. Right. Other than that. Eh. I wish I could play like some kind of like clip that the you know that the uh, opinions expressed by Jake Elliott aren't that of the leftovers. But you're a fucking leftover. <laughs> you're not leaving me with much, Jake, because I love Nathan Fillion, and here you are, you know, bashing my guy. I remember being so excited when he wasn't Star Lord. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it's Chris Pratt. I'm so excited. No, I'm happy it's Chris Pratt too. Did you see uh, Doctor Horrible sing along blog? Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Wow. He, he's he's amazing in that. 
Yeah. I mean, but that's that. I mean, that's not serious. He, do we want him to be Nova and play Nova as not over the top, hammy Nathan Philly and Nova? I mean, I just can't see him being believable in that character. Weren't you saying like something like he's going to be uh, Cosmo the talking dog? Yeah, he is going to be Cosmo. Is that, is that confirmed? It's not confirmed, but it's right. what all the big rumor mill, mills are saying. And I'm gotcha. fine with that. Yeah. Cosmo the talking dog is a cheeky character yeah. that can be played by a cheeky actor like Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Now, I don't hate him, right. but I just don't. He's just not my cup of tea when we're going into a serious movie as serious as a marvel cosmic movie so you be. look at this as more kind of like uh throwing a bone to like uh the josh whedon firefly camp yes okay all right um yeah speaking of uh famous actors that played dogs did you know in the first south park episode ever like the pilot episode, i do know, i do know this who was the dog's voice at the end of the show george clooney you're absolutely right yeah yeah he just like one line like woof or something like that yeah. right? that's ridiculous yeah, yeah. That's i crazy. remember seeing that in the credits and being like what the yeah. hell? George Clooney did that? <laughs> yeah. And I rewound to see if the dog did anything, and it didn't do anything. It just made a wolf noise. Yeah. It's like, oh. Wasn't he like a big fan of South Park or something? Like, Weren't they like cards or something, like greeting cards or something before all this happened? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that went into effect, yeah. why I'm, he was so. I'm pretty sure, if I remember right, I think they did a little short with Santa Claus versus Jesus. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. you're right. Yeah. They did the short first, yeah. And he caught wind of it and was a fan of it. Gotcha. All right, so let's go over a few listener emails. The first listener email I want to read is from Carlton Patterson. Uh, this is a, a listener that I didn't know was out there. He says, hey, guys, I love your show. Been listening since November last year and really look forward to every episode. I listen to and from work and sometimes at work when there's not much going on. Being a 39-year-old black man from Mississippi, I don't really have a lot of people to talk to about pop culture in real life. Speaking of where I work... The water cooler talk is usually about Honey Boo Boo and Duck Dynasty. So listening to you guys argue about all the geek things is a great escape from the boring chatter that I hear day in and day out at my job, even if I don't agree with you all the time. I do have one question. With all the remakes and reboots, why has no one ever mentioned The Last Starfighter? I know that it doesn't hold up to today's standard, but with the popularity of gaming today, I think that it could possibly be a hit. Just wondering, what are your guys' thoughts on it? Anyway, I just wanted to say hi and keep up the good work, and I'll keep listening. Thanks, Carlton. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. That, um, they could do so much with that now. Yeah, I love The Last Starfighter, and you can basically rip that plot off a million ways and make a great movie. Right. You know, you can make whatever game is the test, and then... That brings you into being recruited into doing whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, but look at it this way. I mean, there's been so many movies that they've been talking about, like, rebooting and having so many problems with getting them off the ground. I mean, hell, we haven't seen a Gremlins 3 yet. We haven't seen a Ghostbusters 3 yet. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, The Last Starfighter, I think, is kind of like – it's a cult classic to me. Like, yeah. I loved it. I loved the movie as a kid. I still love it as an adult. Very nostalgic film for me. Um, but – you know, I mean, I, it's kind of low on the list of reboots if you can't even get fucking Gremlins 3 or Ghostbusters 3 out there again. Yeah, I honestly think, though, that out of all three of those franchises, this is the one that would have the easiest chance of being remade. Because I I may be wrong, but it's Disney's The Last Starfighter, right? Uh, I, think you're thinking, I think you're thinking of The Flight of the Navigator. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, right. gotcha. The oh. last, you know what The Last Starfighter is, yes, the yes, movie. Yes. You're not confusing it with... 
Yes. Flight of the Navigator. No, I'm where not. The, where the robot talks like Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Well, yeah, you're right. Probably not then. Yeah. Last Starfighter, um, I loved that movie when I was a kid, you know, playing the video game at the trailer park and, you know, the guy, uh, guy hits like an unreal score and, you know, becomes a, becomes a fighter pilot. It's kind of yeah. like, I'm thinking of the same movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. So, I mean, I would love to see it. I would love to see a reboot, but I mean, can you really capture like what they did in that movie? Great score, I think, in that movie. You know, I mean, beautiful cinematography. It was a fun movie back in the eighties. I mean, with today's, I mean, with I don't know, with today's CGI, are they going to fuck it up? Are they going to fuck up our childhood? Where's the kid going to be playing this game? There's no arcades that exist anymore. You know what they'd probably do? He was playing this at a fucking. well, the the explanation was is like nobody knew where the game came from. It was just there, yeah, at the at the trailer park, and like that's and it was cool, man. Because like, do you remember like growing up and like somebody was like really good at a game mm-hmm. at a video arcade, and people would crowd around them? Yeah, like I was really good at Dig Dug, and I remember having like a crowd around me when I'm playing Dig Dug, <laughs> and how cool and how fun that felt for me. Like everybody's like crowding around me as I'm like hitting these high levels in Dig Dug. I'm surprised you didn't get recruited to go to the mining service. <laughs> and, uh, we need your mining skills, Brian, <laughs> I know. to find this amber to build Jurassic Park. Yeah, <laughs> that never did happen. It's unfortunate. That is unfortunate. But man, yeah, I love the last Starfighter movie. Yeah, I, I mean, was really good at Mortal Kombat, and so yeah, yeah, I was like, I could do all the fatalities. It was the same kind of thing. It was everyone like people would buy me into the game just so I could do the fatalities because oh, no one else awesome. could do the fucking fatalities and yeah. shit. Now, oh man, I had a thought and I lost it. I never got a job either. For I never got recruited to kill people or nothing. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if you were to perform more babalities. Oh, yeah. That was kind of dumb, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it got super yeah. ridiculous. Friendships. Friendships, yeah. Let me give you flowers. Right. If they updated it now, it'd be like friendship is magic and like Rainbow Dash would like rip their spine out of their fucking... <laughs> that would, that <laughs> would be pretty awesome. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever seen like the YouTube video of uh, Starscream versus Rainbow Dash? No. No, but I need to. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, so check that out. Um, no, but, uh, you know, the alien, uh, that he, not, not, uh, that he befriended in The Last Starfighter, the guy with the scales and shit like that, mm-hmm. he was in another movie, the exact same alien. Do you know what I'm talking about? What movie was it? Was it, um, Alienation? No, 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 no. It wasn't Alienation. It was another movie and it was about a human and a, um, and, and that same alien. It was that same alien, and they were in a movie. If one of our listeners has to know what I'm talking about, it was, an, and I've seen it. Huh. I cannot remember the name of the movie. I have no idea. Let's pause. Pause for the cause. All right, so we're back. Um, yeah, we found out probably <laughs> after about 15 minutes of searching that the character that uh, he played, the, the the reptilian character that I was talking about in Last Starfighter, was a character named Greg. And it's not the same character as another movie that Lewis Gossett Jr. played in uh, Enemy Mine. But yeah. I thought they were—I thought they were the same character. I can see your confusion. Yeah. I, while we were doing all that, I saw the Google images of both characters, and easy, easy mistake. Yeah, you're so, for, you're forgiven. Thank you. All right. Yeah, I'm a leftover. That's what I do. So. Yeah, you'll, you'll, it'll it'll happen. 
But yeah, man, fucking last Starfighter, dude. I mean, how would would you want some kid to be playing like a home console or something like that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. Unfortunately, that's probably how they would do it. And something about how they'd make up like Xbox Live was a training ground and some bullshit where Connect sucks them in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but probably. Be. Yeah, well, I mean, you. Th- yeah, it might be. I mean, it'd have to be a merger with like fucking like because uh, Universal Studios did the original. Yes. So right. Universal will have to team up. They're not going to team up with PlayStation because Sony would make the movie then. Exactly. Right. And then, yeah, it'd have to be like, uh, you know, Universal with Microsoft or somebody. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Or just make up shit. Make yeah. up the technology. Make up the console. Right. I kind of like it when they do that better. Yeah. So, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to see a Last, Starfe- Last Starfighter reboot. I think the original stands on its own. I mean, to this day. I, I mean, agree. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. I mean, it... I mean, it's hard for that movie to kind of stand out when, like, so many other great 80 mo- 80s movies came out. You know, like, you're, you're dealing with Gremlins, E.T. I know you hate E.T., Jake, but <laughs> yeah, E.T., I mean, it's one of the highest-grossing movies of all time. So you're just a jaded child <laughs> watching yeah. that movie for I, some reason. I am. I mean, you know, my last name is Elliot. It's just too much. Right. Right. Did you know they originally wanted to use M&M's in that movie and then M&M's turned them down so that's why they went with Reese's Pieces? Oh, that's man. good shit. Afterwards, it's like M&M's felt so fucking stupid because like Reese's Pieces blew up after that. Oh, yeah. Another fact, Reese's Pieces, I love them. But you know another thing? They totally upset my stomach so I can't eat them. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. When I was a little kid, I'd eat them and then my stomach would be so upset. And to this day, I was thinking, oh, that was just when I was a little kid. I'll be fine. I'll eat some Reese's Pieces. I eat Reese's Pieces and it's like, oh, Fuck, this is why I don't eat Reese's Pieces. <laughs> when I was a kid, kids threw Reese's Pieces at me. Oh, that's bullshit. And said, Elliot, Elliot. <laughs> oh. And I could not stand E.T. It traumatizes me to this day. <laughs> My aunt, when I was, what year did that movie come out? I think I was, 82. So I was four? Yeah. Is, is that, yeah. No, it came out later in 82, right? It came out in 82. Okay, it must have been when the re-release, because they like re-released it in the theater, didn't they, like two or three years later, yeah, like they used they to did. back then? Yeah. And so it was out again, like right when I was in kindergarten. My aunt bought me a uh, ET stuffed animal for Christmas. Right. And when I unwrapped it, I threw it into the Christmas fire. <laughs> and my aunt was screaming at me, and my mom actually defended me and said that my aunt didn't know anything about me if she was going to buy me an ET doll <laughs> because I was so traumatized by the wow. whole thing. Oh man, I'm sorry that that had to happen because it's really a great movie. Yeah, right. Spielberg's one of my favorite directors. Yeah, but it's like ET still gives me the fucking heebie-jeebies to this day. Wow, I can't take it. I've heard of people like being scared of like clowns, you know, and shit like that, but never ET. <laughs> Ouch! And all that shit. Oh my god, I can't take it. Yeah, um, the uh, the teacher in that movie that you never see his face. Okay. Remember, you know, like the oh, Frank, you might know what I'm talking about, but you're looking at me now. You have no fuck in ET. In ET. Oh yeah, dude, I don't watch ET on the regular. Okay, so there's a teacher in that movie. It's like when they're doing the science experiment and they're gonna uh, dissect the frogs. The teacher in that movie, you never see his face; you just hear his voice. They originally wanted to cast Harrison Ford as the teacher, but they thought it would be too distracting for you know people watching the movie, so they just went with like a, a no-name voice actor or something like that. Mm. You, you oh. never actually saw the teacher's face, but gotcha. originally they were going to cast Harrison Ford in that role. That's so, interesting. Yeah. So, all right, uh, we got an email from. Uh, I'm going to try to pronounce his name. One time I pronounced his name Joe Vital. He told me it was wrong. He's never told me how to pronounce his name, so I'm going to say Joe Vitali. I like Vittle, like Vittles. Like Vittles? 
I like Joe Vitale. I think that's cool. All right. So, hey, Joe, let us know if we pronounced your name right. We probably fucked it up again. So that's what we do here on Pop Culture Leftovers. He uh, sends us an email. He sends us two emails. His first email says, this is my penultimate email to you. More to follow in my email finale. Then I got another email. Okay, now this is my email finale. So that's kind of dedicated to you there, Frank. Thanks for clearing that up for me finally. He said I couldn't, and we talked about this in episode 48, he said, I couldn't help but laugh at your comments regarding Rob Liefeld, and here's why. About a year and a half ago, a friend of mine and I were tweeting back and forth about Rob's terrible art and anatomy, especially his rendition of Captain America with tits. Mind you, we were not phrasing our discussion by inserting Rob's Twitter handle, at Robert Liefeld, in our tweets in order to get him to notice this. We were just conversing as if we were face-to-face. Well, all of a sudden... Rob jumps into our conversation and tweets us the following. He said to us, basically, what have you done or accomplished? And then he said he has been kicking ass for over 20 years and that the calendar don't lie. And then ended with a hashtag of bitter much. The guy is way insecure if he is actively doing a Twitter search for his name. It's kind of sad, really, but we laugh and joke about it to this day. I have to say, I thoroughly enjoy your show. It makes my daily commute bearable. What really separates you from other podcasts is that you guys are funny and don't take yourselves too seriously. But more importantly, you have a passion for what you do, and that inherently makes it interesting for us, the listeners. Thank you, Joe. And he says, thanks for your time and dedication. That's awesome. Yeah, Rob Leefield, meh. Yeah, so sounds like... uh you know, Leaf or Ab Liefeld is a little insecure. Yeah, that's pretty hilarious. I um, I went to a comic con with a friend of mine. It was like a Wizard World way back in um, like ninety six through ninety eight, sometime like then. And uh, he hated Rob Liefeld so much, and so he went through the line to get like his Captain America number one signed or whatever was out at the time. You know, right? And um, he said to Rob Liefeld, he said, "Me and you have a lot in common, Rob." And Rob. Rob said what? And he said, I can't draw either. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he said Rob just kind of smiled and, you know, went on to the next comic and everything. He didn't really respond to it. But, wow. you know, I gave him a fist bump for that. It was pretty funny. You know, it's like, okay, if I had that much criticism, like, online, you know, I mean, I, I trust me, I get my fair share of criticism. Believe me, I get emails all the time. Yeah. But – you know, if I had that much criticism and shit, I would just fucking stay off the internet and stay off some of these pages that are bashing. You know what I mean? Yeah. This guy goes out and he searches it, man. It's like an, an obsession for him. Like, you know, I mean, th- if somebody was bashing me, I, I would just stop reading it. Just be like, ah, whatever, you know, and just kind of put it out of my mind. But like he goes out actively search. How is that helping him? Right. Is that like, that? that's not, that's not healthy. Yeah. That's ridiculous. He kind of captured his own attitude with that hashtag bitter much. Yeah. That is funny that he used that hashtag bitter much. Right. Why exactly. do you even interact with anybody if you're just going to bitch at him? Can I tell another story about that same con real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Jim Lee was at that con. This was the con right after fantastic four. Number one by Jim Lee came out and yeah. Captain America was number one. And we got into the fucking ass end of Jim Lee's line. Like, we showed up like 10 minutes after you were supposed to be there, and it was the ass end of it. It was like all the way around the booth, like three times and shit and everything. Yeah. And my friend is just going off the rails about how long he's going to have to wait. And during this, he's like using every profane word you can think of, racial slurs against um, 
Asians because of Jim Lee being an Asian. He's just that upset and have to wait wait in line for this. And Your friend? My friend is. Okay. Yeah. Should we really be saying this? No, this is funny. Okay. And so the next thing I know, <laughs> Jim Lee is like literally standing right next to us. And my friend is just still going ape shit, f bombs this and everything. Right. And I recognize Jim Lee because I mean he's like a face of comics. If you read Wizard magazine, they oh, showed yeah. like a hundred fucking pictures of Jim Lee in a magazine yeah. and everything. And I'm like, holy shit, it's Jim Lee and everything. And he's like, how you guys doing? We're like, we're great. He's like, I always like to come to the back of the line and sign the first five or six people on the back of the lines first before I go start my signing in the booth. So you got any books? And we oh, took out our books, shit. and Jim Lee literally signed all our books. I had about 15 Jim Lee books, X-Men wow. stuff, Fantastic Four number one. Signed everything. I was the second person to get my stuff signed. My friend that was calling Jim Lee every racist name in the book got his stuff signed first. <laughs> wow. He, wow. It, was, it was just hilarious. I mean, I don't think that's a horrible story to tell. I just remember it was being really funny because then afterwards, she's just like, oh, I feel so terrible for <laughs> saying so much bad stuff. As he should have. Yeah. It, it was really funny. I was like, yeah, see – and I always secretly wonder if maybe Jim Lee heard him going off the rails or something. I right. don't, I don't, you know, yeah. but he didn't say anything about it. And he literally told us he was, he always does this, signs the last people in lines books. Yeah. I just hate it when people like have to like judge somebody just because of their race. That, that pisses me off. Yeah. It was, I, you know, I'd gone to these things all the time and I kind of knew the scheme of it. And I yeah. always enjoy being in the lines because the people you're in line with to get Jim Lee books signed yeah. are cool people to talk to. And it's yeah. just fun to hang out for a while and everything, right. you know, and I, it was my buddy's first con and he wasn't really into, you know, yeah, kind of, and, and he's a racist and he's a racist. <laughs> yeah. yeah Very great. funny stuff though. Hey, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Jim Lee's a great guy though. <laughs> he signed this racist books. <laughs> God, this is going to be controversial. <laughs> Okay. I got All right. Hey, we're back. Now that we've talked about <laughs> ra- racial issues and let's talk about politics and religion next. So let's just lose half of our listenership. Yeah. Unlike the HBO show, The Leftovers, we'll know why we lost 2% of our audience. <laughs> yeah, 2% of our audience is pretty much everybody. So fuck. All right. Um, oh, where are we? So yeah. Hey, uh, Let's go on to uh, let's move on to our first segment of the show, Good Pop Bad Pop. It's where we talk about the things in the previous week that we either watched or read that we liked or disliked. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop Bad Pop. All right. So, this week in Good Pop Bad Pop, uh we've got quite a bit to cover. Um first thing I wanted to cover was uh the show with the same name. Oh, nice. Yeah, kind of a tie into what you're talking about. The Leftovers. HBO premiered The Leftovers last weekend. Uh, it's going to be, the second episode's going to be tonight then, the night we're recording, Sunday. It is tonight. Yeah. So, uh, I wanted to talk about The Leftovers. Um, we're talking about, it's, it's a new HBO show. It's on Sundays, directed by Peter Berg and then written by Damon Lindelof. Uh, love him or hate him. You know, David Lind- Damon Lindelof. I love Damon Lindelof. Dude, that surprises me. Oh, I love him. Um, giant Lost fan. Um, he wrote Prometheus. Prometheus, yeah. Um, yeah, I love Damon Lindelof. He wrote um, some comics, too. He wrote those Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk comics. Oh, really? Which are awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, they are good. I just I didn't know he was the one. He was the writer. He wrote those. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. You know the where um it starts off with that. If you think about it, it's classic his storytelling where it start, starts off with Wolverine torn in half. Yeah, and then you lead up to how Wolverine got torn in half. It's yeah. a very Lindelof device, even yeah. in that. Yeah, uh, great story. Horrible cartoon, by the way. Oh yeah. Um, it stars Justin Theroux as Kevin Garvey, Liv Tyler, Christopher Eccleston, who played Doctor Who and Malekith in Thor The Dark World, Brad Leland, who plays the congressman, who I think only appears in this first episode, um, but I had to mention him because I loved him on Friday Night Lights, the TV show, so I'm throwing Brad Leland out there because I'm a big fan. How do you know he's only going to be in the one episode? I looked at IMDb, and it shows how many episodes each character are in. Dun, dun, dun. And Brad Leland, it just shows him in one episode, which is unfortunate because I really enjoyed him. He played uh, Pat Garrity, I believe, in uh, Friday Night Lights, and he was a great character in that. I, I really loved him in Friday Night Lights. Um, Chris Zilka plays Kevin Garvey's son, Tom Garvey. He was um, Flash Thompson in Amazing Spider-Man. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he never answers the phone yeah. in the show. Yeah, that's the guy. Same guy. Same okay. Guy. Annie Q, who is the cute Asian girl, which hopefully your friend isn't listening to this podcast and saying anything bad about her. He, he would she, hate her. She was gorgeous, especially if he had to wait in line to meet her. Yeah, but I thought she was gorgeous. Yeah. And, oh yeah. And uh, yeah, very attractive girl. Uh, that uh, Tom Garvey has the hots for. Margaret Qualley is Kevin's daughter. And uh, Tom's sister. And Amy Brenneman, uh, she was from Private Practice. And then I also remember her as being one of uh, Kelsey Grammer's girlfriends on Frasier. She, she's in the show as well. She was in that uh, cult that we'll talk about. I think they're a cult, right? Who knows? I don't know. We don't know yet. All right. So The Leftovers, it revolves around mysterious disappearances worldwide and specifically follows a group of people who are left behind in the suburban community of Mapleton. They must begin to rebuild their lives after the loss of more than 100 people disappear. They said that in the in the show, it was said that 2% of the world's population was taken, which in numbers was roughly 140 million people just up and disappeared. Yeah. The show starts off with a mother in a laundromat, and she's talking on the phone, and her baby is just crying and bawling its eyes out. She's carrying on a conversation on the phone. She's not paying any attention to the baby at all crying. She gets back to her car. Baby's still fucking crying. Puts the baby in the back of the car. All the while, she's still on the phone until you don't hear any more crying. She then turns around. Her baby's gone. And then you see a boy shouting for his dad. Then a car with no driver crashes into another car. There's panic everywhere on the streets. They fade to black, and we see three years later. So we get some exposition. Yeah. Can I talk about that scene Go for ahead. a bit? Yeah. God, that scene was filmed amazing, in my opinion. Um, the piano music in this show is super um, creepy. It's like kind of almost like it's trying to be uplifting while all this really traumatic stuff is going on. Right. It's a really interesting choice of music. And um, the just the filming of this was really cool when the guy disappeared from his car like brian was saying it wasn't like you saw that happened right you just had to put that piece together yeah because of seeing the car running into the other car and everything and just the way it was really really smart in the direction and the way they showed us like the little i assume we're going to get to see more people's experiences 
when the thing that happened happened. Do we have a name for it yet? I was that was what I was asking when the show ended. Do we have a name? that they for the, call for the event for the event i hate calling it the event because i think of that shitty nbc show oh yeah the event did i watch <laughs> that what was that about oh christ it was like the event there were aliens among us yeah i think i watched a few episodes what of is it the event fell off on it that was like the publicity they kept saying yeah. what is the event what, what is, is the, the event, event? I, I did watch a lot of that i yeah. watched like maybe three or four episodes and then there's like one night i didn't record and i just stopped watching it and didn't care but uh yeah they I don't think they've named it yet. You know, I mean like um yeah, we'll talk about that. I don't think they've named it that though. It was like the 3rd year anniversary was like what they were yeah. talking about in the episode, but they never had like a name for it. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you there. No, you're fine. Um so we we get the exposition, then we're thrown right into this world where people have just up and vanished. And now the ones that have been left behind, the leftovers, are dealing with it. And it's safe to say that the world has changed because of this event, uh, and definitely not for the good, in my opinion. Man, I'm telling you, this show is fucked up, but in a good way. Yeah. Uh, let's rate it, and then we can talk about it a little bit more. Let's do it. Frank, did you, you get a chance to see it? I got a DVR, but I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. All right, that's fine. Spoilers. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. The rating system. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Clive is a little bit late. I'm not, it's not my fault. It's Clive. He, he's not here yet. Hey, wake up, Clive. Get your coffee down. Is he walking down the stairs <laughs> yeah, yet? Yeah, there he is. There he is. All right. Yeah. Is your coffee warm? Oh, it's piping hot? Then sit your ass down and explain the rating systems, you fucking son of a bitch. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Now he's just staring at me. But it um Yeah. Yeah. Get you got your coffee, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out of here. Jeez. All right, so we're going to go ahead and rate it. Who wants to rate it? You want to rate it, Jake? I'll rate it. Go ahead and rate it. Man. I am going to Tupperware this. Just the pilot. Just the pilot episode. Just the pilot. It was a super great pilot. I'm super intrigued to know more about what's going on. Um, the acting was really great in this show. I thought all the performances were really fun. Like I said, with that opening scene, it was really smart, and the rest of the show was the same way. You kind of have to put the pieces together as to who people are and what's going on. And how people are related to other people just by what you see, you know, there's just no heavy handed exposition yeah. to slow it down. You're just thrust into this world and you just kind of see all the stuff good and mostly bad that's come of after the event has happened. Right. Um, I'm excited to see going forward if it's going to be from different perspectives, from different characters every episode. If the mate, because the main focus of this character was the chief of police in the small town. Yeah, Kevin Garvey, right? And yeah. is every episode going to be that way? Is it going to, because I mean, is it going to be a little bit like lost in the way that every episode is going to be from the perspective of a different character? And maybe we'll see what happened to them when the uh, event happened. Right. Or whatever. And I'm just really excited to see how we're going to further develop this story. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and rate it too. I'm going to give this show a Tupperware for that first episode. Um, it was really engaging. The characters, all the characters, in my opinion, are interesting, and and I can't tell you one character throughout the entire show that I didn't want to learn more about. 
while watching this episode. I mean, definitely. There's there's a lot of things that I want to learn about all these different characters. I mean, every character was interesting in some respect. Even some of the sub characters, like you know the the two boys that the the daughter was hanging out with. Like you know, what's their deal? I, I want to know. Like, did their parents disappear? You know, I I don't know. I mean. It's really interesting. Uh, all the characters. I mean, even the woman giving the speech at the parade, talking about her three family members that disappeared and talking about that day at the beach that they had. I mean, every character in this has an interesting story because something extremely epic happened to everyone in this. So everybody has their own story and about how this event affected them. Yeah. And that makes every character in this interesting because they all have a story to tell. Yeah, it was, and it was kind of scary too at parts too, I thought, which really made it exciting. Like the dream sequence when he hit, when he hits the animal and you almost see like the animal crushed in front of his car. So that was a dream sequence? The first time. Cause that's why he confuses it the second time as to whether or not it's even real. Now I'm confused. I'm confused. Okay. Now I'm confused as fuck. Just that, I think just that one time was a dream when he had the dream about hitting the animal. I thought that that was something that happened and because of that, ha- okay, I thought that that was something that actually happened. Gotcha. Like he's driving along, hits it, and I thought that that tied into, spoilers, of course, but I thought that that tied into like later on when we find out something strange that's going on with the dogs in the town yeah i know exactly what you're saying and i thought because like he was going to learn something there that he kind of like woke up disoriented i i think at a point it was confusing whether or not it was a dream or something that really happened but i i think it's kind of cemented that it was a dream when did he wake up up. did he wake up though like in his bed yeah didn't he man i can't for some reason i'll have to watch it again but for some reason i'm thinking like he for some reason, I was thinking like he went out, hit this animal. I was thinking it was a deer at first, yeah. and as, towards the end of the episode, I'm thinking he hit a dog because of weird things that were happening with dogs in this fucking show. That soon as he got around to the front of the car, he just like woke up disoriented. Yeah, I think that was just a messed up dream. I could okay. be wrong. Okay, I mean it's that's kind of the fun of the show is trying to put yeah. the pieces together and figure out what's what. Yeah, so. What about um, what about the dogs, man? Yeah, the dog thing was really crazy. Yeah, um, they've all gone feral because yeah. like any dog that witnessed the people just disappear, their brain couldn't handle it, so they just kind of snapped. Yeah, and they're like hunting down all the other wildlife. It looked like yeah, because they attacked a deer at the end of the episode. Yeah, and then he saw that deer in front of that woman's house. Yeah, because he was gonna you know tell her that the it was her dog that. At the beginning of the episode, there was a – at the beginning of the episode, that we have that one guy who – there's the dog in the street and he's trying to pet the dog and the guy gets out of the truck, shoots the dog dead and then just drives off. Yeah. And I, there's a lot of interesting questions about this show. Like I'm wondering – it's like – it's not really said whether or not – like what happened? Like is it the rapture? Did these people go because they're all the good people? It's kind of implied that people resent – that they didn't disappear too. Well, there was this one guy who was saying like this, okay, the, on the news there, you know, religious groups are talking about how like it was like the rapture or whatever. Yes. And then this one guy at the, the parade is like going on about how this one person was taken up and 
you know, disappeared and vanished and look at the life they led and how horrible it was and blah, 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 blah. So it wasn't the rapture, you know, yeah. like why am I still here when this person gets to go up and they're a piece of shit? And so I think they're trying to separate it from like the biblical rapture. Yes. So, I mean, okay, what do you think? I mean, do you think we're ever going to find out what it was or do you think like part of the allure of the show is like not knowing? I mean, like I, I, the, the Walking Dead, we don't know why people are zombies and there is no cure. That's kind of like the cool thing about it. Do you think like the same thing is going to happen here? I definitely think that. I would be 100% shocked if we ever got an actual answer as to why this happened. Right. The, the point of this show is definitely a character drama. Yeah. And you know how this hyper event affected these real people. Yeah. And, you know, I'm excited. I can't wait for uh, future episodes. Yeah, I just hope it can keep up the momentum that it's that it's got. But I mean, I think it can. I mean, it's a character driven story, and interesting things are happening to interesting people. In my opinion, you've got you know the, the, they held they held the parade that was it was commemorating the three year anniversary of the disappearance and. Like the best way I can describe it is that uh, there's the it's almost like a cult group. Yes, I and I also wrote a note down that I wanted to. Um, they it, the parade was very interesting because it's they call it Heroes Day. Yeah, but there seems to be a big conflict on whether or not we should be celebrating these people going away, right? Or whether or not we should be trying to figure out why. And um, I thought it was funny when that now who is the. Is it the ch- he's the chief of police and yes. the girl that he's always kind of at contention with is um is she the mayor? I think so. The one that makes the speech before that person yeah. disappears. Yeah. She argues that you know what are we going to call it if we don't call it Heroes Day or we call it we don't know what the fuck happened day. Right. Like we're trying to get people to feel better about this and move on. Yeah. And everything and you were getting ready to talk about the cult and everything. Yeah, there's this cult and they dress in all white. They live in a community together and uh I mean they're in they're in houses and I mean like there's probably I don't know 10 15 people living in the same house. Yeah. in the same like area within the community and they've excommunicated themselves from everyone so they don't talk to anybody. Do they call them the GFs? I don't know. They were, they were calling them something. The GFs are going to come when okay. they were talking about the parade. I didn't, I missed that. Yeah. Um, and then they actually, they excommunicate themselves from each other too. I mean, they'll write things down to communicate, but they won't talk. Yes. And I want to know why that is. Um, and we saw one talk. Yes. For a little bit. And then when she was finished, yes. she specifically brought up, by the way, this is the last time we'll ever talk to each other. Right. It was uh, the Liv Tyler's character. Yes. Who, they had kind of been following for what reason, I don't know. But, you know, she was uh, – her uh, boyfriend, now fiancé, was uh, – her. yeah, it was her fiancé. Yes. And her were going out to dinner and things like that. And, like, they would just show up where they were either in front of their home or at, while they're at dinner or where they're r- arriving back at home. And all of a sudden, like towards the end of the episode, she is going to that house to join up with the cult. And yeah, that's when they have that conversation of like, this is the, la- my name is this, this is the last time we're going to talk. Yeah. That's really wild. And she even assaults one of them because they're stalking him so right, much. Yeah. And so it was weird that she just decided to show up. Well, and why did they, it felt like they were targeting her too. Definitely. Like, why were they targeting her? What does, you know, what do they have on her that makes them think that she could be 
one of them. I, you know what I mean? It just doesn't – nothing adds up right now. Yeah, I really don't know what that group is trying to prove. Yeah. Because um, you were going to talk about they have the Heroes Day and they basically have a big ceremony where people – you know, they have someone right. give a speech and, the mayor and then they show speech, up. And then, yeah, and then the cult shows up. And then like, you know, we all knew that – the, like, even even Kevin Garvey, the main guy, was talking about something bad is going to happen. He was telling his daughter, yeah. don't show up to this. Don't show up there. I, you can do anything else, but just don't show up to this parade. Yeah. And she, of course, she's there. Of course. Um, and, uh, I mean, they show up in the white and you can just, that scene was just filmed great. That I mean, scene was filmed great. Um, the emotions are running high on both sides, in my opinion. And yeah. they show up with those, the, the sign that says, don't waste your breath. Exactly. And they have, you know, they have eight year olds giving speech or listing off the names of all the people that disappeared. Yeah. The audience is getting very emotional, remembering, you know, all their lost ones. And then right. they have these people showing up saying, don't waste your breath. Yeah. Basically, you know, just taking a big shit on their feelings from yeah. their side of you. Right. And I mean, if you're going to excommunicate yourselves from everybody, why even show up to the rally? Exactly. So there's something there, – this story, I the first episode, it leaves so many questions. But on the flip side, it's like you want answers to them. But yeah. our, I think we're getting answers to a few things that are character stuff. But like the supernatural event that happened – I hope we never get an answer. No. I hope we're always wondering. I th- I hope so, too. I was laughing. I was thinking, man, if you're going to be in a cult that's going to show up somewhere. And they all smoke. Yeah. They, they all smoke they cigarettes, They all smoke too. cigarettes. If you're going to show up somewhere where you know you're going to get hit a lot, maybe wearing white probably isn't the best idea. Yeah. You know? They all yeah. had bloodstains all over their cloaks afterwards and everything. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting. Yeah. And then – um we find out towards the end of the episode that the Amy Brenneman, the actress, yes, is the former wife, or he considers still his wife. That's that's Kevin Garvey's wife, the yeah. sh- the, the police officer. There's so much to talk about in this show, and what's going on with um, the guy that's the leader of the other cult? Yeah, that, that, Wesley. That is it Wesley? Yeah, yeah, that his son Tom's in. His son Tom's in. Yeah, that's a. Uh, what's going on with that? What did he do to that um, congressman that they brought to him? They bring him a congressman who yeah, seems that was Brad Leland. Yes. Yeah. And the congressman has a real bad attitude about going the whole time. Right. And they bring him to this guy. This guy talks to him, and he he couldn't be happier after talking to. It's the like guy. a compound. Yeah. That they bring him to, and like there's all these women there laying out in like bikinis and things like that, and does the son gets a talk by. The, by Wesley, right? Yes, like, you yeah. know, don't talk to her or whatever or something. Yeah, and he it, says you're going to be your bodyguard. Yeah. And protect her, but not to touch her. Right, yeah. And so what's going on with all that? Like, is there supernatural stuff going on there? What did he do to that congressman to make him just so agreeable all I love of a sudden? It. Yeah, I love it when a show is so good that, well, I, I'm thinking like, people, the, this guy is very charismatic. Yes. He probably, the people think they look to him for answers. And and things like that. But, I mean, the show does such a great job of making you, like, question everything um, and, and wonder to where you'll want to watch it again to figure everything out. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, exactly. It's intriguing. So You know what else was uh, crazy was the um, – so the rebellious daughter goes to the party. The party, yeah. And, gosh, the stuff they're doing at the party was crazy. They had that iPhone app. 
Yeah. That was like basically your modern day spin the bottle. Right. And you'd spin the thing and it would point the arrow and tell you what to do. Yeah, and it the was, first one was like hug. Hug. So they hugged. And then like the one guy that she had a crush on, the daughter had a crush on, he spins it and it lands on the the guy. No, 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 no. It lands on her friend. No, he spin the guy that she, yeah, it lands on her friend. Yeah. And it says fuck, right? Oh. Yeah. And so he like picks her up, grabs her like he's fucking Marky Mark picking up fucking uh, Alyssa Milano in fear and bangs her in the next room. Yeah, it's crazy. There's, there's one that says burn. So the guy like burns himself with a hot fork. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. It's like, boy, man, it's, people are paying 99 cents for this app. You better watch your kids. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. I, yeah, that's crazy, man. It's yeah. absolutely nuts. Like this party was. And there's, like, sex going on everywhere. Yeah, exactly. You know? They show, like, you know, just little cliplets of the party when they go into it. And right. you just see just how, like, you know, raucous this party is. It's crazy. Wow, I definitely got to get caught up on this. Yeah, it was time. one episode, man. Well, yeah, yeah. You should definitely check it out. Absolutely. It was It was an extended episode for the first episode. I think it was, like, 70 minutes or 74 yeah. minutes or something like that. If there's one leftover show to watch or listen to, it's this one. It's definitely not our show. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> they've already taken the throne. That's too bad. <laughs> right. Exactly. Hey, man, we had it for a year. Yeah. You know? So whatever. I'm handing over the fucking torch to them. They got the crown now. Yeah. I'm glad so. that there's a show called The Leftovers and it's great. Yeah, exactly. And it's really good. One episode in. But yeah, it's really good. But I mean, you've got you've got good names behind this. I like Damon Lindelof, too. Yeah. They're going to fuck up our uh, Google search now, though. Yeah, dude, you look up the leftovers, and you're not going to find anything about us. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. I've, I've done the check. So. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, that Tupperware. Tupperware, the leftovers, the, for the premiere episodes. Yeah, so, I'm excited. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll be watching the new episode tonight. Awesome. I'll, I'll definitely be checking out, too. So uh, I wanted to let everybody know I've been watching Falling Skies. Nice. Season four. Um, it's one of those shows, another one of those shows that we talked about where they skip ahead into the future. So it goes into the future a few months and things have changed quite a bit. And, uh, it's kind of like, uh, the walking dead. What they've done is the group is separated. Gotcha. So everybody's off doing kind of like their own thing. And, and, and the groups that are separated are really different. Everybody's going through a completely different situation than the other groups. Um, uh, Tom has been in captivity. Um, you know, uh, the, the middle son and the daughter that was born, they are in kind of like a, a community, a peaceful community now. Oh, geez. And then, uh, the youngest boy is in like a, uh, in like a, uh, I want to, how, how do you say it? He's in like a camp where they're brainwashing young children. Oh, that's not good. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really nuts. But uh, it still continues to be a great sci-fi show. It's really, really good. And it, it's a shame that it's only around during the summertime. Yeah, I really like that show. I watched the first and second season. I need to watch the third season and get caught up on it. Yeah, you learn a lot more about – yeah, you have – at the end of that second season, uh, they showed the – the uh, that uh, capsule coming down. Yes. <clears throat> and then the alien. And, yeah, you're left with those questions. Well – they go into that the next season, and then like, it, dude, shit gets crazy. Yeah, shit I need to watch crazy. that. It, I have Netflix and Hulu, so I need to check and see if one of those has to have yeah, season imagine. three of that by now. Yeah, uh, I watched uh, a new. I watched a new uh, Marvel 
comics cartoon that came out. It's a comic movie that came out. Avengers Confidential, Black Widow, and Punisher. I watched that today. Yeah, how was that? Well, let's see here. How do I explain it? All right. I watched the first half hour, and then I fell asleep. Oh. And then I woke up and caught, like, the last half hour. So it was really interesting because, like, like the first half hour was okay, and it was interesting, and, like, Black Widow and the Punisher kind of team up. Um, they don't really want to, you know, Punisher doesn't want to team up with S.H.I.E.L.D., but he's kind of forced to, and, and then, uh, then I fell asleep, and then I, it was probably the best way to watch this, honestly, because I don't know if that middle shit's any good, but it was really cool. I woke up, and all of a sudden, like, all the Avengers were there. So it was, like, really cool. Like, I, it was, like, now I don't know, like, what happened. So it's kind of like the leftovers, like, all this shit happens, and I, I'm left with all these questions. I don't know what happened in the middle, like the meat of the of the movie. But I wake up and there's fucking Tony Stark showing up with Thor, and we've got the Hulks there, and fucking uh, Amadeus Cho is on the back of uh, fucking uh, um, the Hulk. Oh, nice! And I'm like, oh my god, like where did these characters come from? And it was really awesome at the end. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> that sounds just like the Transformers movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I really enjoyed it. Honestly, maybe I'll give it another shot and try to stay awake for the whole thing. But I actually liked the way I watched it because when I woke up, it was like, holy shit, the Avengers are here. Wow. How did this happen? It's awesome. Yeah. It's a, I'm, I love the um, animated movies, but it's a shame to me that Marvel doesn't really do as good of a job as DC does. That's um, so true. I'm I'm much more of a Marvel fan, but when it comes to the animated movies, I make sure to watch every single DC one. But They're with so the, good. But with the Marvel ones, it's like, eh, if I miss four or five of them, who really cares? Do you know what I, I, I do? You know what I watched again? Like. I think it was like I had a day. I had a couple of days off. I watched All Star Superman. Oh, nice! Oh man, I love that fucking movie. Yeah, it's great. It's I- so good. It's jam packed, and it all works. I mean, you get everything in that fucking movie. Everything. I really like the Flashpoint movie. I've watched that like six times now. Great movie. Oh man, it's great super movie. fun. Yeah. So yeah, I mean. DC is killing it on the animated movie side. Oh, Absolutely. Definitely. That Justice League one they did, oh, it was one of the early ones. I'm trying yeah. to remember what it was called. Um, oh, Christ. Darn. Never mind. All right. I, I can't, I just can't remember what it's called. It's it fine. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, DC kills it though on the animated side as far as the movies go. Yeah, definitely. And uh, found out that they are going to be doing an Aquaman animated movie. For real? Yes. So nice. that's that's exciting. Because like, they've been talking about it for so long. Because like, all we typically get is like Superman, Superman, Justice League, Batman, Batman. And you know they got the Wonder Woman movie out there. But like yeah, – and Flash, of course. But I mean you know, it's like we haven't really got Aquaman. Yeah. So Aquaman solo movie, awesome. Especially if they go – you know, t- if they do the Jeff Johns New 52 route. That'd be cool. I know the next one is a uh, Batman solo based off of the video game franchise. Oh, nice. So hopefully Aquaman's after that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Good pop, bad pop. That's a few of my things. I got a few more left, but who wants to go next with their good pop, bad I, pop? Um, I watched the uh, season premiere of Under the Dome this week. Oh, God. Okay. Damn it, Jake. You know what? Yeah. I watched that entire last season. Yeah. And then I fucking missed the last two episodes because there were storms. Oh, jeez. And it fucking knocked out the last two episodes, and I missed the fucking premiere. Oh. So 
I can talk spoiler free. If no, no, the thing is, it's like after this podcast, maybe you should tell me what happened at the end of last season, and then tell me what happened in the premiere, and then I'll just go from there. Because I want to get back on the fucking Under the Dome train. You can watch that shit on. Um, oh, I swear there's this. a CBS app. Yeah, I swear I can they probably have watch it the all premiere. Too. Yeah, you, you should watch they it. They don't have the the last two episodes from last season on it. I, 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 I'll find it online. Yeah, I bought the I bought it for um, super cheap online. Yeah. Okay, like they're selling the. I think I got the whole Blu-ray set for like fourteen ninety nine. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, so no, talk about uh, you watched the premiere. Yeah, um, Stephen King wrote the screenplay himself. Um, I'm actually a big fan of this book series, and in the first season, something that happens in the first like few chapters of the book didn't ever happen in the tv series okay and i was just always like "Ah, i can't believe this didn't happen you know and it got to a point where i was like it's just not gonna happen and then it seems like this event happens in this season premiere and i almost wonder if stephen king himself because he wrote this episode came in to kind of do the same thing like hey how can you not have this happen this is kind of one of the biggest moments of the deal Give our listeners, like, if they haven't been watching Under the Dome, yeah. kind of, like, give them, like, the synopsis of, like, Basically, what this show's about to, like, maybe entice them into watching that first season. Because I definitely think this is a show that our listeners should be watching. Yeah, it's um, a town called Chester's Mill, and then all of a sudden this invisible dome just appears out of nowhere. Um, no one can get in. No one can get out. And, it's like the Simpsons movie. Yes. And it's causing – all kinds of problems, basically. Um, you find out about all the corruption going on in this town. There's all kinds of shadiness going on in this town. Yeah. Um, the dome itself presents pollution problems. Um, it's not letting all the smoke and like carcinogens out and stuff like that. And it's just all the drama involved in being trapped by an invisible dome. We don't know where it came from, why it's there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really fun show. Um, so, and yeah, basically, you know, a character had a uh, extended life in the TV series that doesn't really get to um, go far. If people watch the show, they'll know what I mean. But there's a character that got to live the entire first season that Stephen King finally fixed in uh, the first episode of the new season. Awesome. So this character's lucky they got to live as long as they did because they don't they don't last that long in the book. See, I, I cannot wait to get caught up. See, I need to watch those last two episodes and then watch the premiere. So yeah, it's good stuff. I'll, yeah. I can throw you that DVD. Is Brian set. K. Vaughn still? I believe he is doing he, the he, teleplay. He's still involved in the adapt- adaptation of nice. that. Yeah, nice. I've got this and Falling Skies both on a list of shows I need to watch and get caught up on. Yeah, and I mean, if Under the Dome's anything like the book, I kind of think it's really only a two season thing to, in, to begin with. This might be it. Okay. And I don't think that's going to be like premature. Right. Like they're going to like, you know, leave you hanging and it gets canceled or whatever. I just really think that. It's just a very brief self-contained story that will leave you satisfied. Exactly. If it goes a third season, I wouldn't be shocked, but I'd be surprised. And that right. would definitely be it. I don't think. Yeah. Because eventually they just got to get to the reveal. Sure. Yeah. Very cool. So Under the Dome, definitely check it out. Dean Norris, I love him on that show. Yeah. And he's really great. Good. He's like the best character in the new episode yeah. too. Yeah. So. Frank, what do you got for Good Pop, Bad Pop, Chief? Uh, based on your recommendation, I uh, got caught up on Dominion. Yeah, yeah, man. Let's talk some Dominion. Uh, Fuck yeah. I can't remember if you'd mentioned it, but did you know that uh, Anthony Stewart Head was Giles on Buffy? Yes. Uh, he's the the villain, right? Yeah, Wheel. And he was also, you know, what I remember him from, 
of course, Buffy, but also another show that I really enjoyed was fucking uh, uh, Merlin. Oh, that's a great I didn't show. See that. Oh, Merlin was fantastic. Merlin is yeah. great. I only watched the first season. Oh, I, 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 uh, I think I burnt through all of them. Like it originally started over on the BBC, I believe. Yes. And then they brought it to NBC for the first season. I don't think it did so well as far as the ratings went, but they kept doing it on the BBC. And then I was able to catch up on it on sci-fi. That's exactly what happened to me. Um, I watched that whole I, first season on NBC. It was great. I loved it. And then my access, I had no access to BBC. Yeah. And yeah. what they were showing on BBC was already seasons past what they'd right. showed on NBC yeah. when I did get access. So it was just kind of like, eh. Yeah, but that actor plays uh, the uh, King Arthur's father yeah. in, uh, in uh, Merlin. So gotcha. yeah, that's what I was remembering him from. And I was like, man, you know, this guy just plays just just a great villain. So no, what do you oh, think? Yeah. So I recommended Dominion. I gave that first episode a a uh, Tupperware. What are you thinking about Dominion, man? Uh, overall, it's definitely a Tupperware. Um, and we're three episodes in. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's not very far into it, but um, after having watched the pilot, which is a little bit longer than the other episodes, I think it's an hour and a half. Yeah, but still limited commercial interruption. Yeah. In the first episode and then definitely in the third episode, which was awesome. That's yeah. cool. You usually don't see that past the pilot. No shit. They right. did it in the third episode. Yeah. And uh, at first it was a little hard to keep up with all the different moving parts. Yeah. But, you know, if you stick with it, you know, everybody gets fleshed out a bit more. So you kind of get the get a good gist of, you know, who's doing what, right. who are the power players in, yeah. in the city. And – uh it, the, every character you could tell, I mean, they're and they're starting to work on this has a backstory, and it's neat how their you know relationships interplay with one another. Yeah. Um. Even with uh, Gabriel and Michael. Oh yeah. Uh, and um. You, you got all, you got through that third episode. Yeah. Yeah. We were texting earlier. Yeah. And, yeah. I got through it last night. And I think it's good because you kind of even get the sense that Gabriel. I mean. Yeah, he hates humans, and it's all about getting rid of them, but he's not inherently evil. Like, even though Michael decided to side with humanity, he doesn't want to see Michael hurt. Uh, there's the, the fight towards the end of the third episode where the other higher angel um, – I'm trying to remember his name. begins with an F. I'm, okay, let me stop you there. I think Michael maybe necessarily isn't siding with – with humans first, I think he's siding with God, right? And God's love for the humans, yeah. And then Gabriel is part of like this human resentment, like God chose the human companionship over people that don't even believe in Him, right? So I think Michael shares the same love for humanity as God because you know what I mean. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, because that was his plan. It, yeah, exactly. And then. Um, there, there's a fight, and the, this other higher angel, and I wish I could remember his name, but uh, he arrives to find uh, Michael and the Chosen One to try to eliminate the Chosen One. Right. And Michael's just taken apart all these other lower angels. Yeah. I mean, Michael's a badass in this show. Very. And then as they're fighting, uh, 
Michael ends up getting wounded. This other higher angel stabs that's, him with his sword. That's an understatement. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and the episode leaves us on a cliffhanger yeah. of whether or not he's going to make it. Right. Yeah. That's uh, wounded. Is, right. Yeah. I mean, it, this is not a wound that you can put a fucking bandaid on. No. I mean, he fucking. Yeah. He he gets a sword through the fucking gut. So yeah. And the and, main and then it gets broken off inside of him. Yeah. So yeah, Michael gets fucked up. And the main character, uh, his name's Alex. Alex. Yeah. And, and he uh, he goes to remove it, and Michael stays conscious enough to tell him, "Don't remove it; I'll bleed out." Right, and then that's it. And uh, but when this other higher angel goes back and reports to Gabriel mm-hmm. about what happened, Gabriel almost goes into a rage to find out that Michael was wounded. Yeah, he, oh yeah, he can't believe it. He's like, "My brother's not dead." But uh, he murders a uh, another lower angel that apparently this other higher angel has feelings for or something. Yeah. He begs him not to do it. Right. And he tells him, if this ever happens again, it's going to be you. But how, how about like how these how these fucking shows start? Yeah. Each episode starts off with like an amazing fucking scene. Episode two starts off with like a scene from the past, Alex is a child and his dad is battling angels outside of the house. Right. And the angels are just moving creepily and pouncing from like house to house to get to them. Right. Wasn't that fucking oh, amazing? Yeah, yeah it's like, fantastic. Like a horror film. Right. The, it's amazing. Their eyes are black. Mm-hmm. They have fucking vampire teeth. And do you get now what I'm saying about how I don't want them to incorporate Satan? Yeah. You don't need it. No. Then it becomes just like everything else. This is about angels. Yeah. Angels and man. This is fucking awesome what we're watching. For a sci-fi show, they are killing it. Mm -hmm. You don't need to introduce Satan because then it gets all – then there's just too much. Right. I just want this – I want this streamlined story about angels and humans. You know, you bring Satan into it, and then you're bringing in some some other element. Right. And without having watched the show, I couldn't understand that – the humans themselves, even in the face of extinction, they're still corrupt assholes. Yeah, they are. They're still fighting for power. Yeah. It's like, come dude, on. Dude, but did you like the fucking mic drop by fucking Michael that last episode? When dude, uh, oh yeah, he got right in his face. Fucking A, he got right in his face. And then it was like, Michael was like, boom, mic drop, yeah. motherfucker. Cause the, uh, the, uh, the wheel, the, the, um, Head of the Wheel family. I can't even remember his first fucking name, but I mean, I look at him and I just keep thinking, Bad Giles. I'm terrible with names and shows too, <laughs> when they're brand new. Yeah. Yeah, he's sitting there and he's, they're, they're talking to Michael because they've you found a, these. You were a traitor. Yeah. You were a traitor to the angels and mm-hmm. now you side with us. What makes us think that you're not going to be a traitor to us and, and then help them? Yeah. And Michael just looks at him and he says, you're absolutely right. As a matter of fact, what's stopping me from murdering you right now? No one could stop me. <laughs> that was just crazy. And then it was like, boom, Mike dropped. Yeah. Michael walked the fuck out. Yep. And then he just looked like a little bitch standing oh, there. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, this show is really fucking good, Jake. It All is. Right. It's really fucking good. I- I'm surprised at how good this fucking show is. Yeah. I usually don't get into that kind of storyline. Like the, like anytime it's like angel mythology and everything, I kind of roll my eyes at that kind of thing. They're yeah. not really getting into a whole lot of it, though. I mean, just enough to get to where you get the idea of what's going on. Yeah. But everything else is all like. What's going on now? The most least interesting thing about it is so far is is Alex. Yeah, really. 
everything else that's going on in like the background, like even like uh it's kind of weird, like it's kind of like a monarchy structure that they have, yeah. kind of like even like the guy that's like the the you know the the daughter that Alex is involved with, I guess she would be considered like a princess or something, something like that. Yeah. Her dad's a general, yeah. And you could tell they have these. And like, he's got houses. something going on on the side with one of the fucking angels that has been possessed by a human. Yeah, that was a fucking reveal at the end of the second episode. Right, I was like, holy shit, what the. Fuck. And what's he doing? I mean, it's revealed that he's got uh, congestive heart failure and he's not going to make it. But you got to wonder what the hell he's doing with this other with this other guy. And he's promised to marry his uh, daughter to the son of Wheel, yeah, who happens to be the head of the acolytes, which is a group of humans that worship Gabriel. Gabriel. Yeah, oh, wow. So yeah, I mean, everything's it's so fucking intricate. It really is. I mean, in this last and we're episode, three episodes deep. Yeah, and, and and I cannot wait to see how this fucking thing keeps going. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. There's a lot of sci-fi shows that I've never been able to get into because they get so muddled with the cheesy this and cheesy that. This is so balanced. They tell you just what you need to know. Yeah. And then shit happens. Like Gabriel meets uh this uh wheel kid. I can't remember his name either. The, the head of the acolytes when yeah. you find out that he's, you know, the head. Gabriel meets him at a restaurant and starts talking oh, to him. Oh, God, yes. That was the beginning of the third episode. Okay, so the beginning of the first episode, we get that fucking awesome Alex battle between the angels. Yep. Second episode, we get his fucking father blasting him with the guns out in front of their house. Third episode starts off, he's fucking like Magneto in first class in that bar killing Nazis yeah. and shit. That's exactly what I got from this was that, that Lawrence – Oh, yeah. That, uh, that uh, Michael Fassbender yeah. feel from like that scene in there when – like he's just having this conversation and all of a sudden it just fucking breaks out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell him about that. That was fucking insane, dude. He's talking to the, the kid, right? And when I say kid, I mean, he's in his mid to late twenties, something like that, but it's yeah. the son of the, uh, uh, head of the wheel family. And you could tell they got something going on. He says something to him along the lines of like, Weakness or something. I can't remember what it is. Yeah. He grabs a, I mean, a waitress comes over and just asks him what he wants. He just reaches down, grabs a fork, and stabs her right in the fucking face. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, was it really great? Right, no, right in the fucking eye, dude. Yeah. And he jumps up. I mean, I was fucking, I was like, whoa. He jumps up and proceeds to take all the rest of these guys in uses, the restaurant take, apart. Yeah. He, he takes advantage of his wings. Yep. Kills him with the wings. The, the one guy that's behind the counter pulls out like a, like a shotgun or a yeah. gun. And starts to blast him. He's got his wings to protect him now. Yeah, he pulls him in like great a use of like angels, their wings. Every episode, they, they, a great use of like how they can fight with these wings and how right. they're an extension of them. It's fucking awesome. And then a- after all this is going on, the guy's just sitting there watching Gabriel. And Gabriel tells him that it, it was supposed to be a part of man's design from what God, the way God created everyone. That when you see blood and violence, you become squeamish. You want to run away for it. It was from it. It was supposed to be a control mechanism to keep everybody on their best behavior. But he says there's a flaw in the design. Some of you become empowered by the sight of it. And this, he, the kid says yes, or he says, "Are you one of them?" He says yes. So it. I mean, and you kind of get that feeling out of people in real life. Like you hear horrible stories about this happened, that happens. Like how the hell could they manage to do that? But And Gabriel's just sitting there covered in blood talking to the kid. The kid leaves. And then Gabriel grabs a Sunday off the fucking counter. Well, he's first. He's holding the guy, the guy that he 
killed. He's holding his fucking head, head by yeah. the hair. It's decapitated. <laughs> He's holding his fucking head. Right. It's dripping blood. And yeah. then, yeah, he grabs the Sunday. And then he eats it and he says, hmm, not bad. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little exposition earlier uh, in his monologue. He was talking about uh, pudding, wondering if it came from a can because things like that have the metallic taste. And it's kind of funny. I don't know. I drew a comparison. He's complaining about the metallic taste, yet he's covered in blood, which you know <laughs> it typically has like a copperish metallic taste on its own. That, is he, that didn't bother him. <laughs> well, it's great. There's so much good uh, summer TV going on right now. I'm glad that you're watching Dominion, Frank. It's so. and I probably would have missed it if you hadn't have brought it up. And then, it, admittedly, I mean, I tried to start watching it two or three different times, and right. you know, okay, Alex was a little boring at first, and then honestly. The hook was when I saw Anthony Stewart head. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I know this guy. Yeah. And I mean, th- those who watched Buffy saw him transform from, you know, a uptight British dude. I mean, you could see he had a dark past. So he can pull off dark and evil and gritty. And there's, he's, you know, you could tell he's manipulating things behind the scenes, trying to rig stuff to where he can become the head of this city. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You guys yeah. are getting so excited about this that maybe I do need to give this a try. Oh, it's so good. It's really good, man. Uh, it's just, I, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited for sci-fi because I think they've, they, they, they are putting out some really good content that people need to watch. I mean, this last episode of Defiance was just amazing. Unfucking real how good this last episode was. And those shows are back to back, right? Back to back. You got Defiance at seven. Uh, Central, and then you've got fucking Dominion following. So, I mean, Thursday nights on Sci-Fi is one of my favorite nights of TV right now. Yeah, I bet. So, yeah, dude, Dominion, you Tupperware those? Episodes? Oh, absolutely, that's yeah, great. Right, absolutely on. great. And they cover things in flashbacks too, because uh, Alex's dad Jeep. Uh, at the end of the pilot, he dies, and um, they go through like at the beginning of the second episode where Brian was saying they have a flashback from when Alex was a kid and they're playing basketball and stuff and the angels attack. And uh, in the third episode, they do the same thing because yeah. the tattoos that Alex has on his body, which is supposed to signify him as being the chosen one, uh, you find out that they were on Michael first and then he gave him to Jeep to protect until Alex was ready. And you can see – I guess uh, – I get the impression that Alex could see – you know, his dad going crazy, like some kind of a vision uh-huh. when he was trying to decipher those tattoos himself. So, I mean, it's and really – the tattoos reveal themselves when the time is right. Yeah. Because we've already had one reveal mm-hmm. and uh, the tattoos, uh, when he looked at them, it was kind of like – you know, it's just like – it just looks like it's just like symbols. Mm-hmm. And then it, it revealed – the one tattoo revealed itself and it said, beware of those close to you, which totally made Alex paranoid to the point where Alex was like pushing Michael away. Yeah. Huh. You know? So, I mean, very good show. Definitely check it out. Dominion, sci-fi. I'm hoping that they do uh, – I'm hoping that something changes with Alex though because he's the he only is, thing I don't like. Yeah, he's the only thing that's kind of like the most least interesting thing. Yeah. He's kind of just like your classic trope. And, you know, I mean, I think that the, the, the most interesting thing about the fucking show right now is the relationship between Michael and Gabriel. It's yeah. fucking unreal. Anytime those two are on the screen together, that, those scenes are fucking epic. 
I, I love the back and forth. It's almost as amazing as watching scenes be, and I'm referencing X-Men again, but scenes between Patrick Stewart, you know, playing Professor X and fucking, you know, Ian McKellen as Magneto. It's like those two on the screen together. It's just like that relationship. They have so much past yeah. and so much respect for each other that it's just really cool to watch them interact. And they, uh, they had a meeting, uh, on a beach where, um, they, when Gabriel arrived, you find out that Michael summoned him and Gabriel, uh, they, they start chatting and then Gabriel pulls a sword out, pulls a move and says, I could have you dead. And then Michael knocks it away and puts the sword right back at Gabriel's throat and says, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you could tell they'd be very evenly matched, but. All right. We've been talking about oh, the for like a fucking hour. <laughs> sorry, so. dude. Let's move so on. So good though. All right. Um, let's see. Yeah, it is good. It is good. I don't mean to cut you short, but it is good. That's I mean, good. I could we could do a whole fucking Dominion podcast, in my opinion. Seriously, it's that good it's of a show. Deep. All right, I wanted to talk. Um, does anybody need to take a break, real quick? Yeah, I'm taking a pee break. All right, we'll be right back, and I'm gonna we'll finish up with good pop, bad pop. Still dragon riding, still made him banging. This motherfucking wizard got in the crack slanging. Yeah. I'm in the kitchen all day long, stirring them cultures to a minstrel song. I serve goblins, make fiends out of orcs. Who the fuck said spell casting was for dorks? Stacking gold coins, ruby in my ring. This magic game is a beautiful thing, but it's tough. You gotta earn your keep. That's why I'm rolling with my guild for deep. You can try and creep to this wizard thug, but you're gonna catch a motherfucking lightning slug. Don't make this wizard mad, don't make this wizard piss. I could kill a hill giant with a flick of my wrist. <laughs> Go ahead, dude, give it a try, motherfucker. Wizards can't die. Foul surprise, what's in your eyes? You're so hematized. Except to me, I'll make you cry. We wizards never die. <laughs> All right, hey, we're back. Uh, I started reading a new comic from Image Comics. It's called Southern Bastards. Have you guys heard of this? I have not. Yeah, it's uh, it's written by, you're going to love this, it's written by Jason Aaron. Oh, nice. With art by Jason Latour. Um, and then as soon as I got the book, like I had not heard about the book, and then it was two issues out, and so I was like, shit. I heard it was a really good book, so like I, I purchased the books and um, got them, and I was not disappointed. Uh, when you open the book, the first page... It shows you a dog taking a dump. Oh, great. So right there, I was just like hooked. That was like, wow. <laughs> Bold move, dog taking a shit, first page. But the story, it takes place in Alabama, and your main character is this guy named Earl Tubbs. And uh, the the best way I can like I can describe this character is like fucking uh, Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino. Okay. That's who I think of when I think of this guy. You know, that's who I think of. Uh, he, he, Earl Tubbs, he's come back to Craw County, Alabama, after being away for 40 years since the funeral of his father. And uh, his father, he was the sheriff in the town, and he was locally famous for taking out thugs that had been waiting for him at his home. So he had been fighting, you know, crime and shit like that in the town. These thugs are waiting for him at his home to take him out. They were armed with guns. They beat him. Uh, it, uh, they were armed with guns, and then he actually beat them with this 
tree branch, like this huge tree branch. Got you. Just beat the shit. And they were armed with guns and everything. He just kicked the shit out of them. And, uh, you know, the papers came out and they're like, you know, talking about Craw County's savior and how he beat him with this stick and all this shit. And it's just, it's, it's really cool. So, so Earl, he's Earl Tubbs, his son is back because he's moving everything out of his father's house after a relative of his who was living there is now in a nursing home. So they can't live in the house anymore. So Earl's just there to get everything out of the house, pack it up three days tops. And then he's going to go back to Birmingham, Alabama. So he wants to get the stuff, get out of the house, and uh, never look back. He's got a lot of bad memories in Craw County, and apparently most of them revolve around his father. So he's, I don't know, he's hungry. He, he goes to this restaurant. He's eating barbecue at this diner, and it's called Boss Barbecue. And there's another guy in the restaurant, and he's telling the waitress that he's there and then when this guy Coach Boss, they talk about this guy Coach Boss. So this guy's telling her when Coach Coach Boss shows up to make sure to let him know that he's there and that he needs to talk to him. So the guy then sees Earl and is like, you know, who the fuck are you? And he keeps talking to him and then he realizes that it's Earl Tubbs, the old sheriff's son. And Earl knows this guy from when he used to live in Craw County, and this guy's name is Dusty. So finally, Dusty realizes that, oh, this is Earl, blah, blah, blah. They start talking back and forth. Outside while all this is going on, you see this, like, thug. He's taking a piss in the middle of the street. <laughs> so far, uh, we've seen a dog taking, dog a, taking dump, a dump. Yeah. And, and now, and now this thug's taking a piss. So, yeah, a lot of bodily excrements. <laughs> now, this is all on one issue? This isn't the first issue. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So he's all, this guy, this thug, he's all tatted up and he's got this tattoo across his neck that says rebel in big, bold black letters and it's on his neck. And then another guy runs up to, to him and he tells him that Dusty is inside this diner and he wants to talk to coach boss. Then the, the two characters, the two thugs, they start talking about how Dusty owes them money. So then the rebel tattoo thug, he tells him, to tell the waitress that Coach Boss is on his way and for Dusty to stay in the diner and wait for him. Then they go out, uh, the two thugs, they go into the diner and they've got this plan that they're going to take him out and throw him in the trunk of their car. They're probably going to like rob him for whatever money he owes them and then beat him and then possibly kill him. Uh, but before they can even take, put that plan into action, um, Earl Tubbs steps in and then hits the rebel thug in the face with a hot fry basket and Dusty starts telling Earl that, you know, you shouldn't have done that. You don't know who you're messing with. Um, apparently this thug, we find out, is, is the preacher's son, Esau, and he's on the football team under this coach boss that they keep talking about. So, like, as the story unfolds, you find out that pretty much everyone in the town fears or works for this coach boss guy. Ever since Earl Tubbs' father died in the town, it's just totally corrupt. So in issue two, it starts to really focus on Earl and his feelings for his father. Not specifics, but just how like you know how he feels about his dad. Uh, we also get introduced to Coach Boss in the second issue for the first time. Which character is this featured on the cover of issue number two? Is that Coach Boss? Can you? Yeah, that's Coach Boss right there. Okay. Yeah, he's the coach of the football team in the. In the issue. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and that's him just kind of watching the team. So um, 
after that issue, it leaves the reader, like after issue number two, it leaves the reader with the question, you know, is Earl going to stay in Craw County or pack up and head back to Birmingham? Um, issue three just came out and I haven't read it yet. And of course, I know he's going to stay in Craw County and try to clean it up, but these first two issues were really great. It's really, really good. I mean, I really liked it. I love Jason Aaron. I love Jason Aaron too. He's I mean, great. Yeah, he's he's doing a great job with uh, you know Thor, uh, God of Thunder, and then you know, uh, Wolverine in the X Men. Wolverine in the X Men. He can do really dark and really um, funny and touching yeah. all in the same book, which is a very rare, very rare for a comic book writer. He's doing this summer's Marvel event, which is Original Sin. Yeah, I'm excited to read that. Yeah, in six months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, because you're doing the Marvel. I'm Unlimited. doing Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, <laughs> Jason Aaron, he he gets in this book. He gets the Southern dialect down in these books. The way they talk, the characters are really interesting. The it's got murder, it's got football, corrupt police. It's really really good. I love a Jason Aaron. This is definitely a book that you want to start reading. It's called Southern Bastards, and it's by Image Comics. If you can't find it on the shelves, you can read it digitally. If you have to have it in the hard copy, you can still get it from MidtownComics.com. So definitely check out Southern Bastards by Jason Aaron and Jason Latour. It's really good. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. That's definitely going to go on my trade list. Yeah, definitely check it out, man. It's really good. Um, two issue, uh, Three issues are out. I've read the first two. And I read the first issue and I was like, shit, God, I had to jump into that second issue. I just couldn't, couldn't wait. It's kind of a slow burn, but I mean, all the characters are really interesting. I can't wait to see where it goes. So I'm going to give it a Tupperware for the first two issues. Nice. This, I bet it has some really pretty funny moments too. Uh, I mean, I think some of the, some of the, uh, southern characters are pretty funny, interesting characters. Yeah. Like there's this one kid, Tad, who hangs out, uh, around, uh, the old house where he grew up in and, the kid looks like something straight out of the uh, what is it the, that film with Burt Reynolds? The Deliverance. Deliverance. Yeah, he looks like one of the kids that play like the banjo and fucking Deliverance and shit. So. Sure got a pretty mile. Oh god, that movie is disturbing. It's disturbing. Oh yeah, I yeah, can't get through it. Squeal like a pig. Oh mm-hmm. my god, that scene. Just turn it off. Oh jeez. <laughs> right. So. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Right. <laughs> moving on. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Jake, yes. good pop, bad pop, man. I wanted to talk about, it's a company called play.com, which is basically the Netflix for Legos. It lets you, uh, for a monthly fee, rent Lego sets. Um, there's a small fee, a medium, and a large, depending on how big of a set you want to get. And then you can keep the set for as long as you want and send it back and get another set. Really? Yeah, it's pretty crazy stuff, right? That is nuts. Um, so, and they... They have a really, like, insane cleaning process they do to these Legos. Yeah. Which there's been a lot of talk about. They say if you um, if you allow your kid to go to a restaurant and lick a fork, these are just as clean as that. They're that clean. <laughs> so they – they it's pretty wild. But let me tell you the it's number like – dry cleaning service for fucking Legos. Yeah, this has only started since May, and it has over 15,000 users already. And it's shipped more than seventy five thousand Lego sets, just wow. just since May. And I mean, you can get all the stuff, all the Star Wars stuff, all the Batman stuff, all the Marvel stuff. Um, I was on the website; they had the Death Star that I think is like four hundred to five hundred dollars, and I believe it's like a. So okay, like do okay, so small, medium, large, right? So do the prices vary? Yes. For what you. 
Yes, let me get you. That's right here. It's, is it a monthly subscription? It's a monthly subscription. For the small, it's $15 a month. For the medium, it's 25 a month. And for the large, it's 39 a month. It's Play. It's spelled P-L-E-Y. Okay. Play. Dot com. Dot com. And you can get a 15-day trial. You can get that $500 Death Star, build it in 15 days, and send it back and pay no money. Wow. So, huh. good times if you're into Legos. That's interesting. I never heard of that before. Yeah, yeah, it just started in May. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I understand, like, you know, like the Marvel Unlimited subscription where you can read Marvel and, like, Netflix and all that stuff. But, yeah, they're shipping Legos now. That's crazy. Yeah, shipping Legos. Who'd have thought it, right? Yeah. Well, this, those sets are just so expensive. Yeah. You know, it's, like, so much. And, if, you know, if you want to... Do they go over, like, the cleaning process? Yes. Can they go into it in detail? It's a uh, sterilization solution. The cleaner sanitizes the bricks to the same standards approved by the FDA for restaurants. It ensures that 99.99% of residuals, germs, and bacteria have been killed and removed from sets. They're not doing this with, like, sex toys, are they? Because that, that would be fucked up. Oh, no. No, that would be fucked up. Yeah. yeah. You can also lose pieces, which is interesting. You can um, you will not be charged anything extra if you lose up to fifteen pieces, any more than that, and you start getting charged for the pieces that you lose. <laughs> I was kind of wondering about that though. Wouldn't it be a little maddening to try to be putting this thing together and realize that there's a couple vital pieces that you're missing? Yeah, because sooner or later somebody's going to slip up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, every now and again, but it seems like they're off to a good start. Yeah, they're they're making money already in the millions. It says. Wow. wow. Huh. Yeah. So. It says yeah. they – let me see here real quick. Yeah, they just um, raised $6.75 million in venture to expand their operations due to how things have been going since May. Wow. Which is cr- quite a lot of money to expand the operations. And right. They must yeah. be doing successful. I guess – yeah, I guess if you don't want to like commit – I mean there's people that like – I remember like my mom was addicted to like puzzles and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure, like, if they're, like, back in the day when my mom was doing puzzles, like, if there was, like, a service where you could just, like, you know, rent the puzzles for a certain time and then send it back at an affordable price, she probably would have done it, so. Yeah, I I really am the kind of person that enjoys building all these stupid Lego sets. Yeah. And I don't You don't have the room to to own them all, either. Yeah, exactly. And, hey, you can keep up to 15 pieces and they don't charge you, so. There you go. Make the most of it. Yeah. <laughs> keep 14 every time. Yeah, re-rent the same one and just change the other 15 that you're hanging on to. Yeah, there you go. Just go back and <laughs> forth between two sets and get 14 new pieces every time. We all grew up playing Legos, though, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I was big into the uh, night Legos, most of all. Okay. Like on the horses and the castles and all that stuff. I had the Robin Hood sets. Yeah. I had a buddy that was big into the space Legos, and that was his thing. Right. Yeah, and, I had I had the the Robin Hood like right after I think uh, or right before like Robin Hood came out or something like that the Kevin Costner film it's probably before that but like I I used to play with those sets they were a lot of fun oh yeah definitely I didn't really have a whole lot of sets I had some generic car ones but other than that it was like back then you could get just a box of Legos with so many pieces and just do what you wanted with it that's what I had yeah definitely well yeah. I had that too. I wasn't creative at all though. I mean, I'd make like a wall and think I was doing some real good shit. <laughs> <laughs> we need to think of something that we could like fucking rent out. Rent monthly. out. Yeah. Like I, I mentioned sex toys, Man, but like, oh, not no. sex toys. <laughs> Somebody's dildo that's been used. Yeah. Comics have already been done digitally. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I it don't could know. be like a rent-a-geek kind of thing when somebody doesn't understand what the hell's going on in a superhero movie. We can be like, okay, here's what's going on now. Yeah. And yeah. they can just listen to this podcast or one of the other million podcasts. Yeah, uh, you got a point. Yeah, they, or just a, Google, a, Google it and read whatever. Yeah, a bunch of opinionated asshole geeks talking about shit. So. <laughs> yeah, I'll work on that. A monthly subscription service. Something. Yeah. Yeah, whoever thought of that Lego idea, I wish we would have thought of that first. Oh, I know. It's brilliant. Yeah, but, I mean, you have to buy all those sets first and everything and have access to all those Lego sets. I mean, yeah. that's shipping 75,000 different Lego sets since May. We just need to come up with the idea. Then we need to, like, sell it to a backer. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. I would have liked to have sat in on that meeting where they made the pitch to the bank to get the money to do all that. All right, here we go. It's Legos. It's, so. It has to be, like, hobby-based, though, right? You know yeah. what I mean? Just, like, a hobby that people are into. Yeah, people just build their Legos. They buy them for your kids, and you can build it with your kids. Right. And, and you can also keep the set if you want. Yeah. For a fee. Like, if you're just like, oh, I have to keep this. I can't send it back. You can, yeah. Just like Netflix, I believe, does the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Gamefly, too. Yeah, you can just pay a fee and keep the set and move on to the next set. Hmm. So they're probably making a lot of money off of that, too. Yeah. Like people getting it for their kids and then their kids not wanting to give it back and then yep. next thing you know you're making that money. Here's my broke ass. Yeah. So I haven't thought of anything good. I just do a podcast that I make no fucking money off of. <laughs> so yeah, get your 15-day free trial. Build a Batmobile. Yeah. Build a Death Star. Build a Star Destroyer. Did you see like there's a uh, – I posted on Facebook like if like those like concept sets. That, oh, I love those concept sets. Yeah. Like if you want to have them made that like, you just sign like it's like an online petition. Like yes. the Doctor Strange one, I posted that. Yeah, I, I signed for that one. Nice. I'm all over that. Yeah. I love that Doctor Strange one. The X-Men one is amazing. Yeah, the X-Men one's really cool. There's a Jaws one that I really want to see happen. Yeah. There's some good stuff. They should do a Playboy Mansion one. That would be awesome. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? That would be amazing. The gr- the Lego Grotto. <laughs> be so awesome. And then you could have like their Midnight Summer Stream Party. Yeah. That theme going on. That would be hilarious. Oh, look. Here's Seth Green and Seth Rogen showing up to the party. Woo. <laughs> yeah, the Hugh Hefner Lego figure would be awesome. Lego f- figures with tits. Lego Hef. <laughs> Lego Hef. Yeah. Wow, look at my Lego doing coke in the bathroom <laughs> with Seth Rogen. That's awesome. I bet you can get some backers on that idea. Yeah. That's a good one. Oh, wow. Pee Wee Herman's doing blow with fucking, you know, I mean, you could have like different celebrities doing weird things at the party. <laughs> they have a Goonies set that someone submitted. Have you awesome. seen that? No, I haven't seen that It's one. got the whole pirate ship Lego. Yeah. It, it, what about the deleted, have you ever seen the deleted octopus scene? No. You've heard about it, right? Yeah. It's real. It happened. Like, uh, there's a scene in Goonies, the movie, the original, where, um, they battle an octopus right after they get off the ship. Huh. And they're in the water and they battle an octopus. Like, and the, in the original version, the, the original cut, you can actually hear them at the end of the show. Like, they're all talking about the adventure to their parents that they went on. And like, they actually say like, oh, and then the, the octopus. Is it like a big, um, like puppet or something? Uh, yeah, it's like, it's, it's like, like, uh, you got underwater tentacles and stuff like that. Was that when <sighs> Chunk was talking about it? The octopus? Uh, I think, I don't know if it was him or, uh, Data that mentioned I- the octopus first, but like, the, what happened was like, it was almost like, uh, just like a legend. Like, people didn't know if they actually filmed the scene with an octopus, but, uh, Disney Channel. Um, they had to cut out a lot of stuff that wasn't kid friendly. So for the hell of it, they threw in the octopus scene to make up for time. And, uh, P 
people saw it on the Disney Channel first and were like, oh, my God, I don't remember that from the original. There's an octopus in here. That's crazy. So, like, um, for then they never aired it again. And so it was, like, almost a legend after that happened. Like, right. was there really an octopus scene? But, yeah, it exists. Yeah, here's the p- Goonies the, Lego set for yeah. the 30th anniversary. You get oh, the pirate awesome. ship and the cave and all the characters and everything. Very cool. Goonies. I love Goonies. Goonies never die. Hey, you guys. Well, what happened? I'd, I'd totally be slothy. I just, uh, I just lost. Um, I can't hear anymore. Let's just move this around. Oh. Is it back? Yes. All right. See? Yeah, all you got to do is jiggle the cords around. <laughs> jiggle it just a little bit. Just a little bit. Isn't that, That's a song, right? Yeah. Wiggle it yeah. just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was referencing. Yeah. All right, the final season, season seven of True Blood, hit HBO a couple of weeks ago and started off right where it left off. The town of Bonton is being overrun by infected, bloodthirsty vampires called H-Vamps. At the end of last season, we see them getting ready to crash the human vampire mixer party. And this episode picks up right where that one left off. You can tell that True Blood this season has been influenced by the AMC show The Walking Dead, (laughs) of course. Uh, The H-Vamps are bloodthirsty infected vamps that kill both vampires and humans. We find out that other towns have been hit before, and they look like ghost towns. Uh, Every human in Bonton has, uh, has a vampire to protect them as long as they let the vampire feed from them. So the vampires are making sure that they're feeding from clean humans so they don't get infected by this H-virus that's going around. Um, and uh, No cure for the H-virus? Nothing yet. I'm thinking that there has to be because one of the main characters, a favorite character, is now infected with the virus. Dun-dun-dun. It's the final season though, right? Anything final can season, happen. Season 7. So this season, it's been decent so far. And True Blood has always been a guilty pleasure of mine. Uh, I'm giving the first two episodes a taste it. But if you're a fan of the show, it's a season you definitely want to start watching. So I don't know. It's not the best show ever. It's I mean, it's a lot of cheesy dialogue. A yeah. lot of like, I mean, it's almost like a soap opera mixed in with like a vampire thing. And, has, it, has it gone past its welcome? Um, should it have ended before this? No, I think there's a couple seasons that were really convoluted. They had too many story arcs going on at one time. Yeah. Seasons like, I think, four and five. They kind of like whittled that down back in six, brought it back in. And now season, season seven is just kind of like, let's end it. I yeah. mean, but it, it's fun. It's still a fun show. Um, you know, I've grown to love a lot of these characters. It's silly as shit, but it's, it's totally a guilty pleasure. Um, I don't know. I, I really love this show. I love Eric. He's the um, what's his name? Uh, Skarsgård, the the actor Skarsgård. I gotcha. can't remember what his first name is, but I love him as Eric the Vampire. And Bill's kind of like I don't know. Bill's boring now, but you know, I don't know, dude. I love Ryan Quanton in this show. He plays uh, Jason Stackhouse. He's hilarious. I, it's it, it really is a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah, I could never get into True Blood, but I, I respect you for it. Yeah. I'm hanging in there, man. Fucking yeah. seven seasons still going strong. So yeah, it's always exciting when the show gets to have an announced end, though. Yeah, you know, you can always get hyped for that. Yeah, so it's like the exact opposite of what happened to Alphas. Oh yeah, did it get canceled? Yeah, after two seasons. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then there was no way to wrap it up. 
No Alphas movie. No Alphas movie. No Kickstarter. No nothing. Hey, Community gets uh, season six from uh, Yahoo uh, Movies or whatever. Yahoo, their video web service. Yeah, that's crazy. Yahoo Stream. Yeah, so Yahoo's trying to step up and be like you know Hulu and Netflix and get some of these uh, original programming and then like pick up some of these canceled series. So yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I read Sony is um, interested in doing the uh, Community movie afterwards too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. It's cool Very that cool. that's all happened in six seasons in a movie. Yeah. I'm kind of um, Donald Glover left, and he's not part of it anymore. Yeah. Who, the Troy with the Troy and Abed and everything. Right. Yeah, I kind of, he's gone, makes me kind of not care as much. Yeah. It's a shame. I, I'm a huge community fan, too. I really liked it a lot, but I think they've stripped it of too much now. No Chevy Chase, no Donald Glover. And now people that have been following it or like weren't diehard fans might not know where to find it. So uh, yeah, I know where to find it and still don't know how. Kind of yeah. like Yahoo Stream. How, how the how the hell do I use that? I don't know how it works. I mean, you know, like there's a Netflix and Hulu subscription. I have no idea how Yahoo Video Web Service works. So. Yeah, exactly. I didn't even know there was such a thing until this happened. Exactly. But that's a big grab for them, hopefully. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's big actors on this show, and if they're willing to do it, then something's moving. You know, some money's moving. Yeah. Good luck to Yahoo. Yeah, go Yahoo. Everybody's getting into this whole fucking, this uh, web service game now, man. Yeah. Hulu still really hasn't ever knocked it out of the park. Like, Netflix is really so far the only winner, it seems like, here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um yeah, Hulu, they've got some original programming, but it's not, like, nothing that's getting, like, accolades and shit. Yeah, it seems like every Netflix original show that exists gets talked about oh, a yeah. lot. Oh, yeah, like, even fucking, uh, what was it, Hemlock Grove. Even that. People are excited. Season 2 comes out of that really soon. Yeah, yeah, and you got Orange is the New Black. That was a huge deal. House and of Cards. House of Cards, yeah. So, yeah, so. Kind of a big deal. And then uh, Arrested, Arrested Development. Development. Yeah. yeah. So. so. Hey, Frank, what do you got, man? Uh, after listening to the last podcast, you guys were talking about some of the uh, old Generation 1 Transformers toys. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I had a service where you can rent them. No, I wish, though, oh, that's because a, yeah, I thought cool. about that. There we go. Yeah. And boom. Boom. Because <laughs> um, I, I, I had Megatron when I was a kid. And just for shits and giggles the other night, I, I looked on Amazon to see what I could find toy-wise. And they actually had a, a uh, you know, first edition Generation 1 Megatron. It looked like crap. And I'm like, boy, I didn't really remember it looking like that when I was a kid. Because, I mean, the the pistol, the actual trigger kind of sticks out a little bit. doesn't look anything like what the cartoon was. But then uh, two items down, I saw what looked to be like an exact representation from the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I did not realize that uh, – Tony, uh, Takara Tomi, they make a, uh, series of masterpiece versions of these Generation 1, uh, Transformers, and it looks like identical to the cartoon. Oh, awesome. And they are. They transform. Yeah, yeah. And they have, like, I don't, I, I didn't get into, find out how many points of articulation they have, but on all of their, um, pictures that they listed for each of these transformers i mean there was several different poses that they they were taking even to the point where it looked what's like what's the name of the company again uh takara tomi take t a k a r a t o m y or you can also find it on amazon by looking up transformers toys masterpiece and uh they they are extremely expensive uh the my four favorite 
Transformers are Soundwave, Starscream, Megatron, and Optimus Prime. Right. Starscream, Megatron, and uh, Soundwave are all in the $200 range. And Optimus is $449. It, it looks, it looks like from the cartoon. I, I can mean, see, I, yeah, I'm looking at them right now. I can see why they're called masterpiece. Yeah, and they're, they're gorgeous. I couldn't believe the amount of detail that's put into these. Uh, even proportionally speaking, that's been a, that had been a problem in the generation ones was having these things transform and having them look right either as their vehicle or as the robot. And these are beautiful. These are not toys that you would really buy and play with a lot. These I are mean, like display cases. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. they're priced at a point where, you know, you would. Was that fucking Predaking? Yeah. They have Predaking. I saw that too. The, the, the next one, Jake. There's several uh, different ones that they have. They've got a Grimlock that actually looks like Grimlock, a good representation of both his robot form and the dinosaur form. They do the movie ones too. Yeah. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Yeah, and I – Oh, is that Blaster? Yeah, that's Blaster. The only one I didn't see yet was Galvatron. I I don't know if they have that one out yet, but it doesn't seem like there's very many of these out because Optimus Prime is – uh, MP10. They did have an MP01, like the first edition of them, that had a little bit more diecast metal as opposed to plastic. Uh, yeah, but- dude, when the Transformers uh, figures first came out, do you remember when they were metal? Yeah, Optimus yeah. Prime, like the first, like the first wave, like in 1984, like those fucking toys were metal, and then they went to plastic after that. But right. Yeah, my Optimus toy, my original Optimus toy is fucking metal. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the the only real difference that I could see so much from the uh, MP01 to the MP10 version of Optimus Prime is that the MP10 comes with his trailer, which also uh, folds out, and it has a roller toy along with it. Yeah, just like in the cartoon. Yeah, it comes with his blaster. It comes with uh, his energy axe. Right. And then Soundwave. Soundwave is awesome. Uh, looks perfect to the cartoon. Also has the cartridge of, uh, oh, what the hell was the, the, the tape that tape- You're talking about Soundwave. Yeah. You said Starscream. Chief. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Laserbeak. Laserbeak. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. These are amazing. I mean, $155 for the Soundwave. Wow. Yeah. They're expensive. I uh, I very very nearly got the Optimus one because it said it was one left. I, I thought about trying to get it and bring it in today, but that that's that's a lot of money to try to yeah, convince on a yeah. <laughs> on a real quick. The, right. the Soundwave comes with a miniature Megatron in gun mode too. Yeah. Oh wow, that's awesome. That is awesome. And then uh, like one of the things that I liked was the Megatron actually transforms into a scale version of a Walther P thirty eight. I mean, it's supposed to be it it's scale perfect, right? As far as like its dimensions go, they they've put so much work into this. They're just Gorgeous. That's cool. That is cool. Wow. Over a hundred bucks for a transformer though. I can't do that. Yeah. The the Optimus one, I, I and it doesn't surprise me. I mean Optimus Prime's everybody's favorite. And the fact that it's tw- two times the the next one. That's in what's Prime. amazing about Optimus Prime, the character. Guys, think about this. Okay, number one, I mean what's amazing about him is they got the 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 uh, the look is amazing because he's almost like red, white, and blue, which makes you think of like, okay, patriotic yeah. American, whatever. But he's he's an alien robot. Anyway, so 
he has no mouth. Hmm, it's right. like a shield. And Peter Cullen's voice is just that damn good that a character that's not emoting is that engaging for a child. That's fucking amazing, <laughs> in my opinion. I agree. Right. And it, it helped. Like, animation was so crude in some of those kind of 80s cartoons, too, that yeah. when it was humans' mouths moving, it was so unbelievable. It was almost the robot's voice were more believable than the humans. Right. So, you yeah. know. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Those are beautiful fucking figures. Definitely Google that shit, guys. Yeah, yeah. definitely Google it. It's They were gorgeous. The yeah. correct spelling was, um, it's Takara Tommy, T-A-K-A-R-A, and then another word, Tommy, T-O-M-Y. So I think Frank said it right, Takara Tommy. Um, he, I didn't mean he said it wrong. I was just trying to get the correct spelling out there again. No, I'm just like, gotcha. I thought you spelled it correctly too. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, one I, of the cool I things. I wasn't saying that he wasn't doing either wrong. I was just saying it again so they could hear it again. The more you dig. I, I, no, I'm just, I'm just disagreeing to disagree now. <laughs> oh, okay. Now it has nothing to do with the spelling or anything. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just being fucking belligerent at this point. What's really neat is like the more you dig and the more you look. Like the more detail you find, the uh, Optimus Prime version also has the uh, Matrix of Leadership. Oh, wow. his chest opens up, and yeah. there it is, just like what you saw in the Transformers yeah. movie, the Matrix of Leadership. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Scream is actually anatomically correct and has a fucking uh, six-inch dick. <laughs> that's crazy too. I think that's nuts. No wonder they're so expensive. Yeah, they call that figure Star Cream. <laughs> oh shit! That's uh, that's awesome, dude. But yeah, Very the cool. Starscream version, he's even wearing a crown in the cape from when he tried to crown himself during the Are you cartoon movie. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. See right there? The right there Holy shit, let me see that. I gotta see that. It sucks that y'all can't see this, oh, but it's easy enough to find fuck. right on Amazon. I want that. I don't care. That's 220 fucking dollars that I'm gonna send Amazon. Holy <laughs> fuck. I love this. It's amazing. I can't believe I stumbled upon it. I, I didn't know if you guys would have known about it or not. Oh my god, cause like, that is like one of my favorite images from the Transformers animated movie is him in that cape with that fucking crown that's got like the ruby jewels in it. Mm hmm. Holy shit. And it's got the six-inch dick. This is amazing. <laughs> Jake, I was just fucking with you about the spelling, Chief. Man. Oh, I don't care. It's just being belligerent to be belligerent. So, no, thank you, Frank. That's fucking awesome, yeah, dude. Yeah, that is sweet. Look at it in the... Transform, it looks just like the fucking jet. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It doesn't look cheesy at all. I no. mean, you're, you're going to pay a premium, but you're going to get that, some now, tight You know shit. what pisses me off is this is how the fucking toy should have been made from the fucking get-go. Exactly. That's how they should have been fucking made from the get-go. Now, if any of you guys are looking at this and you, you take a look at the uh, Masterpiece Megatron, then go look at the actual Generation 1 Megatron toy, and it looks cheesy as fuck. His head looks like a dick. Let me ask you guys a question here. Who's, whose head looks like a dick? I just heard Megatron. Dicks. No. Megatron? Yeah, literally his head because it's part of the uh, – uh, Oh, the yeah. yeah. Yeah, it looks like I a always thought – no, I always thought Megatron's head looked like uh, Darth Vader, which Darth Vader's oh, head yeah, actually I looks like a dick too. So. <laughs> <laughs> only three left in stock. You should stop telling people about these. Yeah. The prime was only true. one left in stock. That was why I had it in my cart. And if I owned one of them, it'd be the fucking – Starscream. Starscream is my favorite fucking Decepticon. The cape and the crown is just too much. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. That's great. I love it. (laughs) I've got all these added to my wish list, and I've already told my wife about it. So, yeah. I'm I'm hoping. (laughs) Yeah, you can talk to her about it in your divorce, too. (laughs) (laughs) Side note, I happened to catch the ass end of uh, Dukes of Hazzard the other day, the movie, and I I caught the line that uh, uh, Willie Nelson as... uh, 
that their Uncle Jesse spit out, why are divorces so expensive? Because they're worth it. <laughs> you know what? You know what amazes me the most is you actually watched that Dukes of Hazard movie. I caught the ass end of it, man. I was, I was. No, surfing. no, don't lie. Come I on, did. come on. You, I watched it in the theater. No, that was the last time I you, saw it. You own it on Blu-ray. No, I wish I did. I've never seen the Dukes of Hazard movie. Yeah, don't have waste I. your time. Yeah. Have I. Looks like them Duke boys have got themselves in a heap of trouble. They <laughs> fucking made a shitty movie. <laughs> yeah, Yeehaw. it wasn't good. Johnny Knoxville and uh, whatever his name is, Sean Stifler. Stifler, Stifler. yeah, Sean yeah. Stifler, Michael Scott, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, or whatever the fuck his name is. I don't know. John Jake Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so last thing I want to talk about. I want to talk about a movie I saw this week uh, by the future director for the Marvel Doctor Strange movie by Scott Derrickson. It's called Deliver Us from Evil. Nice. Uh, it stars Eric Bana, Olivia Munn, and Joe McHale. Uh, I had wanted to see this movie even before Scott Derrickson was announced on Doctor Strange, but that made me want to see this even more. Yeah, I'm excited my, to hear what you think. My curiosity was piqued. So, um, I had seen Sinister in the theaters and I thought it was a pretty good movie, uh, for the most part, minus a few nitpicks I had at the end of the movie. But I thought Scott Derrickson did a great job of introducing villains into this horror, into, you know, his horror films. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when I saw that Deliver Us from Evil was from Scott Derrickson and it was inspired by true events, according to the real police officer, Ralph Sarchi, I had to see this movie. Um, it takes place in New York City, and you're introduced to Eric Bana as Ralph Sarchi, and then Joel McHale as his partner, Butler. Uh, side note about this movie, Joel McHale, real quick, um, he is fucking buff now. Yeah. Have you seen him? Yeah. Like, I saw him in Blended, and he's got some guns on him there. He's been working out. But, I mean, Joel McHale's like a tall guy anyway. He's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, something like that. But he's been at the gym. I mean, he's got some, he's got some arms on him now. Yeah. And him and uh, Scott Derrickson are longtime friends, right? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, maybe they're gym buddies or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll be in Pain and Gain too by Michael Bain. <laughs> you know, Scott Derrickson and fucking Joel McHale working out and shit. There you go. But no, I didn't know they're friends. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Have they worked together in the past? No, they haven't worked together in the past. And I believe Derrickson like specifically wrote this role for Joel McHale. That's cool. Yeah, that's very cool. And it's the first time they have worked together. Right? Yeah. I'm a big. I like Joe McHale. I mean, I, I, I love Joe McHale. I mean, I, I the Soup. I think he's great. I still watch the Soup. I still watch not like regularly, but yeah. if there's nothing else on, I'll watch it for sure. Yeah, it's still on my DVR. I still watch the Soup. So, um, anyway, back to Delivers from Evil. Uh, Banna and McHale. I mean, they have a really good balance on uh, on the screen together. Banna is pretty serious throughout the entire movie and then joe McHale is witty and sarcastic as you know as he is in in, in the you know, tv appearances and community and shit and, and he plays well to his strengths as a comedian without being too over the top in uh, in a somewhat gritty horror thriller film so olivia munn uh she plays uh, eric banna's wife and she's pretty good in this i she's not amazing but I kind of have a thing for Olivia Munn anyway, and that goes back to her days on G4's Attack of the Show. Oh, yeah. So, in, in my opinion, she can do no wrong. I mean, I I guess she's my secret celebrity crush. She's from Tron? I don't remember in Tron. Okay. I remember in Iron Man 2, she played like a reporter. Gotcha. And she's also in uh, Aaron Sorkin's uh, The Newsroom on HBO. She's in Magic Mike, too. Okay. Don't ask me why I had to watch that. <laughs> 
You had to watch Magic Mike? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you you heard about, you know, all these guys taking their shirts off, and so naturally, <laughs> Frank being Frank, is like, <laughs> I gotta see this. I gotta see nah. these rock-hard chiseled abs, you know. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Although, I, 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 I sat halfway through a Twilight movie, and I'd much rather be exposed to Magic Mike than any of that bullshit. Oh, fuck, dude. I had to watch the Twilight films. My ex-wife was, like, a big fan of the Twilight books, and so I had to fucking see Twilight 1 and 2, yeah. opening night and shit. After we got divorced, I divorced Twilight, so... I had the same experience, but I had to go all the way up until the last movie, but I'm... I- proud i still have never seen the last movie independently seen the first two after the divorce i was like fuck these films for anybody that's ever had to watch it use roadhouse as a palate cleanser roadhouse yeah Yeah. that that'll make you forget all the fuck about that misery roadhouse made me forget about dirty dancing roadhouse (laughs) is some good shit nobody backs me into that fucking dirty (laughs) dancing movie i'll tell you that (laughs) fuck that movie i hate dirty dancing so um what did you think? This oh, yeah, it delivers from evil. <laughs> yeah, what did you think how, about Doctor Strange after seeing this? Oh, okay. All right. Um, let me uh, let me get into my thoughts okay. about the movie, and then, yeah, then I'll break it down about Doctor Strange. Absolutely. Um, I, what I liked about uh, delivers from evil is it, it, it blends elements of other movies that I really like, uh, but without doing it you know, quite on the nose. Gotcha. You know what I mean? It's almost a mixture of seven from the look of the film because it's always really dark and gloomy and there's rain and shit, you know, just a, you know, seven, it, there's never sunshine. Yeah. I love yeah. seven. Yeah. Seven's a great movie. I saw that movie in the theater, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Me too. After I got out of, yeah. Personal story. After I got out of seven, I was driving out of the theater as landmark. Yeah. And somebody hit my car. Oh my God. And my car goes flying into a tree. And, uh, yeah, it was a girl. She was eating a baked potato. <laughs> And not paying attention to the road just fucking hits like the passenger side door and I go flying into a fucking tree. Eating a baked potato while driving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eating a baked potato while driving. Out of the theater. She was leaving the theater too. Where do you get a baked potato while leaving the Wendy's. theater? Wendy's. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. She, I, I think she's going, maybe going into the theater. Gotcha. She just left Wendy's and got one of their baked potatoes. Jesus. Yeah. I blame, I blame Dave Thomas, yeah. the owner. Of Wendy's and and uh, her shitty driving skills. You should have pursued that lawsuit against I know. Dave Thomas. Yeah, I should have. Yeah. yeah. How do you eat a baked potato while driving? That's crazy. Well, she said my lights weren't on, uh. and that's why she hit me. But my lights were clearly fucking Did on. Did you get the ticket? I didn't get a ticket. Good for you. Yeah. Fucking bitch. <laughs> Can't wait to eat your fucking baked potato while you're not driving. Dumbass. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So that's my uh, seven baked potato story. Yeah, deliver us from I baked potatoes. A, yeah, I just saw a great fucking movie, Seven. Totally hyped about this movie. Talking about it with my friends as we leave the theater. Yeah. And then some baked potato fucking toting bitch driving her car <laughs> fucking hits my car. Oh, my God. What kind of car was it? That was a piece of shit. Oh. But that's besides the point. I still had to get a new car. She totaled my fucking car. Jesus. Yeah. It was an 88 Cavalier. <laughs> this is like this is like mid 90s. Gotcha. So, yeah, anyway, uh so yeah, but uh, it, like I said, it has a look of 7, but it, it takes from some great movies about like demon possession like The Exorcist. Oh, one of my it's, faves. It's a really good blend of like, you know, 7 and The Exorcist. So, it's not all about trying to just scare you, too. It's it's a good screenplay and I think one of Banna's better performances. Banna in my opinion is kind of bland in a lot of shit. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah. And He's he, not a standout in much. Yeah, he kind of reminds me. His acting kind of reminds me of fucking, like, uh, Sam Worthington. Yeah, I can see that. Or even, uh, what's his name from Josh Hartnett. Oh, just yeah. really not stand out. You know, they're just kind of there, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. But he does a good job. I, I felt like I finally got to see this guy play a darker character, and, and it really shows that he can be a badass in a film. Uh, the movie starts off like a crime drama, and then it kind of slowly just evolves into this dark horror film. Huh. Um, the characters, uh, do develop in this film, which is great. There are genuine moments that make you jump, but the story never gets stale. Um, the actor Edgar Ramirez, he plays a priest, uh, whose name is Mendoza and he's not your stereotypical, uh, priest that you see in every film. Uh, and that makes me instantly want to know more about that guy. And, and he, and he keeps you engaged in the film as well. Um, you know, he's like a priest that drinks and smokes and shit like that. He's not like your regular priest in every fucking movie. Yeah, that's cool. And, uh, I'm gonna give this movie a taste it, which is huge because I typically don't like a lot of the current horror movie yeah. films that come out. I'm with you. And, uh, that, you know, Hollywood just puts out a lot of shit these days. I'm not a big fan of the, uh, fucking paranormal activity movies either. I like the paranormal activity movies. Uh, Part of me not liking the par- – okay, I can't really blame it on the Paranormal Activity movies. Yeah. Like the first Paranormal Activity movie that I saw, I watched it on a Sunday afternoon at like 12. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm not, I'm not watching it at night. And then the, the, the next Paranormal Activity movie I saw, I saw it in a fucking theater and I had some jackass talking the whole fucking time. Oh, God. You know? It's like shut the fuck up. I'm in a movie. Shut the fuck up. Especially that kind of movie. Yeah. Yeah. So – you know, um, this this isn't a movie that you have to see in the theaters, but I wouldn't tell you to avoid it either. So at least Redbox this one when it comes out in future months. And and I, I do think Marvel has made a great choice in choosing Scott Derrickson to direct uh, Doctor Strange. I mean, I think he does a really good job at developing characters, and he he keeps it dark and pulls from like other movies, but doesn't like I said, he doesn't do it in a way that's just like on the nose. Do you think there's a chance? Um, now that we've got Scott Derrickson writing and directing, that we're going to have an R-rated Doctor Strange movie? No, not a chance. Not a chance in hell? Not a chance in hell. Got to sell the action figures? Yeah. Do you think there will ever be an R-rated Marvel Studios movie? No, uh, I really don't. Unless they do, unless they wanted, unless Tom Jane and Marvel come to some agreement and say, let's do an R-rated Punisher. Yeah. Um, or, or, or if they want to, or if they want to revisit Blade. Do you think they shouldn't do an R-rated Marvel movie? Okay, we've got Disney. Yeah. But they don't go by the Disney name. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you're still putting that Marvel banner up there. That's the big thing. I mean, I think a Punisher movie should be rated R. I think a Blade movie should be rated R. You're dealing with vampires, and you're dealing with a guy. Punisher is, like, he is... he. In his universe, everything is black and white, but he's a gray character, which I think is amazing. Gotcha. I love that about him because, like, not everybody agrees with how he does things. He's he's an anti-hero, so he's a very gray character, but in his mind, everything's black and white. You're either good or you're bad, and I'm the Punisher. I'm going to punish you. And that's what that's the, be- the best way to get a Punisher movie across is an R-rated film. But as far as Marvel doing an R-rated movie – I don't think it'll ever happen. Yeah, I think you're probably right. There'd always be some parent out there that says, oh, I know what you guys make, and I didn't think it was going to be this, and I took my kid to see it, because they didn't do the research to find out what was in it. 
Yeah, but the movie's rated R, though. No research needs to be had. Well, yeah, but how you know there's going to be somebody stupid enough that's not going to pay that much attention. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it probably would be a bad move. And if they did, they probably wouldn't have the Marvel banner on, on it. It wouldn't yeah. be part of like the cinematic Marvel universe. It would probably exist outside of that. What about the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie? That was rated R, right? Yeah, I think so. It was a pile of shit, too. It but... was a pile of shit. Yeah. And I guess the Blade movies were definitely rated R. Yeah, they were. So. Yeah, but that wasn't with Marvel. That was actually with Fox. Yes, yes. So when Fox on Blade, so. I don't think Marvel would do it. I think if if they do a Blade movie or a fucking Punisher movie, it definitely should be rated R, though. Yeah. I bet these demons in the new Doctor Strange movie are, are going to be pretty scary, though, regardless of the R rating. Yeah, true. Yeah, I, I hope so, man. I, 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 I respect Scott Derrickson as far as like his horror movies are concerned. I mean, I think he's done a good job. I, Sinister, I mean, I, I enjoyed it for the most part right up until the end. But I think he does really good villains. Yeah. And fleshing those characters out. So, yeah. That's yeah. okay. What's up? I was going to say his Dormammu is going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> um, Purge, too, coming out in July. So. I'm mildly excited. Yeah. I, I guess the lure the guy, of it is, is you get to see what's going on in the world and not just inside yeah, the house. The exactly. Sun. It's outside. And the guy that played uh, Brock Rumlow, right, from Captain America? Yes, yeah. He's the main guy in that one. So that'll be interesting. July 18th, I think, is when it hits. So I'll be checking it out. I think I will too. Yeah. So, all right, let's take a break. We'll come back with the pop culture leftover news. Boom, boom, boom. News, bitches. Fucking old school. Damn, these beats are so fresh. Snap. All right, hey, we're back. We're back. Right. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> bye bye. Hey, hey, oh, you're excited as fuck to <laughs> announce that we're back, weren't you, Jay? Sorry, I just chugged half a Red Bull in between. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I was like, hey, we're back. I'm back. Hey. I'm back. Like you just fucking woke up or some shit. Hey, what? Whoa, I'm, hey, I'm here. I'm hey, here. What? I'm what? aware. Hey, where are we? Who's the president? <laughs> <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> Oh, man. No, that's good. We're back. <laughs> All right, guys. You've, uh, I don't know, you've listened to a shit ton of uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop. This is like an extended Good Pop, Bad Pop. Yeah, dear Lord. That was a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of shit. Literally a lot of shit. <laughs> a lot of shit. A lot of shit you had to listen to, unfortunately. Yeah, so I'm sure you fast-forwarded straight to the news <laughs> by now, right? Yeah, yeah. Just fast-forward through this, too, while you're at it. Um, yeah, but uh, it's time for the Pop Culture Leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. Dude, who else has We're back. <laughs> We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back, guys. We're back. <laughs> no, but seriously, who else has a fucking news drop? That says we're gangster as fuck. Uh, who, who else deserves a news drop that says we're gangster as fuck? Yeah, it's not like fucking Dan Rather's on HDNet fucking say, hey, my, my, my fucking, you know, news is gangster as fuck. No. That would help. It would help. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Because nobody gives a shit about Dan Rather anymore. Most people don't even know he does a, uh, fucking HDNet news. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, he's, he's Mark Cuban's bitch, man. Mark Cuban bought that motherfucker. <laughs> I bet he lives like in a fucking room in Mark Cuban's house or some shit now. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Mark Cuban, fucking billionaire, dude. Owns Dallas Mavericks, HDNet, and fucking does Shark Tank. Dude, that, he's a fucking mogul, man. I like Mark Cuban, too. He's pretty outspoken and yeah. hilarious. Yeah. I like the dude, so. Yeah, and he owns Dan Rather, apparently. That's awesome. Just like, was it basketball where, like, that one guy, that rich dude fucking owned Kareem, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, had him, like, yeah. set up in a display case and shit, and then, like, <laughs> he had him there, and, like, his shift was over, he opened up the case and, like, left? That was fucking, that was yeah. fucking awesome. How long were those shifts? Like, eight hours, probably? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, we're talking about that. But anyway... Uh, pop culture leftover news. Um, I wanted to talk about, uh, I know I'm not watching the show regularly like you guys, but, uh, aside from being the highest rated season finale for Game of Thrones, Sunday's episode a couple weeks ago was also, it set a new record for the new piracy record. I read that. According to the piracy monitoring site Torrent Freak. I didn't know there was a, pirating monitoring site and yeah, that's not good news for the piraters <laughs> no. yeah so yeah torrent freak they said two hundred and fifty thousand users shared a single file of the season four finale at the same time the largest BitTorrent swarm in history yeah that's crazy especially when um hbo go is so accessible yeah and they're so friendly about all that and everything so why so many people would even need to illegally download download this yeah it, the number is still up there, 250,000. Yeah. Imagine what it would have been without HBO Go. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the episode, it was titled The Children. It saw roughly 1.5 million downloads 12 hours after airing on HBO. Torrent Freak expects the total number of downloads to to surpass 7.5 million in the coming weeks. If If estimates hold... Game of Thrones will be the most pirated TV show of the year again. Nice. Game of Thrones also set the previous record for the most shares of a single file. The show is most heavily pirated in the U.S., the U.K., Australia, and Canada. So, uh, yeah. Wow. It's a worldwide pirating phenomenon. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. There's a bunch of shitty people out there pirating <laughs> you know whatever yeah it, you know it's an addiction man so if you got to watch your game of thrones and you don't want to fucking pay for it people are fucking yeah pirating this shit so i know if i would have came home and my fucking dvr would have messed up and not recorded that shit i'd have been pirating that shit myself <laughs> <laughs> check this shit out okay what do you guys think that the ceo of hbo had to say about this oh he's he's a great guy he doesn't give a fuck he he says all press is good press. Exactly. He said once uh, that piracy is actually – he said that piracy has helped HBO, leading to more subscriptions for the network. So he's all for it. Yeah, he's such a great guy. He He's all really outspoken about the uh, sharing HBO Go too. He says he doesn't care if the whole world just run on like 12 passwords at one point. <laughs> That's very, fucking awesome. Very funny yeah. about that. So they don't even monitor that shit, right? No, no yeah. He says if it gets you watching an HBO show and talking about an HBO show, it's good for HBO. That's awesome. I've got a family member I gave a uh, Apple TV to that's got my uh, Netflix and HBO shit on it. Yeah. Just for that reason. But for Netflix, you, I'm pretty sure once you hit it, like if you're on like more than three devices, either you have to pay more money a month or it just won't even let you do it. I think it's four. So yeah. I've been very careful about which ones I've got on what. Yeah, exactly. 
All right. So, yeah, very fucking cool. I used to have uh, Apple uh, Apple TV, and I had it jailbroken, and I had a program called XBMC on it. Yep. Yeah. And they had something called Ice Films. Ice Films, dude, you could fucking watch, like, every TV show the day after it came out, and plus there was, like, new fucking movies on there all the time. Now they have something called One Channel. Um, I think that was the last thing that they had, but, like, it kept changing all the time. And, like, you could watch, like, shit coming out. The day after, people would, like, upload it to this fucking one channel or Ice Films. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. That's, like, the only reason to have Apple TV, in my opinion. Yeah. They haven't jailbroken the Apple TV 3 yet, but the 2s are still going for sale yeah. for, like, two and 300 bucks because you can still hack into them. I have the newer Apple TV, and I actually love it. It's a great streamer. Like, if I try yeah. to watch Netflix on my Xbox, it's constantly buffering and the quality is really shitty, even though it tells me it's the highest quality. But I watch Netflix on my Apple TV, and it's gorgeous. It never buffers. It looks HD. It yeah. just seems to be a better streamer than than like a video game system would be or whatever. They work very hard, and I think Netflix also has an agreement with them to where they can display content at 1080p. Not everything can do, do that. They, some devices, they have them limited at 720. Yeah. That's funny about the video pirating stuff. Do you – um? I don't remember if it's Kentucky Fried Movie or if it's Amazon Women on the Moon where they do the uh, video pirate sketch. And uh, they're actual pirates know. and they like hijack the ship and steal all their VHS tapes. And they're like, video pirates are. <laughs> they, they put the tape in and the FBI warning comes on and there's like, ooh, I'm so scared. <laughs> it's a really. What about when you go to the theater? And at the beginning of the movie, they're like, don't do this. And, like, they show somebody talking on the phone. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And then they show the one guy with the fucking hoodie on. <laughs> yeah. And he's, like, recording it, holding it up the whole right. time. Yeah. I, I think it discriminates against people with hoodies. I, I do, too. It's like, oh, you wear a hoodie. You're some dick face fucking video <laughs> recorder. I, I know. It's like, don't have your hoodie up. Right? Yeah. It's like, oh, shit, I got my hoodie up. And they're showing this commercial. Someone's coming to get me now. I wear hoodies. And it's like, I, 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 like, look around, like, all self-conscious. Like, oh, shit, are people looking at me? me like the asshole with the hoodie on you know and there's something to be said for not bringing attention to something because to be honest with you i never even thought about even doing such a thing until the the commercial comes on then i'm like oh can i fit the whole screen in my phone (laughs) 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 they um they they kind of it's almost like they rig it on purpose in order for people to either have to pay the subscription fee to hbo or uh to have it be pirated like that because like The Walking Dead, you can get uh, – you know, well, that and several other shows, you can get it on iTunes the day after it airs. Yeah. Uh, but Game of Thrones, they won't allow that. Well, no, I think it's a little bit the opposite. You can get HBO Go password from anyone you know that has HBO. Um, HBO Go comes free with your cable subscription to HBO yeah, right. all you have to know is like who your cable subscriber is or internet or uh, satellite provider is and then just know the password. Yeah, there. Walking Dead's a beast to watch if you don't catch it on AMC right. because you're paying on iTunes. Right. HBO Go, didn't that go to Amazon Prime now too, some of the early stuff? I'm not sure. I think HBO worked out a deal with Amazon Prime. Not like their most current stuff. You still have to have HBO Go, but gotcha. you can like watch like the first few seasons of like some of their older series oh. on Amazon Prime now, I think. Yeah, HBO Go's great too. Stockpile of great shows. Oh yeah. Deadwood, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh yeah. Sopranos. And the, if and you it, haven't seen Hello Ladies, check it out. It's really fucking funny. And was it good? Eastbound and Down. Oh, Hello Ladies. Oh, yeah. Really good. Check it out, man. Gotcha. From the creators of The Office. Is that yeah. the one? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, Hello Ladies and then uh, fucking Eastbound and Down. So, yeah, good shit on HBO, man. I saw a commercial where they were making a joke about everybody and their brother sharing the the password for HBO Go. Yeah. Where uh, this guy invites his girlfriend over and he calls his dad and then the dad calls his buddy and everybody's got an excuse about, hey, I need that password again because nobody can remember it. And it's <laughs> like it goes through like six or seven different groups of people to trying to find a person who originated the password. Yeah, if any listeners out there need HBO Go, just shoot me up. <laughs> That would be hilarious if, like, every one of our listeners, like, started using your HBO Go handle. Yeah, let's do it. Let's see how many people we can get using my HBO Go handle. Just shoot shoot me a message on Twitter and I'll shoot you, I'll shoot you the HBO Go password. Right. And then, uh, we'll see if, uh, CEO of HBO gets a little annoyed by that. His name is Jeff Bukes, B-E. W-K-E-S. Let's see if we can get his attention. Yeah. Sure, I can't wait for word of that getting around. Like, listen to these guys. They'll give you their HBO Go password. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you make it this far, that's your reward. You've gotten free HBO yeah. Go. You know, you're going to get an email that says HBO No Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, you're going to be banned from HBO Go forever. So. Oh, that would be a sad day. <laughs> I don't think it'll happen, man. I don't think so either. We're going to do it. But I'm if a- you get so many people using it that that happens, that'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> I've already got about probably 16 people using it. <laughs> <laughs> if you need any relief from that, I'll volunteer mine too. <laughs> so, so let me know. Let me know, listeners. I'll hook it up. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. I love it. Fan interaction. <laughs> Leftover army. Come on, stand up. Let's know. Where, let's let, yeah. Yeah. Time no, for your rations. No excuses for no Game of Thrones discussions next year. Yeah, exactly. Because we're all going to have HBO Go password. I, I need to get caught up. All right, guys. So uh, moving on to our next news story. So it's been confirmed. And finally, I might add, Pacific Rim 2 dun, dun, dun. will be made, and the release date is April 7th. We got a, we got a release date, April 7th, 2017. 17, though. It's a long time. I know it's a long time, but uh, hey, we didn't even think we were going to get a fucking sequel at one point, man. Right. Yeah. So, director Guillermo del Toro was talking recently about his new TV series, The Strain, which is going to be on FX. I think that comes out later this month in July. I've already got it set on my DVR. Yeah, you need to remind me about that, like, the day before it comes on, so I for sure get it. Uh, He revealed some details about Pacific Rim 2 to the Wall Street Journal. He said, uh, screenwriter Zach Penn and I really went in. We started with screenwriter Travis Beecham about a year and a half ago, kicking ideas back and forth. And admittedly, I said to Zach, let's keep kicking ideas till we find one that really, really turns the first movie on its ear, so to speak. It was hard to create a world that did not come from a comic book that had its own mythology. So we had to sacrifice many aspects to be able to cram everything into the first movie. Namely, for example, The Drift, which was an interesting concept. Uh, then there was this portal that ripped a hole into the fabric of our universe. What were the tools they were using? And we came up with a really, really interesting idea. I don't want to spoil it, but I think at the end of the second movie, people will find out that the two movies stand on their own. They're very different from each other, although hopefully bringing the same joyful giant spectacle. But the tenor of the two movies will be quite different. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. So, uh... Doesn't sound like we're going to get a prequel. Sounds like that they're going to follow. I'm glad, right? Um, I mean, we already had the prequel comic that came out. So, um, I mean, I wonder if this is going to jump ahead a few years in the future. But I mean, 
sounds like they're going to dive into this whole drift com- concept where like uh the two people that are uh uh you know working the Jaeger have like this kind of bond uh a mental bond so it's like they're going to expand upon the drift do you think they're going to matrix with this fucking shit uh, I hope not. I hope not. I mean, hopefully Pacific Rim 2 stands on its own and doesn't ruin Pacific Rim 1 with these new really, like, out-there ideas that kind of yeah. just ruin what we liked from the first one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm glad they're not doing a prequel, though. Pretty, It'd be pretty pretentious to do a prequel but after one movie. You know, right. create your universe before showing us before what we've seen in the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I hope we see more of what this devastation of the world is like after everything that happened. And yeah, I can't wait for Pacific Rim 2. That'll be super fun. You know, maybe the drift. I mean, you know, like they were talking about drifting with different characters. I mean, it's, it's like humans have drifted now with aliens. Yeah. So, I mean, is that going to come more into play? Like, you know, the aliens have now, like we got a better understanding of them last time because of the drift. And that's how we were able to defeat them. But you know, on the flip side, they might have a better understanding of us humans now that we've drifted with them. So maybe that's how they come back into this whole thing. Yeah, hopefully they don't uh, midi-chlorine it, right? Yeah. With the whole drift stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that they can use – because it sounds like – that was the thing that he pointed out in this whole thing was like the two things that they really didn't get to elaborate on were the drift and then where these, uh, you know, these portals came from. Um so, I mean, I think that's where they're going to kind of go in the second films. But he also said that they're not going to, they're not going to stray away from like the giant spectacles of like, you know, Jaegers taking on these, uh, fucking, uh, kaiju. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. That's like the draw, right? Yes. But Guillermo Totoro, he always gives me what I want. To, he, he always gives me what I want in movies. It's going to be bigger and it's going to be badder. Yeah. For sure. You know it. Yeah. I mean, he, every fucking, uh, act in that film first act second act and third act had amazing action sequences in my opinion that was a great movie i tupperware that movie yeah that might have been our first tupperware party it was our first tupperware party it was our first tupperware party everybody gave it a tupperware and it it was kind of amazing too because it was an original concept like he said i mean there was no like this is not based on a comic book this is not based on you know like a previous fucking thing whatever like godzilla like this was an original concept from Travis Beecham, Guillermo del Toro, and I think they knocked it out of the park. I think it was a fun movie. You know what I mean? I know yeah. not everybody loved it, but uh I mean sitting in that theater watching this movie and I didn't get to see it in an IMAX, but my god, I saw it in 3D and it was gorgeous. It was yeah. a lot of fun. And it really seems like a labor of love for for them. Yeah, it, it does. So, you know, cuz I don't think it was the biggest financial success, but big enough to still warrant exploring it more. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think in the U.S. it did okay, but like where it really excelled was internationally. Yeah. I mean, this could have been another Dread. You know, Dread was a great fucking movie that didn't really do well here. And, you know, there's still like, you know, Carl Urban's still trying to get a sequel off the ground. Yeah. You know, there's fucking online petitions saying we need to make a fucking Dread sequel as to where like this was kind of like in the same camp a little bit. But it did better internationally, and I think that's what pushed this over the edge to get a greenlit. 
it's a shame. The more time that goes by with the dread thing, the more it seems like that's just not ever going to come to fruition. No shit. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame because it was a really good fucking movie. It was a great movie. Even though it's going to be a little while, though, I'm really happy to hear about the uh, release date because that gives them plenty of time to do what they want to do with it. They're not feeling any pressure that's not going to be some turd that got rushed out to try to make some money off it. And it's coming out in April, too, which is interesting because I think the last one came out. didn't come out in like June or some shit. Yeah, I keep thinking of something Brian said in a in an episode either last week or the week before though about it's a good thing Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out before episode seven yeah. and it sets the new special effect bar. Right. Pacific Rib Two is gonna have to live in the post episode seven world yeah. where we have that new special effects bar. Right. And how how's it gonna do with that going on? Yeah, um But I mean it's really it's it's an earthbound it's an earth based story. Yeah. But you do uh, you are dealing with portals? Yes. So there is a uh, <laughs> bless you. Pardon me. But there you are dealing with portals and like this alien. I think maybe in this next movie we're going to learn more about these aliens that are sending these kaiju through the portal. I think that'll be kind of like a big deal. Yeah, that'll be interesting too. And maybe the science behind that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that'll be. Maybe it won't be the kaiju. Maybe the kaiju are defeated and it'll be. Um, just another race. Yeah, but see, that's oh, but they have to be large. I mean, that the whole thing with Pacific Rim is yeah. giant robots fighting giant monsters. Exactly. I was kind of wondering about this if uh, after having watched it, because it's one of those movies that whenever it's on HBO, I go ahead and click over to it because there's no part of it that's bad. No. Um, so they were dealing with the hive mind of the kaiju when they tapped into it because it went both ways when Charlie Day's character uh, drifted with the piece of brain. So the drift, wouldn't it be something similar? Is there any way that they could tap into that and maybe take control of a pair and it could take control of a Jaeger? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll figure out a way to do it where they don't need the two people too. And then it would be almost like radio controlled. They could attack, you know, without even having to come through and risk themselves. Oh, I wouldn't want to see that. Well, you got a point. Yeah. See, that's a, that, that's the thing. I mean, the the what made it interesting about the Jaegers is the human element mm-hmm. within right. the Jaeger, them controlling it, and that's where the drift really came into play. And that's what I really liked about it. I don't want any kind of like remote control thing where there's really no danger to the humans. Oh no, I didn't mean remote control like no humans involved. I meant like the kaiju remote controlling a pair of humans who are drifting. Like if they can figure out some way to penetrate the drift. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Because so it's saying, similar like, to like a hive mind thing there too. Right. It might push them back into going back into solo missions like what the general did. Back in the day, remember when they told him that he had uh, radiation poisoning or whatever from running solo missions? So you're, t- you're saying you're saying that fucking okay. So they're in the Jaeger, and all of a sudden, like they're drifting, and all of a sudden, one of the aliens is able to kind of like tap into their drift, right? And cause some havoc there right because it's been proven that that's pretty much our only defense that's the only thing that we've got that we can try to combat them and if they can hack into that we're pretty much fucked yeah yeah that's i'm excited for more pacific rim 
I, I, I almost don't even want to speculate that much because, you know, it, it, there's not really a whole lot to go off of, just the one movie. I feel like the less exposition, the better with that kind of stuff, though. Yeah. Like, the whole thing is, like Brian said, you know, giant robots fighting giant monsters. Yeah. That's what, that's the allure. That's the hook. That's fun. Yeah. The less jargon, the better. Yeah. In my opinion. You know, I know they want to explore that stuff and flesh it out, but you know. Yeah. It's, we just kind of want to see the spectacle, really. Yeah. That's, that's what I think they're going to kind of go towards. I, I don't want to see like, uh, yeah. I mean, I understand what you're saying. That's an interesting point, but like, I don't want the be- new movie to be focused on that. I want something, you know, if, if he's really saying that, you know, like they're going to dig more into like the drift. I want them to like blow our minds with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Either either have it be giant or don't do it at all. Exactly. So, yeah, but I'm glad that every I'm glad that Guillermo del Toro, he wants to do his own thing. He's one of these directors like even though he's working with big studios, he wants to put out the movie that he wants to put out and he's got Travis Beecham, the original screenwriter from the original movie coming back and doing this. that That's what has me pumped. And he wrote the comic too, didn't he? He wrote the comic too. So that's Him and awesome. Guillermo del Toro, yeah, they worked together on that too. So this is fucking cool. This is kind of a win for me. Good deal. Yeah, like, you know, what Hollywood, it didn't meet Hollywood's expectations, but these guys kept fighting. They've got a vision. Hopefully now Guillermo del Toro after Pacific Rim 2 can convince Hollywood to make uh, Hellboy 3. Am yeah, I right? Definitely. That'd be cool. Hellboy 2 is so great. It's so great. It's so much better than the original. Yes. So, yeah, I fucking love Hellboy 2. So fucking good. I I, I have a respect for, like, uh, those uh, – uh, after – after I'll be honest with you. I wasn't reading the Mike Mignola comics yeah. until after, like, the Hellboy movies came out and shit. But I love Mike Mignola now. Oh, Mike Mignola is amazing. And the artwork is good. I don't care how fucking long it takes him to put out a comic book. I'll wait for it. Yeah. It's fucking that good. So, Yeah. All right, um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, let's move on in news. Uh, let's move on to some Star Trek, uh, Star Trek 3. Robert Orsi, uh, he was interviewed by Humans for Earth, and he revealed some details about Star Trek 3. And uh, what are you guys thinking about Star Trek 3? I mean, I, I'll throw out my thoughts here. I'm a little <laughs> worrisome because you got J.J. Abrams doing the first two, which yeah. I Tupperware the first movie, and uh, I tasted the second one. When we did the, uh, you know, Into Darkness podcast. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you've got Roberto Orsi doing the fucking third movie. He's been known for doing, you know, him and Kurtzman working together, yeah. writing screenplays and shit like that. This is his directorial debut, guys. Are you a little concerned about this? Yeah, I'm definitely concerned. It's hard to even get excited about a new Star Trek with all the Star Wars on the horizon, too. It just overshadows that so much for me. Totally. And now the whole thing feels almost direct-to-video now that they've been like stripped of J.J. Abrams. And it's just um, Orsi by himself with no Kurtzman. It's yeah. his first time. I heard that... Um and don't take take this with a grain of salt, but on uh, the Will Wheaton show, yeah, which is basically like the soup for geeks. If you watch the show, it's okay. Um, but uh, you know, he said that J.J. Uh, Abrams is producing this movie. Yeah, but uh, I, I also don't know if like how you know fact accurate that show is because they said that Ryan Johnson is going to be directing Star Wars eight and nine. Which we find out later that he's just doing eight. Gotcha. So, but he said he he mentioned on the show that he's you know J.J. Abrams is producing it. So yeah, 
that makes sense. I mean, it's still going to be a bad robot film, which is J.J. Abrams' production company. Right. He could still have very little to do with what's going on with it. Yeah. It sounds like it's going to be Orsi's baby, writing and directing. Totally. Totally. We got a motorcycle wow. going on outside. Yeah, something going on out there. <laughs> I, um, I... I think they're going to have to go with a different direction with it. You can't out. Do you want to hear about the direction first, and then make and then comment? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just before you go off on a, like a like a whole Star Trek three like direction. Let me tell you about the direction because like Orsi actually revealed like what kind of direction they're going to go in. Okay, and so tell me. Okay, just listen to this. He says in Into Darkness they set out finally where the original series started. The first two films, especially the 2009 Star Trek, was an origin story. It was about them coming together. So they weren't the characters they were in the original series. They were growing into them, and that continues on in the second movie. So in this movie, they are closer than they are to the original series characters that you have ever seen. They have set off on their five-year mission... So their adventure is going to be in deep space. That's awesome. Very I like that. Awesome. Yeah. So before you went off on what direction you thought they were going to go in, I just wanted to make sure you knew where they were going. Sure. Yeah. That that's exactly what I'd want to see. They, you can't out Star Wars, Star Wars. So they need to get back more to the Star Trek science stuff. They need to get something uh, in that vein that's going to blow our minds. We, I, I was really let down by the whole rehashed Rathacon. Yeah, you know? yeah, me too. So hopefully it's something original and out of left field that no one's expecting. It has to be. I yeah. mean, he's. I mean, and I like this direction that they're going in. I don't know about how uh, you know uh, Bob Orsi's going to be as far as a director. I have no fucking clue. Yeah. But the direction that they're setting out on, I like it. I mean, they're going to go into deep space, so that means they could encounter anything. Yeah, boldly this, go. Exactly. Right. This could be. An all-new original story. It has the potential to be very exciting. So I'm excited about the news. The only thing I'm worried about is, like, Orsi's directorial debut. I mean, that's – it's – I mean, this isn't some small indie budget film that he's doing, okay? Yeah. I mean, even Gareth Edwards, who did the Godzilla thing, did Monster first, okay? They're handing the reins to Star Trek. To fucking Bob Orsi. Yeah, he's never had, he's never done any television show directing. Not that I know of. Okay. I mean, I'd have to look at his IMDb, but as far as like a movie, like a, gotcha. you know, feature production, he's never done anything. Not even an indie film. So <laughs> this is his directorial debut. This is interesting. I'm sure he's been behind the scenes long enough. Yeah. I mean, this could be like a knock it out of the park thing, like fucking Ben Affleck's been in, you know, so many fucking movies and watched, been behind so many great directors that he's got that vision and now he, you know, uh, he's just got to put that vision on screen. This could be that thing or this could be a total fucking train wreck yeah oh jeez it's gonna be interesting when star trek 3 coming is that 2017 also no that's 2016 oh, that geez. was one of those movies that was uh, announced for 2016 gotcha okay so yeah we're just two years away huh? no no set date yet but yeah two years away so they're gonna go into deep space and this is like where everybody was wanting it to go from the beginning to embark on that five-year mission yeah definitely 
so it doesn't sound like they're going to stop anytime soon. This sounds like it's going to keep going, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. you can't have them start their fucking five-year mission and then end the fucking series. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? This yeah. has to be really, really fucking bad in order for them to say, okay, no more Star Trek movies. Uh, I just wish they'd bring Star Trek back to television. I do too. Yeah. It's uh, a lot easier to flesh out stuff like that. In, in, in a movie, two-hour movie, you've got to have so much action in order to keep people in their seats. And Star Trek isn't always about that sometimes it's about attacking something with your mind and overcoming yeah, it, it needs that to way. be that's what they need to do in this movie i think that's what bob Worsey's going to do is right. make this a more fucking cerebral film yeah you yeah. know what i mean yeah. that's what they need to fucking do with star trek i mean i love that jj abrams has moved away from the franchise that's great okay you had you you did great you set it up really wonderfully in the first film but i'd be honest with you in that second film he fucking uh he, he wore out his welcome in i agree my opinion. i agree okay Completely. now it's time to move on yep maybe bob orsi is not my fucking choice as director for this next film i think they would have should have went with like another director in my opinion yeah. i don't know who directed oblivion get that motherfucker in there i don't know who fucking directed edge of tomorrow get that motherfucker in there i think it's the same guy is it? Yeah. Okay. That looks like that motherfucker's in there. <laughs> <laughs> what? For the same guy that directed Oblivion is the same guy that directed Edge of Tomorrow, I think. Oh, but uh, okay, I'm talking about Star Trek Three. Get that motherfucker in there. Uh, maybe. Okay, you're saying the same. The same, same guy, guy that directed Oblivion directed Edge of Tomorrow, I believe. I believe. Okay. I'm looking. All right. I'm gonna pause while you look. All right, Jake, what'd you find out, man? I was wrong. It's uh, two different directors. Doug Lyman did Edge of Tomorrow, and he was the director of the Bourne movies. And then um, I forget the guy's name that did Oblivion, but the only other movie he had, he directed was uh, Tron Legacy. Gotcha. Okay. So he's free. Get him. Yeah. You know, I think like um, – yeah, but they've already committed to Orsi, so. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I think it'd be cool like if uh, this movie they went out – into deep space, did an original story, maybe an original villain, and then set it up towards like the end of the film. Like maybe they showed like a uh, Klingon scout ship that had been following them. Gotcha. That'd be cool. You know, and then, and then finally in the fourth film, we get like our, you know, Klingon battle. I think that would be fun. Right. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, make a new original alien species for three. Yeah. And then throw all the fan favorite stuff. In the fourth one. In the fourth one. Yeah, kind of tease it so we come back. I mean, they're going to need to tease something after Star Wars Episode Seven comes back. You know, and I think that's what would bring people back into the theaters if they knew that, like, Klingons are going to be involved in the fucking fourth film, in my opinion. Yeah, they should just hurry up and involve them in the third one. You know, they tease them in the second. You know, let's go deep space. Let's do this five-year mission. I think that's enough to get people excited. And then, like, like, just tease this Klingon scout ship right at the end of the movie. You know, I mean, I think that would be fun. I just got the feeling that if they do go with Klingons in the third one, they're just going to pounce all over it, and it's it's not going to feel right. They're going to blow their wad, right? Yeah, you know, three movies is it too soon? I don't think. Yeah, but you can't. Well, I almost think we really need something original after they Ex- rape yeah. that story. I need, I need something original. Yeah. From these films. I, know, I agree. A palate cleanser after yeah. that last movie. I mean, you bit off of Wrath of Khan. Let's not, let's not, let's not, uh, you know, like drink from the same well. Now it's time to bite off Search for Spock for Star Trek 3, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. I can't wait till Star Trek 4 where they bite off the whales again. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, let's see here. Uh, All right, yeah, hey, let's move into some Marvel news. There you go. All right, I got some quick news. It's just very quick news. Farron Blackburn, he directed episodes of Luther. With uh, that's a show with Idris Elba, okay, from the BBC, and then also directed some episodes of Doctor Who. He's also going to be directing some of the Marvel Marvel's Daredevil, the Netflix nice. series. So that's cool. Got a big name in there. So yeah, after we lose, uh, was it Drew Goddard? Yeah, yeah. So he's still doing the uh, Spider Man stuff though. I yeah, Spider Man, yeah. the uh, Sinister Six film, I believe. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. So I want to ask you this question, and maybe you can look up look this up too while we're talking about it because it's probably changed since uh since i wrote this down but how much would it cost to get a one-day visit a one-day set visit to the avengers age of ultron set currently filming well mark ruffalo teamed up with prizio uh and got permission from marvel studios and disney to auction off an Avengers Age of Ultron set visit in London and to spend the day with Mark Ruffalo. As of Thursday morning, and we're recording this on Sunday, as of Thursday morning, the auction bid was up to $119,173 for a one-day set visit to Avengers Age of Ultron. Wow, that is crazy. That's nuts. I'm trying to. I'm trying to look this up. Yeah, like uh, it was like a kind of like a charity thing. So Mark Ruffalo is going to be giving like the money to like a like a certain charity or something like that. That's a but, good cause. Uh, yeah, one hundred nineteen thousand one hundred seventy three dollars to is... fucking visit. What kind of person do you think that is spending that money? Shit, you know, it's like uh, Richard Branson. No, I, I I don't know. It's somebody who's got they, – they've definitely got some money, but they have to be like a Marvel fanboy, number one. <laughs> it's probably like Veruca Salt's dad or something, you know. <laughs> daddy, daddy, I want to go to the Avengers set. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like uh, you think like uh, even like the Make-A-Wish Foundation might like fucking like drop some money on that yeah. so oh. a kid could go see it. But you never know. I mean they've they, – it's like their Make a Wish Foundation. Maybe that's kind of like because uh, if they donated that money, it'd go to another cause. So yeah, you know what I mean. It's probably some spoiled brat. Yeah, getting probably. to go. Yeah, but then they get to hang out with Mark. They really have to appreciate Mark Ruffalo. You'd think. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I guess Mark Ruffalo is probably going to regret this whole thing. Is my feeling. <laughs> yeah. See some little bastard going. Do it. Do it. <laughs> say it. Say the line. Say the line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Puny God. That wasn't even him that said it. That was Brigno. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That's fucking crazy, dude. $119,000. And it's still going on. Uh, it was just a few days. I think it was like, I think they had like maybe five days left when I checked it. So I think it is still going on. Maybe until like Monday or Tuesday. Gotcha. Fuck, man. You, no, I mean, if you're going to spend that much money, they better blow your fucking mind. You bet yeah, on the set. You better fucking they. You better be able to fucking know some of what's going on. You better get set jackets. Yeah, yeah. Take home merch. I don't know. I know like, autographs galore. Yeah, pitch your ops. Yeah, and fucking you know Ruffalo better fucking get John Favreau in there as chef to fucking make you lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I for mean, sure. It better be like the ultimate fucking experience. So I wonder yeah. how uh, Robert Downey Jr. would react to that. Do you think he'd be annoyed? He seems pretty good with the fans. I think he'd be okay with it. 
Yeah, I mean, everything goes to charity. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. True, yeah. He'd probably be about it. Yeah, and it's not... Mark Ruffalo really had to uh, work for this, too. I mean, not only did he have to get permission from Marvel, but Disney, you know? So, kind of a big deal, but... Yeah, who the fuck is going to... I mean, yeah, it was at 119, 173. I mean, who the fuck is the person that's going to spend that much money? <laughs> that's insane. Where did the bid start at, too? You know what I mean? Yeah, five bucks. Did it, did it start from five? <laughs> I was actually the up? first bidder at five bucks. Yeah, and then you're like, fuck it, I'm oh, out. Shit. Once it went to six, you're yeah. like, fuck it, I'm out. 750, ah, you're really bleeding me dry here, <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> I don't care how much it costs, Daddy. I want to go to the set. <laughs> Fucking Veruca Salt. Yeah. I just keep thinking about how she'd probably get stepped on by the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, at Wizard World Comic Con in Philadelphia, Sebastian Stan, he plays uh, the Winter Soldier in Captain America 2. He was Bucky in the Captain America yeah. movie. He was asked if he would take over the shield for Chris Evans as Captain America, and he said, yeah, I'll do it right now. Look, it's not up to me. I'm just showing up when they're calling me. I mean, that's it. But I wouldn't mind a little Black Widow slash Winter Soldier story happening. I'm sure he wouldn't. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, he would love that. Yeah. I'd take that, too. You know, we were talking earlier about, you know, would we ever want to see an R-rated Marvel film? Yeah. I want to see an NC-17 fucking uh, Black Widow movie. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> well, Whoa. <laughs> Don John, there you go. You got, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Fuck. Joseph Gordon Yeah, from when he played in uh, The Dark Knight Rises, and oh, yeah. then there she is, grinding on him right in front of her door. Yeah, I saw that movie. You see Don John? Yeah, I saw Don John. Yeah. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Actually reviewed it on one of our past episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so... That's about NC seventeen, pretty close. Yeah, yeah, Sebastian Stan though he wants to he'll he'll, he'll definitely do it. I mean he's under a fucking nine year uh, nine picture deal. Yeah. Exactly. He'll do whatever he do whatever he can do. Yeah. So I hope they do that. I hope they do stuff like that. Marvel's taking chances, so you never know. You never know. I mean, you think that after a nine picture deal that they're going to set it up that way, and especially the way they kept posing him in Captain America two, holding the shield. Yeah. I think um, Captain America 3 is going to be a real big jump start for something like that. That's where we're going to see that, I think. I agree. You know, they've introduced some characters that play a part in some of those things happening. Mm -hmm. So, all right. You guys want to talk about the uh, Incredible Hulk rumors? Let's do it. All right. These rumors, they come from uh, Drew. (laughs) I can't even fucking say this name with a straight face. Oh, Frank, I'm going to get a reaction out of you. These rumors, they come from Drew McWeeny. <laughs> wow, you called that shit like Babe Ruth. Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> you set it up. I totally did. <laughs> Drew McWeeny over at HitFix. What, what was his name again? <laughs> Drew McWeeny. <laughs> Can you spell that? <laughs> M-C-W-E-E-N-Y. Drew McWeeny. Yeah, that's, that's somebody that we're not going to have on the show anytime soon. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. Uh-huh. So, I think we're ready for the hammer time cue right yeah. here. <laughs> It'd be awesome if we had somebody else with the last name of Beans on the show. We could have the Frank and Beans Frank show. Frank and Beans. How do you get the beans about the Frank? <laughs> Drew McWeeny over at HitFix. I don't think I'm ever going to get past this sentence if I keep saying it with Frank on the show. 
<laughs> Get it uh, together, man. Get it together. Oh God, no, because, I mean, Drew McWeenie had a really... <laughs> <laughs> what I, had to, I had to rape Brian looked right behind the face. I'm gonna keep saying smiling. it until until we can get through this. Alright. <laughs> okay. So uh Good old McWeenie. <laughs> good old McWeenie. The old the old Weenster. Yeah. Making copies. Drew McGeen McWeenie. <laughs> Sounds like uh I don't know. It sounds like something on the McDonald's menu that's a hot dog. Oh, the McWeenie. Yeah, the McWeenie. For a, lim- well, for a limited time only, get oh, your McWeenie. Yeah, that brought us back to reality. That, I would not eat that shit. <laughs> Drew McWeenie over at HitFix, he says, uh, do I think there is a Planet Hulk movie in development, my Marvel? He said no. He said, do I think the fans of Planet Hulk are going to be happy between age, uh, excuse me, between Avengers Age of Ultron and Avengers 3? Yes. Without giving away why and how, let's look at the state of things for Bruce Banner at the end of Age of Ultron. Banner continues to play a key role in things in this movie. And when the final war with Ultron spills onto the battlefield and out of the virtual realm, he has a major part to play. Unfortunately, that ends with him on board a Quinjet on his way off the planet with no way to immediately turn things around. He's going to have to ride out the trip. It's pre-programmed, and he can't stop it. Drew McWeeny goes on to say, look at Frank. <laughs> I'm keeping keep, it, keep together. it together. Keep it together. Keep it together. So, yeah, McWeeny says, <laughs> now I can't stop laughing. <laughs> Here's where I'd wager his spaceship is headed, wherever the Guardians of the Galaxy are located. If I was a betting man, I'd say there will be no Hulk solo film as part of Phase 3. Instead, Banner's ship will take him to another planet where he will end up meeting the Guardians and having an adventure with them. Hulk will definitely come out to play a few times. I suspect we'll see some sequences that very much feel like they're a part of the planet Hulk story, but that the larger story will be about the Guardians finding a way to get Banner home only to end up going with him. That would be a big piece of the puzzle into place to get Thanos looking back at the Earth in time for the third Avengers film. Huh, that's interesting. I My big question is, why is he on this ship and why is it pre-programmed? You know, I, I really want to know the circumstances behind that. All right. So what do we know already about the production of Avengers Age of Ultron? We do know that there's a – well, we kind of been hinted at that rumors that there's a uh, Scarlet Witch scene where she places a hex on the Hulk. Oh, correct. And he believes that he sees the Leviathan, which basically it, he f- starts to freak the fuck out to where we think that maybe the Avengers have to have a talk and take him down and maybe they are the ones responsible for him being put on the Quinjet. They exile him just like in uh, World War Hulk, basically. Right. Maybe, okay. They kind of set it up in the first film that Nick Fury had built that container to contain the Hulk. Yeah. Maybe that container is aboard the Quinjet now and the Hulk is inside that. It's pre-programmed to go out into deep space. Just get rid of him. Gotcha. Because, I mean, you know, he's probably, you know, I mean, the Hulk can destroy a city easily. (laughs) 
And I mean, maybe that's what we're going to get in this movie. The Hulk is too much of a threat at this point. They don't know how to contain Scarlet Witch, her hex, this whole thing. Let's get him off the fucking planet. And that's going to lead us into like a uh, World War Hulk slash Planet Hulk fucking story where he, you know, some we see some elements of that story and he meets the Guardians. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if he'll become the king of a planet like he did in that storyline. Yeah, and everything. exactly. Hulk in space. Are we excited for that? Absolutely. Hulk in space. <laughs> I'm totally excited. Yeah. For that. Yeah, it's good stuff. And if he like encounters the Guardians and they're the ones that have to bring him back, that's exciting and that's a cool tie-in. That is a cool tie-in. Hopefully, I mean, a lot of this hinges on the Guardians doing doing well. Yeah. I mean, if it's a flop, they're not going to continue forth with these plans. I can't see this movie flopping, man. No. I'm just saying. I know, but like, you know, I know you're saying, but it's like I think like it's got a lot of steam behind it right now. I do. Yeah. I I don't know though. Maybe I'm just too like. Uh, my, I'm too focused and I'm too into this shit where I read up on it every week that maybe like I'm blinded and I'm not like your regular average moviegoer. Yeah, do, does average people even know what this is and that it's coming? You know, I don't what, think Marvel's done a great job of like uh, with Rocket Raccoon as far as advertising it towards kids. I don't think they've done a good job so far. No, they could be doing better. <laughs> a lot of the people's favorite parts of Avengers were the funny bits, like when Hulk beat the shit out of Loki. Yeah. And when they, they see these trailers for the Guardians of the Galaxy. McQueenie. It... <laughs> Sorry. I got it. I got it. I'm good. Well, jerk move. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, um, I think they're, these trailers are fun. I mean, they've got Chris Pratt, you know, I, I'm Star-Lord, man. I mean, they're playing the music. It's it's fun. People are gonna know that it's fun. They know that Marvel can make a fun movie, so I think that they're really gonna jump for it. Yeah, hopefully they come in droves. Yeah, but I think that they should do a better job of like. Not, I know they're sparing us a lot of Rocket Raccoon, but I think like for the kids, they need to show a little bit more of a raccoon with guns. Yeah, maybe a week after it comes out, they'll really push that stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I think they want to have a good jump. I mean, I think opening weekend, I mean, that's yeah. where you're going to uh, have people coming out in droves. I think maybe like they need to have some better TV spots with Racket Raccoon to like get people to get butts in seats. Yeah, I agree. So, I don't know. I'm kind of glad they're holding back a little bit myself. I mean, I- I'm sure that those trailers are coming because you can tell they're purposely being you – know, they're they're – Letting him out sparingly. Yeah. And everything that I've read or looked at, he seems like one of the funnest, most interesting characters. Yeah, there's a lot we're not seeing. They show very little in those yeah. Guardians trailers. Yeah. yeah. And I think we'll probably get a little bit more of it the closer it gets. They, they don't want to do it too far out and have people forget and not care. Did you guys hear anything more about Hulk, or was that everything? That That's pretty much there? all I heard, that they were going to tie it to a, a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah. And we were going to see them try to get Hulk back to Earth, and that would be the catalyst for why Thanos was involved with the Avengers. Now we'd possibly see um, an Avengers Guardians of the Galaxy meet and greet in Avengers 3, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, awesome shit, man. All right, there's a new Guardians of the Galaxy uh website that's promoting the movie but uh makes it makes the website the page looks like a travel service uh the website is the galaxygetaways.com and there's a fun little promotional video at the beginning as well as a destinations page that includes xandar which is the home of the nova corpse uh the uninhabited planet of morag and the mining colony Nowhere, which is controlled by the Collector, which we all know as Benicio del Toro in the films at the end of the Thor, the Dark World, um, 
And uh, there's also a street view mode where you can walk through the streets of the different worlds. They have uh, two games you can play. There's a quiz game, and then there's an I Am Groot game where you try and spot Groot. It's kind of like Where's Waldo, I guess. That's cool. Um, I want to play the audio from the promotional video. There we go. Hawaii. Tahiti. The Bahamas. Some of the most beautiful destinations on Earth look like sh- <laughs> compared to the rest of the galaxy. How do we know? Because we've been there and done that. And now your journey is our job. At Galaxy Getaways, the universe's premier travel company, we specialize in taking you beyond the ordinary vacation destinations of Earth. Leave it all behind and travel to the galaxy's most exotic locations. Experience six-star luxuries. Explore ancient ruins. Party like an outlaw in a city that never sleeps. Take the vacation of your dreams now with Galaxy Getaways, the only way to get away. You're welcome. Yeah, so like uh, you go to the website. Are you there, Jake? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, you go to the website, they have that, and then I think, uh, what is it, under... Uh... Welcome to the Galaxy Getaways. There's also like a, uh, I think there's also like another clip, and I'm going to play that really quick. Weight of the world on your shoulders. Here's a remedy. Leave Earth and your troubles behind. Welcome to Galaxy Getaways, your celestial chaperones. Allow us to pamper you on your journey among the stars. You'll see sights previously only imagined and meet life forms like none other. Before you explore the galaxy, take a moment to explore our FAQ section and familiarize yourself with the only way to do recreational space travel. No, really, we are the only way to travel. Due to intergalactic travel authority regulations and the various customs and appetites of extraterrestrial hosts, it is strongly recommended that pets or persons under 85 pounds do not visit planets marked with an asterisk. <laughs> Whoa, that was kind of freaky. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, they have uh, past traveler comments on the page as well, which are sometimes pretty funny. Like David B. from Barcelona, who visited Morag, said, It's like visiting a national park, only no awesome views, and it's really dangerous. <laughs> So there's some really funny ones out there. Um, so check it out. It's uh, thegalaxygetaways.com, and I think it's a great site to check out to kind of get familiar with the worlds that you'll be seeing in the Guardians of the Galaxy film, especially if you're not familiar with the comics. It's a really good site to check out. It's kind of a fun viral site for fans to get. Uh, I like it when they do these. They did this kind of thing with the uh, X-Men movie recently with yeah. the Trask and in- Traskindustries.com. Yeah, yeah I, it was fun. It's fun stuff when they just do these, like, fake website companies yeah Yeah, i like this this kind of reminded me of uh total recall like the whole mars videos and shit like that or like visit saturn you know but uh back then we didn't have the internet to like kind of enjoy this shit so i think it's kind of a cool way to market it so check it out i mean especially if you're not familiar with the guardians of the galaxy you know you'll get introduced to these three worlds and and some of the characters that you might encounter and things like that it's it's really fun it's uh the galaxygetaways.com God, these backdrops look gorgeous for this movie. Yeah, I, nowhere looks amazing. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah, you should definitely check it out. You get lots of visuals from the, all the um, set design yeah. from all the places. Yeah. 
So I thought it was really cool. Um, more Guardians of the Galaxy news since we're talking about it. Total Film, they released more descriptions about the Guardians of the Galaxy film. Uh, Kevin Feige was in Barcelona and was showing clips from the movie. Here's what Total Film reported. In, in the several clips shown out of context and occasionally with unfinished special effects, it was Chris Pratt's Peter Starlord Quill who took center stage. The first sequence was set in 1988 as an eight-year-old Quill storms out from his house following an argument with his parents. He's barely had a chance to fall on his knees and start weeping before he's taken away from the misty night by an alien spacecraft that suddenly blinks into view. The only possession he has with him, a backpack loaded with 80s memorabilia, including his Walkman. That's awesome. Yeah. Following that, we leap 26 years ahead to the abandoned planet of Morag for a fuller look at the, sa- at the scene that has been a key fixture of the trailers. As Quill, now in Chris Pratt form, is on the hunt with an orb to steal, geysers pop and splutter as rain lashes the dusty red planet, home to the remains of a lost civilization, like ruins of a cosmic Rome. Quill uses what looks like a high-tech torch to survey the area as it once was in an augmented reality style. With his trademark helmet vanishing digitally at the touch of a button, Quill slips on his headphones to dance his way towards his prize. (laughs) Very fucking cool. Yeah. Um, Puncturing the faux sci-fi seriousness on the setup, it's a brilliant showcase for Pratt, who demonstrates his likability further in his now infamous run-in with Jaiman Hansu's Korath, after making his jet-booted escape, which we've all seen that in the trailer, yeah. Pratt's back in the ship, revealing a Captain Kirk-ass side when a red-skinned alien girl, who'd he forgotten was still there, appears from below decks. <laughs> his escape was clearly not all that successful, as the next clip we were shown had Quill being flung into prison alongside the others that will go on to make his team in the future Gamora, who's played by Zoe Saldana, Drax, Dave Batista, and then Rocket Raccoon, voiced by Bradley Cooper, and of course Groot, voiced by Vin Diesel. Over the course of, of the prison sequence, Rocket was something of a standout, with Cooper adopting a not hugely recognizable drawl for the cute but deadly troublemaker. He's the one who's scheming up a plan to get the gang out of prison, although he's not averse to winging it or throwing a curveball as when the situation dictates. There's also a hint what makes Rocket such an angry little fella. As the gang are being processed into prison, Quill is stripped down to his briefs and blasted with red gunk, showing off his six-pack that got so much attention after it was glimpsed in the trailer. He spies Rocket, also clothesless, but, you know, covered in fur, and sees metal nodes that are attached to the little guy's back, a reminder of the genetic experimentation he's been subjected to. Mm. Also standing out was Groot, a tree being who can grow and alter his shape at will. As the situation requires... At one point, an arm is puffed into a bunch of twigs to use as a pr- uh, protection uh, against machine gun fire, as he can also extend his weight to reach important items. He also steps up to defend Quill from the attention of a hulking space brute, lifting the aggressor skyward via his nostrils, and even in the limited footage we saw, there was a good sense of the range that Groot gets out of the only three worlds, uh, only three words he can speak. I am Groot. 
And while Zoe Saldana's emerald skin badass wasn't at the forefront of the footage, Gamora felt like the straight up badass of the group. Though even she still gets a few scratching, uh, scathing one-liners. I'm going to die surrounded by the biggest idiots on the planet. <laughs> During the prison escape, Gamora demonstrated her superhuman ass-kicking abilities as the quintet pulled off their haphazard plan. The choreography of the whole sequence was impressive, not only in how it juggled the roles of the Guardians, but also the innovative action itself, particularly when a sneaky bit of hot wiring by Rocket renders the prison's anti-gravity tech useless and the ever-present humor. Following the escape sequence, we were also shown an excerpt from a later scene when Quill is being held captive on Yandu, uh, Yandu's uh, ship, which is played by Mako Rooker uh, from The Walking Dead. Yeah. James Gunn specifically um, added Yandu to it to get Michael Rooker in it. That's awesome. He wasn't originally in the treatment, and he petitioned to get that in there. Yeah, well, uh, I, I know Michael Rooker was originally wanting to do the voice of Rocket. Yeah, that was that was a thing for a minute. So this had to, yeah. So that kind of like brought this all together. That's pretty cool. Um, Quill was brought up. Uh, Quill was brought up by Yandu's people as evidence in their red leather garb. The same type Quill was sporting at the beginning of the film. We didn't see enough of Rooker's performance to get a true sense of the character, but he looked awesome with bright blue skin and a red mohawk. The scene took a sudden shift when Rocket appeared to save the day in a particularly unsubtle manner with some ridiculously heavy-handed negotiating tactics. His failed attempt at a rescue leads the entire group to be taken hostage. I didn't have it. I didn't have time to work out the the minutia of the plan. He grumbles. Uh, let's see here. This <laughs> sounds like a lot of rocket time. That's exciting. Yeah. So a lot of stuff that we're not seeing in the trailers now, we're going to get a lot of rocket in the movie. It sounds like. Yay. This led to the final piece of footage we were shown as the gang looking at their seemingly hopeless fate, decide to stand up and do something to stop Ronan, the accuser and his nefarious plans. The villain and details of his plan were kept off screen. It's Quill, evidently, growing from the earlier scenes, who rouses the team to action with a stirring but not saccharine speech. While it could have been cheesy, Pratt's delivery of this speech and the smartly scripted dialogue kept it on the right side of the emotive. And, as ever, Rocket's on hand to puncture any potential pomposity. He says, what the hell? I don't have that long of a lifespan anyway. Them being a raccoon. Yeah, I, we've heard that line in the trailer, actually. <laughs> right. And with that, the footage, footage wrapped with Fahey promising that it leads to one of the biggest and best final battles in any Marvel film. As impressive as the action was, think the dusty, weathered sci-fi reality of Firefly on a much bigger scale. It's actually this bunch of characters we're excited to spend more time with, just as Iron Man's secret weapon was having a hero who is more interesting outside of the suit. Guardians promises characters that you'll be invested in before the explosions start. Roll on with the summer. So that was that was uh, the information that came from uh, Total Film. Total Film. So yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's going to open up in the United States August first, and I think uh, just it's a couple weeks away. Yeah, and in the UK on July thirty first. Those so. lucky bastards. Yeah, they get it two days before us. So. Yeah, pretty awesome. Can't uh, wait for it. Can't what, wait either. You guys excited by what you heard there? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. 
I've been worried that Rocket wasn't going to get much time the way the trailers have been. I mean, I agree they're not um, using him for the advertising the way they should. Yeah. Which, it, you know, we don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing kind of until we see the movie. Absolutely. But from everything that you read from that total film preview, it sounds like there's a lot of Rocket. Sounds like a lot of Rocket. I just hope it's uh, enough right now to get some butts and seats on opening weekend. I yeah. want it to, like, blow everything out of the water that opening weekend. Yeah, me too. I hope it's the biggest movie of the summer. hope it beats Transformers. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, I hope so. I one hope one can dream. Yeah, wishing one hand, shit in the other. See yeah. what <laughs> fills up first. One can dream, you never know. It's going to be IMAX 3D too. Yeah, that's true. It is IMAX 3D, so they're going to get some extra money that way from people seeing it in IMAX 3D, which I, that's the way I'm going to see it because like, like when they first look at Nowhere yeah. in IMAX 3D in the trailer, it looks fucking amazing. Oh, yeah, it does look amazing. All the space shots in the IMAX 3D look so great. Yeah, they do a really good job, so... Yeah, Frank, being being somebody that's not too familiar with the Guardians, is this something that you're looking forward to? Honestly, is yeah. it something that you're like, wow, I got to see this? Oh, yeah, big time, big time. Uh, I'm a fan of Chris Pratt's. I've watched him on Parks and Recreation. Um, and even, you know, just little bits that I've heard from you guys and, you know, stuff that I've seen from the trailer, he's going to be able to pull off a uh, smarmy kind of pirate type you know, it, he's going to be funny. He's going to yeah. be engaging. Uh, Rocket's interesting. I had uh, done a little bit of looking online, you know, at stuff. Not never really even read the comic at all, but right. he he seems like a badass character. And then uh, just it, it's a it's an awesome group of people. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see how it all comes together because it seems like a it, you know it, they play it off. Like it's gonna be a train wreck because it's not the movie, but you know the cast of characters. Oh yeah, no. and I want to see that. Yeah, they're like the bad news bears. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, you got uh, what? What's his name in Glenn Close uh, talking about how this is not a good idea? Michael Michael C. Riley. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can't wait. John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Yeah. Yes. I'm really excited. I can't wait. Calling him a bunch of a holes, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My question to you, Jake. Yeah. Do you think that okay with Rocket Raccoon? Do you think that they are gonna have him? Somewhere in the movie saying, and I know that kids are going to be watching this film, do you think that they're going to have Rocket Raccoon saying, Blammo, you're dead? No. You don't think so? I don't think we're going to get a Blammo, you're dead. <sighs> would, would you, wouldn't you love to see it, though? I would love to see it. Oh, but... my God. I just want to see him blasting aliens and saying, Blammo, you're dead. You're dead. You're dead. I murdered you. I, you know what I mean? <laughs> I murdered you. Yeah. 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 I don't think we're going to see it. Oh God! Maybe though, I could be wrong. It seems like the kind of thing James Gunn would do. Just throw it out there one time. It's not like he's going to say it the whole movie, but maybe just one time to give us like that. The more, the merrier. Though I I know, I I I really want eight times. Me too. Me too. (laughs) That would be great. Uh, One can dream. I know. Hopefully, that's the state, like the big scene that everyone's freaking out about. Yeah. Just from the trailers, though. I mean, I'm getting the idea. I mean, he's he's an insane motherfucker. I mean, you see him behind the the the. uh, He's piloting a jet, screaming as he's shooting at something. Ah! I mean, I'm fucking excited. And he's considered one of the smartest war strategists in the Marvel universe. Yeah. As far as making, you know, drawing battle plans, that's like his big thing. He's a good tactician. Yeah. Absolutely. Sweet. So I can't wait to see like the chemistry between him and Groot. Two CG characters with chemistry. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, we, we don't get to see that a lot. You, you see it in Star Wars between R2 and C3PO, but I mean, even there, that's practical effects. These are two CG characters like interacting with one another. Like, you know, Rocket can understand Groot. This is going to be cool. I wonder I if we're going to get the backstory behind, um, 
how Rocket got Groot because Rocket saved Groot and he's right. the last of his planet and everything. Yeah. And they're like best buddies basically. Yeah. And uh, like Rocket's not from Earth. He's just from like a planet where they, they happen to look like raccoons. Exactly. So, I mean, I hope they explain that too because like people are probably thinking like, why the fuck is this Rocket, this raccoon even talking? Yeah. Where did he get his abilities exactly. from? Is it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle raccoon? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Was he infected with mutagen or something? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy, man. That's that's my most anticipated film, that and Dawn, which we're going to do Dawn of the Planet of the Apes next week. But. That's exciting. Yeah. So, all right. You guys want to move on to some DC news? DC news. All right. El Miambe from uh, Latino Review, he tweeted, uh, hot, San Diego, hashtag San Diego Comic-Con 2014 rumor, the DC Warner brothers panel will show a hot clip from batman v superman dawn of justice find your spot at hall h right now so apparently they're gonna have the first teaser trailer for batman v superman dawn of justice at san diego comic-con so yeah it's gonna be huge and um be on the internet that day because I'm sure that we'll maybe some cell phone footage might leak and we might see it. Definitely. It won't be too hard, I bet. It's a lot harder now these days to see it than it was back in like the Iron Man day when, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr. Cause I remember seeing that like off of cell phone footage like instantly. Yeah. And now it's like a lot harder to see it because I think they, they do make sure that people aren't going in there with cell phones and recording. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I'm sure someone will get it. Well, I mean, uh, you can read descriptions, but yeah, somebody will get it. Somebody will get it. It'll be up. They'll take it down. It'll be up. They'll take it down. So yeah, yeah. It's always a fun weekend with the Comic Con, trying to find all those videos and descriptions and everything. Oh, I know. I remember. Uh, yeah, when Iron Man came out, dude. Fucking uh, that first film, and they talked about like I read a description of the trailer, and then I got on the internet, and I was just like scouring the internet to find it, and I finally found it and what had me hooked is like that cave scene where like the guy shot him and yeah. the bullet ricocheted and killed him yeah i was like holy shit this is gonna be awesome and then they show the jericho bomb yeah. and like you know stark talking about the jericho and i was just like oh my god i cannot wait to see this the dialogue's good the time the, the comedic timing is there you know robert downey jr is totally selling me on stark i cannot wait to see this movie yeah that first teaser was great for <laughs> iron man i i have the same reaction the dialogue was so witty and quick yeah. and the action looked brilliant so yeah can't wait for uh the batman v superman trailer i hope it lives up to uh I don't know. I don't know. What is it going to live up to, really? Yeah, it has nothing know. to live up to in my mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, I don't know what I'm expecting out of it at this point because I, I know what we get with Goyer and Snyder. Um, I want them to kind of go into a different direction than they did in the last film. I mean, I understand the tone of the last film and why it was that way. Yeah. But I want this tone to be a little bit different. Yeah. We'll see, huh? What are they going to show us? Obviously, what everyone wants to see is a scene with Batman and Superman interacting yeah. and in what way they're going to be interacting. Yeah. So let's see it. Yeah, I mean, the first Age of was the first Age of Ultron teaser trailer was like no footage from the film. It was just like they showed like the the mask the changing. Mask. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To like the uh, well, they hadn't even filmed at that point. Yeah, they just recorded some voiceovers and stuff like that. But like you know, they've been filming this. Yeah. What does that sound? I have no idea what that sound is. Oh, I think somebody flushed the toilet. 
<laughs> they flushed us. Maybe maybe Drew McWeenie's up there. <laughs> yeah, shaking his Drew McWeenie. Shaking his weenie. His McWeenie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that made me lose my concentration. Yeah. So... All right, uh, let's see here. Latino Review, uh, speaking of DC rumors, they posted a new rumor that has three new villains possibly joining the already crowded Batman v Superman Donna Justice film. Just what that movie needs more characters. More characters. My yeah. God. Let's, uh, let's get eight more characters in Exactly. It. It's just, just cram this motherfucker full of characters. I think it needs Plastic Man to truly be Batman v yeah. Superman. Yeah. We need Plastic Man in there. Maybe the Wonder Twins. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely <laughs> the Super Dog. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Crypto. Yeah, Crypto the Super Dog has yeah, to be in this. Crypto. Or it won't be complete. No, absolutely not. We have to have Crypto in there. So. Lobo. Lobo. Yeah. Maybe uh, Jason Momoa can play both Lobo and Aquaman. That oh, won't be confusing. There you go. I still can't believe he's Aquaman before Lobo. That's nuts. Yeah. We'll it's s- happening. We'll see how I that know. is. I'm not too afraid of that. You know he still hasn't confirmed it yet, though? Yeah, hmm. I know. Everybody, every other news outlet has confirmed it except for Jason Momoa himself. So, <laughs> all right, so we got three new villains possibly joining the already crowded Batman v Superman. Victor Zaz, a serial killer uh, with a penchant for knives and a habit for of uh, car- carving his kill tally into his own body. He first appeared in the comics in the early 90s and was seen in Batman Begins. He's also in the recent video games Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. We also get Rumors of Morgan Edge, uh, who has been around in the comics since the 70s and rebooted a few times, generally as a media mogul, uh, but also as part of the alien-powered mob organization Intergang. The current comics version is the owner of the Daily Planet, with some qualities seemingly inspired by the news international phone hacking scandal. Hmm. We also get David Kane, an assassin who first appeared in comics in the late 90s, and who helped train young Bruce Wayne and has been an associate of Reyes Agul and the League of Assassins. They also mention a very powerful antagonist, which many are speculating to be Darkseid, huh. the ruler of the parademons that wants to rule all of existence by enslaving the universe. He is a villain that, with his intelligence, strength, and resources, can take on the entire Justice League. Um, for our listeners that are not familiar with Darkseid, you've heard us talk about him before, um, but uh, you should be familiar with this character. He's basically to the Justice League what Thanos is to the Avengers. Yes, definitely. I wanted to play this clip from uh, WatchMojo.com about Darkseid so you can kind of get an idea of what you'll be seeing in the film if you're not familiar with the character. Look, a transmission's coming in. Dark side. Sorry to intrude, super friends, but I have some bad news for you. This evil god is one of Superman's greatest enemies. Welcome to WatchMojo.com, and today we will explore the comic book origins of Dark Side. Let's go. As with most comic book characters, there are often reimaginings and different versions to a character's past. We have chosen to primarily follow the storyline which unfolded in 1971's The Forever People No. 1, which was then expanded upon in The New Gods No. 1. In his first major appearance, Darkseid was revealed to Superman as the most powerful menace threatening the universe. The tyrannical leader of the planet Apocalypse, he is a being of massive power only interested in acquiring the means to end any and all life in the universe. A mysterious new threat, his origins and motivations were elaborated on in The New Gods Number 1, 
That comic started from the very beginning by exploring how Darkseid and the other new gods, both good and bad, were created in the aftermath of the old gods, who perished in an epic battle against evil. While the war cost the old gods their lives and the life of their massive homeworld, their destroyed planet's rubble eventually formed two new planets. After eons had passed, new gods eventually spawned on the planet's surfaces. One of the two planets became a lush utopia on which the gods built a golden land called New Genesis. The other planet remained a desolate world filled with evil called Apocalypse, which came under the rule of a powerful new god named Darkseid. While New Genesis housed the actual origin source for all life, a power called the Life Equation, Darkseid eventually dedicated himself to seeking the opposing equation, which would have the power to eliminate life entirely. When New Genesis's bravest warrior god Orion discovered this threat, he journeyed to Apocalypse to defeat the rising evil. Meanwhile, on Apocalypse... However, once he arrived, he discovered that Darkseid had ventured to planet Earth, discovering that the anti-life equation was actually formed within the mind of an unsuspecting human. Once on Earth, Darkseid built the Mass Detector Unit, a device capable of scanning the minds of all humans. Before he could enact his plan, he was followed to Earth by Orion, who confronted Darkseid about his intentions to break the long-held peace between the two god planets. After being defeated and returning to Apocalypse, Darkseid continued to seek out the means to gain the anti-life equation. As a result, he created such things as his notorious Fear Machine, which could zap terror into his victims and waged regular campaigns against the Earth. After several battles with Orion, Darkseid was revealed to be his estranged father, turning their battles into a family feud. Despite this link, Darkseid eventually killed Orion. However, he soon found himself opposed by a new enemy, Superman and the other members of the Justice League. A being that lives outside the rules of time and space, Darkseid, like the other new gods, didn't just get created by the life equation, but gained his power from living near to it. This made him and those like him all but immortal, invulnerable, and super strong. Moreover, Darkseid is telepathic, incredibly intelligent, and controls advanced technology. Among his greatest powers is the Omega Effect, which lets him focus energy from his eyes to teleport or destroy his targets. Impressive. No one has ever avoided my Omega Beam. During his many battles, his only weakness has been revealed to be a rare substance called Radeon, meaning that Superman himself can do little more than slow him down. Had enough? Not quite. Yet. Over the years, Darkseid has appeared in various media, ranging from the countless DC comics to crossovers and various cartoon series, eventually appearing as the villain in the 10th season of Smallville. Are you a fan of the stone-faced god with the Annihilation obsession? Would you like to eventually see him battle Superman and the Justice League on the big screen? For more exciting comic book origins, be sure to subscribe to WatchMojo.com. He's escaping. All right. So I think that was a good way to kind of like introduce some of our listeners to Dark Side. Kind of a cool origin story so we know what we're up against. I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? That's the best way to explain like the, uh, you know, the weight that this guy has in the fucking uh, DC universe, man. He is obsessed with power, yes. and obsessed with annihilation. Right. So he's a big threat. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think that uh, Thanos was, like, kind of, like, built around this guy. Yeah. So. One of Kirby? Didn't Kirby create? Yeah. I yeah. think you're right. Dark side? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, 
it, it makes sense. I mean, the natural progression of like the Justice League. I mean, this is going to be the big bad. I mean, it makes sense that you might tease him. Like, if since this is sounding like a prequel to the Justice League, like this is going to be the big bad that they go against. Yeah, definitely. He's the first big bad they threw against the Justice League when they did the New Fifty Two relaunch. Yeah, yeah. So. When Jim Lee was doing it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it makes total sense that this is going to be the big bad that they go against. So. Yeah, Dark Side, man. I, I I can't wait to see Dark Side. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, you think he's going to be all CG or? I don't know. I don't know. I bet um, what happens in Avengers and how that pulls off might dictate what they do a little bit. Yeah, if we think that's hokey or not, you know. Yeah, wait to see how Brolin's performance is in that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I can't wait, man. If that's true, but what do you think about like we've got the other, the other. Uh, three villains that are joining this it sounds like uh why would you have zazaz in it that's weird to me i know um are we gonna see just bat you know is that gonna be just like is this just stuff that's gonna be like based in uh gotham just gotham stuff i can't imagine zazaz in metropolis yeah so i mean uh, we're gonna get i know they're filming gotham in detroit for the movie which i mean the the nolan films they were all filmed in chicago so we're gonna have a different look to gotham yeah, since it's filmed in Detroit, I mean, I I, I don't know. I mean, are we going to see just Batman taking on regular thugs in this? Yeah, I don't know. I, I've been wondering. A big question of mine is how much solo Batman are we going to see in this movie? Right. Yeah. So Batman being Batman by himself, as opposed to like you know interacting with Superman. God, this movie is going to be so long. I can <laughs> smell it now. It's going to be definitely over two hours. Yeah, I would say over two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, definitely over two and a half. So it's going to be a big movie. I don't know. Um, sounds like they got too much crammed in here already, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Batman and Superman, that's all we need. Why do we need all this other shit? Wow. I don't know. I don't know. Why do we need all this other shit? It's a lot of shit. What do you think, Frank? Uh, I've read something recently. I don't know if it's something you were going to bring up that may call bullshit on all of it. Well, bring it up. I uh, was looking around, and MovieWeb.com listed this on July 3rd. We just received an interesting tip from an anonymous source deep within the Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice production. This comes just moments after we posted a story about the introduction of three new lesser-known heroes in the movie. Badass Digest has gotten their hands on a PDF that claims to be the legitimate shooting script, and in it, there are a number of new secondary characters and locations. This comes hot on the heels of Latino Review claiming four new villains, like you said, were going to appear alongside Lex Luthor. Well, guess what? If we're to believe the email we just got our hands on, not only is the script fake, it was written by Kevin Smith. Yes, that Kevin Smith, the guy who has been dropping Batman v Superman hints since the film was announced. The same guy who is best friends with Bruce Wayne himself, Ben Affleck. Which, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Which we found out from every listener out there that that's a, that's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. These guys don't really talk and for the last seven years they haven't been in communication really. I'm not really sure about that. No, I am now. Trust me. <laughs> after, uh, yeah, Dante, one of our listeners, sent me an email saying, like, uh, you guys uh, apparently don't listen to enough of the uh, Smodco podcast because it's really not true that these guys are best friends. So gotcha. yeah, I wanted to throw that out there. Sure. I, I double-checked a couple of different places, and they did end up having this same information. 
Uh, it says Kevin Smith wrote the screenplay in conjunction with Warner Brothers, with the studio purposely leaking the script to various movie bloggers and sites, helping to throw the scent off of what director Zack Snyder was actually attempting to accomplish with Batman v Superman. The account of events sounds pretty accurate and lines up with what we've heard before, that Warner Brothers and DC Comics were going to throw a lot of red herrings into the water. Take a look at the letter and decide for yourself if this news is true. It reads, this isn't a scoop regarding the plot or the details of the Batman v Superman movie, or am I writing you in order to spoil or disappoint the general public? My insider info regards a who has been the source of the vast majority of leaked information as regards to the movie and more importantly, why. Up until last year, I worked for as a PA for Warner Brothers exec until I was promoted to marketing. It was here I and several others were approached to work directly and indirectly for Suzanne Knoll and sometimes Deborah Snyder. It was here that I became a part of a particular strategy that Warner Brothers has been using to great effect. Early this year, a screenplay for Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, which was commissioned by Warner Brothers, was leaked to several gossip sites. It was a scanned PDF of the entire screenplay, barring the official Warner Brothers watermark. This script has been the source of almost every leaked detail about the movie for the last six months. Holy shit. Wow. It has been posted on sites, then quickly removed due to cease and desist letters from Warner Brothers. While the screenplay is legit and the watermark is legit, and it was commissioned by Charles Roven himself, but it is written by neither David S. Goyer or Chris Terrio. It was written by Kevin Smith. Late last year, both Charles Roven and Zack Snyder approached Kevin Smith with an early treatment for the film, and it was Kevin Smith who came up with the idea to write an entire screenplay based on it, but with several huge red herrings and changes which do not appear in the final film. Whoa, sneaky motherfucker. Yeah, that is crazy. These include plot points and characters, etc., etc., and leak it online. This script was distributed by myself and others to gossip sites and movie sites like Ain't It Cool, Latina Review, Movie Pilot, etc., etc. My job was to pose as a worker at Warner Brothers who was leaking the screenplay. There were several others involved who posed as recently fired members for, of the production, interns, and special effects artists, and we all spread the misleading info around the web. None of this was done maliciously and was a strategy to misdirect much of sites that intended to spoil the film. So that's the end of the letter. And it says, so nothing we've heard except information in official press releases has been true about Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice leading up to this point in time. This is fucking great. I love this. I don't give a fuck if Kevin Smith is uh, like a fucking, uh, you know, tricking everybody right him and snyder i'm I think glad it's, i'm glad too oh shit it makes sense why all of this bullshit seems like crap what are you thinking jake that's i'm just looking at this it's nuts that that um warner brothers would hire him to make a fake script so just you know so it'd be good enough to be believable as a yeah. real script i guess yeah so. I, I call it window that blown. yeah exactly I'm like reporting this like this is like uh you know like a legitimate rumor and it sounds like yeah like Warner Brothers is uh basically just saying uh people are running rampant with rumors anyway yep. let's throw out some red herrings here and let's see uh if these big you know fucking media outlets take the nibble and Latino Review and Total Film and all these fucking you know media outlets are, are running with it right none of this is confirmed yet though right 
and that that's supposed to come out in the next day or so when he gets a chance to talk about it. But I mean, I'm excited. I hope it's true. Hmm. And there's a couple of different sites that posted this. It's not just one location. So. Yeah, regardless of even if this is true, we do still know that they're cramming so much into this. It's not yeah. fake that we're having Wonder Woman in this movie. It's not right. fake that we're having Cyborg in this movie. Right. It's not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we've got official cast announcements. Ray Fisher, Gal Gadot. Yes. You know, I mean, they're in the movie. So. so I mean, there's, you know, whether or not they don't have Zazaz or not, they yeah. still have a lot to juggle. Right. That is fascinating, though. It gives me a little bit of hope. Yeah. That's crazy. Kevin Smith, again, writing a script for a superhero movie that will never see the light of day. Yeah, the Superman movie that he wrote. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? They Didn't they want – direct? they wanted him to direct it. But like yeah. Yeah, yeah, at the end of that movie, didn't they want Superman to battle a spider? I, I have no idea. <laughs> I think I seriously like Kevin Smith was talking about this like years ago and like I think it was it the it wasn't the Nick Cage one was it Yeah it was It was it was yeah. the Nick Cage one and they wanted Superman at the end of the film to battle a spider <laughs> Wow well, Nick Cage is a huge fucking Superman Oh fan. giant yeah he named his kid Kal-El, Kal-El. Yeah. yeah and like he at one time owned like the highest graded action comics number 1 Yeah at one time so wow. He sold that bitch Yeah so now when Whatever Kevin Smith has to say about this, do you believe him? If he says, "Yeah, I did it," or "No, I didn't do it," do you believe him? No, I, I, you know. Do you just kind of throw it all in a blender and be like, "What the fuck ever"? Let's just wait till the movie comes out. I say, why am I getting news about Batman v Superman from Kevin Smith? Well, that makes sense. Why? <laughs> yeah. It's even worse now that it's may- maybe just him being hired by Warner Brothers to stir around fake news. Yeah. So confirmed by Kevin Smith means that it could be fake. That just doesn't sound like something Kevin Smith would do. Actually, he did it once before. Believe he made you, a Superman Lives This script. story just hit the other day, and you know Kevin Smith. He'll have something to say about it soon enough. He'll, yeah. he'll not be quiet about a response to this. I don't think Kevin Smith knows the definition of be quiet about something. <laughs> I don't know. I think like maybe after like the movie's released, he'll come out with like the truth. But I don't know. It's so bizarre. It this whole bizarre. thing is bizarre. I don't know what to believe anymore. I'm all disoriented and shit. I think I need to lay down on your floor, Jay. <laughs> That's okay. Let's have nap time. Seriously, nap time. I feel dizzy. All right. Um, any last thoughts on DC news? No, no. All right. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll finish up with some Star Wars news, and then we're going to wrap this bitch. Uh, we're back. We're going to do some Star Wars news, of course. We can never have a show without Star Wars news. There's so. always so much. There is always so much Star Wars news, and we got a lot of it this week. So it's like Star Wars, like f- Episode Seven to me, yeah. is like a puzzle. Like we keep getting pieces. Some of the pieces don't fit. Some of the pieces do fit. So it's like we're trying to put together, like, what is this movie about? And yeah. I think we're getting closer. 
It's all from the fake Kevin Smith screenplay. Though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a fake Kevin Smith screenplay that comes out. But I think we're getting closer to figuring out everything, uh, what this story is actually about. And I think we're going to have some more news to drop this week. Yeah, so. lots of news on stuff, not just episode seven this week, too. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Star, oh, you got some shit? Well, the, the, there's some, the little bit of Boba Fett news that I heard this week. Well, I want you to tell me about it because I probably didn't get that in my notes, Chief. Gotcha, gotcha. So, all right, it's time for Star Wars news. <laughs> What a Misa say? <laughs> you were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. All right, yeah, that ends abruptly. That does. It ends very abruptly. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, there was a. Uh, I wanted to read this. I didn't know when he posted it, uh, but. Uh, one of our listeners uh, on our webpage, uh, popcultureleftovers.com, posted uh, – his name's Kenneth Lindholm, and he posted this on our page. A short comment about Max von Sydow, who Max von Sydow has been cast in the film, mm-hmm. Star Wars Episode Seven. He says uh, he has been act- – he has been action for a very long time, and one of his most famous movies is The Seventh Seal, directed by Ingmar Bergman, where he plays chess with death. It's very sad he is mostly remembered for movies like Minority Report, etc. Alas, he has acted in a variety of great movies from the 1950s. One of my absolute favorite is Jungfrachlan, Och, The Virgin Spring. <laughs> and I recommend all to watch it. I have no idea if I pronounced that correct. Yeah, I'm going to guess you did not. That no. sounded hard. Yeah. Uh, so, and he goes, and about Star Wars. The main plot will be like this. Luke Skywalker will have to travel to Tatooine to find his origin and why his father went on the dark path. To f- to find out the truth, he has to visit the same places as he did, together with Obi-Wan Kenobi as a young boy. During that path, he will find a young boy that he will train to be a Jedi and at the same time discover the hidden truth that Darth Vader was not his father, but Obi-Wan was. He had a secret relationship with Luke and Leia's mother and that Leia is not his sister, so he has to kill Han Solo so he can marry his only true love. And after he killed Han Solo, he has to turn to the dark side. And that will only happen in the first 20 minutes of the movie. Jesus. Holy fuck. That's a, that's a insane first 20 minutes yeah. of the movie. Yeah, this is not a rumor. This is just one of our listeners. This is what he thinks is going to happen in the first 20 20- That is fucking crazy. Yeah, it sounds like something true. off of Maury Povich. Mori, 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 McWeenie, true McWeenie, bitch. Wow, I don't know if I can agree with you, Kenneth. I don't know, man. That seems dark, real fucking dark. Yeah, Luke, who he thought is his sister, all over the years, finds out that Lou is not his, Leia is not his sister. So as soon as he finds out that Leia is not his sister, he instantly wants to fuck her. <laughs> that's fucked up yeah i don't i don't think that oh man that makes that means this isn't creepy anymore yeah exactly Let's i remember when she kissed me before now all i gotta do is kill han and now i can fuck her that never stopped janie lannister yeah well that's a whole different thing <laughs> star wars is supposed to be family friendly <laughs> oh man is there no purity left in this world <laughs> all right so here we go uh after uh listening to episode 48 Jake Johnson, uh, one of our listeners, uh, sent us an email. 
He says, guys, I hate to sound like a broken record, but you guys knocked it out of the park again. I love this fucking podcast. When I wake up at 3.30 a.m. before I turn my alarm clock, I check to see if this son of a bitch is downloaded for my day at work. The addition of Frank Hammer is spectacular. Look at Frank's face. Look at Adam. Aww. No, he's glowing. You're glowing. You look like a you, – no, seriously. You look like a chick who put on her prom dress. You look like you're, you're, you're ready to go out with the varsity football team captain or whatever the fuck. Lose your virginity at prom. You're wow. fucking. You're glowing right now, Frank. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm. I'm glad to hear people approve of me. Yep. He says the addition of Frank Hammer is spectacular. I don't know if Frank remembers me or not, but I love his input. You remember Jake from high yeah, school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, Frank, if I fucked with you in high school, I'm terribly sorry. And if it counts for anything, I like dick and fart jokes myself. <laughs> there you go. He's got to love this McWeenie show then. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, if some asshole lets one fly in Walmart or something, I got to run and hide because I'll die laughing. <laughs> anyway, I can't wait for Star Wars. All these rumors are grinding my gears. And uh, one of the prequels, I... I I didn't know, uh, uh, in one of the prequels, didn't Palpatine talk to Anakin about the Force being so powerful that he could teach him to bring back the dead? That could play into somehow reviving Darth Plagueis, then the Jedi Hunters. This could all turn out dark, sinister, and very, very fucking interesting. Fuck, I can't wait for this movie. If only Kevin Smith could confirm all this, I'd feel a lot better. (laughs) Anyway, keep up the great work. Fart and dick jokes for everybody. Hell yeah. So, yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah. The Dark Plagueis. We've definitely talked about yeah. that before. Yeah, it definitely could be something that they kind of throw into this movie. So. I, I agree with that. So, yeah. I'm all like, <laughs> well, they never they never touched on how old he was at the point at which Palpatine was talking about him. So who knows how old he was, you know, to begin with, if he could, if he could, you know, master life and death. How old was he? No, like in the movie, like it was said that Darth Plagueis had a uh, had a uh, Sith, uh, you know, like a, he a had apprentice, a Sith apprentice. That's right. what I'm looking for. Yeah, and the apprentice killed him. Yeah, and so they it's implied. not about his age; it's about the fact that is he dead or is he not dead. Well, right, but the name of the movie is The Ancient Fear, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, how old was he at the point at which he killed him? If he, they resurrect him. He himself would be ancient, right? Or could be? Well, yeah, if you're tying it into the title of the film. Yeah. yeah I was just talking about – yeah, I know. I understand what you're saying now. Gotcha. But um, I was just talking about how, like, um, you know, the question is, is he dead or is he not? Oh. You know what I mean? I think they'd have to resurrect him. Hmm. That's what they're talking about. Maybe the Jedi hunters are the ones that kind of, like, bring him back. Like, he's always – they, because didn't they say something about like in uh, one of the didn't wasn't there a rumor that uh, he uh, he left behind something like if he ever were to die there was a way to bring him back the emperor yeah that was in the that was in the comic books right right okay so fucking with the cords there yeah everything just is like bouncing in and out for me do this that help no it's no. A- there we go. Bounce him around a little bit. There we go. Yeah. Sorry about that. It was distracting because it kept cutting in and out. No, that's fine. All right. On to the uh, actual Star Wars news. So uh, uh, let's start off with something light Star Wars. For years, George Lucas has been wanting to build a Star Wars museum. Oh, this is exciting. In the San Francisco Bay Area, but that did not pan out for him. So he revealed 
uh, about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, that the museum, in fact, will be located in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. we can drive there really close. <laughs> exactly, we are about three hours away. Party so. bus. Mm. The Lucas Cultural Arts Museum should be up and running sometime in 2018. Yeah, and it's in Chicago. Oh man, I'm going to be there opening day. Oh god, that's going to be a nightmare. I'm not going to be there opening day. Yeah. Oh man, it'll be a nightmare opening day. And it's it's like. Uh, on lake or something, right? I mean, it's like prime property. I'm not sure where it's located. Yeah, I can't wait. I hope they have a Millennium Falcon. Oh, that'd be sweet. Oh, God, that you can walk aboard? Oh. Yes. That would be so fucking badass. Wow. Oh, my God. They need they, to have some interactive shit, too. They'd yeah. never get me out of there. I bet it's going to be state-of-the-art. I bet it's going to be amazing. Oh, Dude, wouldn't yeah. it be sweet if they you could play chess uh, like what they have in there? Oh, yeah, let the oh, Wookiee win. That'd be sweet. <laughs> Well, you know, like, they're going to have, like, C-3PO, Stormtroopers walking around, R2-D2 rolling around there, dude. It's going to oh, be a lot man. of fun. That'll be awesome. I can't wait for it. Yep. So. I wonder yeah. what admission for that bad boy is going to be. Yeah. That'll uh, be interesting. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Yeah, maybe I should. May, hey, maybe you mean you can go opening day. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's do it for sure. Fucking A. We'll find out when they open and we'll go. Frank, you can, I don't know. <laughs> It, it'd be like the show. I'll you just can invite come, myself. You can, you can come if you pay for gas and <laughs> you go out drive. Buy us lunch. Yeah. Brdd. There you go. You can, yeah, <laughs> the leftover supporter. Um, Andy Circus. No, we should get a bunch of the leftover army if they're around in the area and they want to go open. Oh, that'd day. be badass. Yeah, let's meet as many people as we can. Yeah, like opening day. Seriously, like rent a party bus. Everybody chip in. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait to see what they have. Not just Star Wars stuff too. All the Lucasfilm stuff, like yeah. the Indiana Jones oh, stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's the Lucas Cultural Arts Museum. <sighs> yeah, you know, the we can arc. we can force Jay to go up there and we can check out the the, the Willow. Willow. Yeah, <laughs> the Willow. <laughs> the Willow. Wing. The Willow. The Willow Wing. wing. Yes. Yeah. He can walk through going Mad Modigan all day. <laughs> Mad Modigan. <laughs> All right, Andy Serkis was on Conan. He was talking about the new Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, of course, which we are going to be reviewing next week on the show. But, of course, Conan, being Conan and being a Star Wars fan, had to ask him about Star Wars Episode Seven. I mean, we remember that, you know, Harrison Ford was on there and Conan offered him $1,000 to give him any information about Star Wars Episode Seven. Hilarious. Which I think is awesome. But, yeah, uh, he had Andy Serkis on and he asked him, of course, about Star Wars Episode Seven. So, um Shit. I I did not add that here. No, hold on. I'm going to find it. I got it. This is really good podcasting. <laughs> here we go. Oh, well, you'll have that. Yeah. J.J. Abrams saw footage of you uh, in uh, doing uh, motion capture and was so inspired, so impressed, that he cast you in the new Star Wars. That's right. Uh, now, we didn't know, which is very exciting... Security is so tight on that film, I don't know what it is you're doing. I don't think you're allowed to say anything. Well, actually, I'm going to spill the beans. Good, let's go. <laughs> I'm absolutely not going to spill the beans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm really sorry. I'd love to tell you all about it, but it, we are so heavily embargoed. You know, you can't even, well, you can't even go to the, uh, to the washroom with the script. You know, you, you go into a room to read the script, the CCTV cameras, you have to memorize your lines, and you go, no, I'm actually making it all up. It's not as bad as I'm saying. <laughs> But, um, but it, it, no, it kind of feels you like You just that. lie constantly, don't you? <laughs> and then this, well, that doesn't happen. Well, yes, it does. Um, the, uh, I, I'm, I'm, but I'm really, everyone's so highly, it's, uh, no, it's really exciting. Star 
this movie. I mean, it really is an amazing. I mean, you know, I was a massive fan of Star Wars, and 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 it's a real honor. And JJ's the most incredible director. He is, and a yeah. very very good friend, close friend of Matt Reeves, who directed Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. In fact, they 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 grew up together making movies. So it's a really amazing relationship. I uh, I love this Planet of the Apes series, by the way. I think it's uh, fantastic. You do an amazing job in it, uh, and so everyone should go and see Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. It's in theaters starting July 11th. Uh, don't miss it. Andy, so cool to see you again. It's You're great fa- to see you. fantastic talking to you. Andy Circus. Oh, you cut off the part, part where uh, Conan says to listen to Pop Culture Leftovers oh, Dawn yeah. of the Planet of the Apes review after seeing the movie. No, he actually said uh, make sure to check out HBO's The Leftovers. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, we get no love. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we are the uh, redheaded stepchild of the, uh, I don't know, the media. That is true. Yeah, so... Um, but yeah, pretty cool. Andy Circus, Conan. Yeah, he was very funny. I love Conan. Yeah, good times. Um, you know, uh, oh, I think there's like a uh, Planet of the Apes marathon on one of the stations coming up, like right before the movie. They're oh, gonna, the original five. They're not showing Planet of the Apes, the first one. It's like uh, they're going to do like, uh, uh, what is it? Like uh, beneath the Planet of the yeah, Apes. Yeah, beyond the Planet of the Apes. Attack Escape of the Planet. Yeah. from the Planet of the yeah, Apes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, all those are coming up. So that's kind of cool. But, yeah, back to Star Wars. Um, let's see here. Wow, I lost my place there. God, I suck this episode. Yeah, I was just going to bring up that um, the actor that played Jango Fett in episode two. Yeah, the whole IMDb thing. Yeah, the whole IMDb Go thing. Go for it, whatever. It's a bunch of bullshit. Jay. Yeah, I hope it is him. Can't trust IMDb, man. Oh, I know, but I still hope it really is him. Yeah, the really IMDb has him listed as an untitled Boba Fett film project. The yeah. original act, Jake. IMDb, you cannot trust anything that they come out with on their page because, like, you know, they'll have movies in pre-production that that aren't in pre-production up there. Yeah, you know, like Ghostbusters three has been up there. I don't know how many times, and you can't trust IMDb. Oh, I know you can't trust it. I just like the idea of hopefully someone is listening that they do that. I don't. Yeah. It, either the mask stays on, or it's this actor, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really care. Yeah. You'll care when it gets closer. Not really. I won't care if they cast somebody else. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I, it doesn't have to be that guy. Yeah. It can be somebody that looks like looks similar to him, but I don't really care because like I don't hold the prequels that dear to me. Like It has to be the same guy. You know? Yeah, I do. I mean, they're canon. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, we get different... Uh, we, get a, we got a fucking blonde James Bond right now, and I'm not like, you know giving two shits about that but i don't really care about james bond the character anyway yeah i mean that's different though the lineage for that is different yeah like it's not always trying to tell you a continual story that's true and it's a constant reboot of everything where yeah. this this isn't a reboot it's a sequel to and existing I, I, facts yeah i know and I, I don't really i'm not a big james bond fan anyway yeah so it's often really been care. said that the name james bond is like a moniker like 007 itself like it transfers from one person to another oh gotcha so. Yeah, I don't care. If they get somebody else to play him, I really won't care. As long as it's a good movie, good screenplay, I could care less if they have somebody else in there. Yeah, we'll see with that. So, uh, Kevin Smith was, I don't have a lot of news about this. If you guys know more about it, let me know, because I don't know a ton about it. But Kevin Smith was invited to Star Wars Episode 7, set in London by J.J. Abrams, and said that he was brought to tears when he saw what they were doing. Uh, he wasn't able to reveal anything, and he had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, the picture of him with the tear has been all over the place. I've seen yeah. it like a dozen times this week. Yeah. What do you, okay, all right, let's talk some shit about Kevin Smith, Jake. Come on, <laughs> I know you're waiting for it. I, I don't know. Go I for just, it. What, what, okay. It's a big news story that Kevin Smith has brought to tears. So 
I guess that means episode seven is going to be fantastic. Well, I don't. I, I'm hoping it is. Yeah, I hope so too. I agree, but I'm honestly borderline starting to get into Jake's camp about. There's Fuck just too you. no. There's just too much Kevin Smith all over the place. Why does he have to be attached to Batman and now Star Wars? Because he can't help promoting himself. That's like all he can do. Right. I mean. I like the thing that I read about how he made the fake script, and that's cool. Yeah. But like, okay, yeah, why do we? I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not that worried about episode seven. I know it's going to be awesome. I know it's going to be stellar. You know, it's Star Wars. <laughs> that's yeah. what people You've said about seen the most the people. No, hate no, the no. Well, right, but still, I mean, I, I can't see him screwing it up. <laughs> <laughs> Just the look on Brian's face. I can easily see screwing them up. It's, yeah. a, it's a very easy job to do. It would be easy to do, but I don't. I don't. I, I. I've got trust in where it's at. I, I really don't need Kevin Smith to come out and cry and say it's okay, guys. Really, it is. That's just my opinion on it. I just, guys. I mean, it's okay. Like here we go. It's a nice story. Kevin Smith is a huge Star Wars fan. He incorporates Star Wars into pretty much every movie he's ever made. Clerks. Every movie, comic books that he's done, Star Wars is a big part of a lot of movies that he's made. Chasing Amy gets brought up quite a bit. And he's a big fan. He's a very vocal fan about Star Wars. So J.J. Abrams brings him onto the set, gives him uh, probably like a childhood dream, being able to see the Millennium Falcon, all this stuff. And you guys are like, oh, that's fuck that. Fuck his little crying picture. That's exactly how I'm like. That's bullshit. <laughs> That's bullshit. I'm, I'm not quite that harsh about it. I mean, it, it, it's great that he thinks it's awesome, but no, it's uh, it, something nice happens to somebody, and you guys are just taking a shit on it. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll. Oh, get- I don't need anything more good happening to Kevin Smith. I, ho- I, I hope I read next week that he gets like an STD or something. Oh, whoa. Maybe that'll even things out because too many good things are happening to Kevin Smith. I don't need to hear anything more about Kevin Smith. No, I don't. No, have it's Kevin a really Smith nice hate. thing that happened to him. He I'm, was able to visit the set, and you guys are poo pooing on. I'm it. just kind of ambivalent about it. Yeah, that's exactly how I am about it. Sorry. <laughs> Whatever. I want you to keep your hands above the table here because if you start, uh, if your hand goes below the table, I'm going to worry that you're jacking Jake off. Oh, that's, shit. That's where you're going with this. No. No. I appreciate it, Bryce. Stroking his ego. Now you're stroking his cock, you no. son of a bitch. Well, I might just head to the fact that, I mean, there was a lot of Kevin Smith this week and all over the place. Yeah, and how much do you want to bet, even though he said he can't say anything about the movie, that in a couple of weeks we're going to be hearing Kevin Smith saying stuff about the movie? To be honest, though, I mean, that's the only thing that makes me think that there's anything legit, like, really about, you know, his emotions with it is the non-disclosure agreement. I mean, they for sure would have made him sign one. He for sure can't fucking talk about it because he'd get sued. Yeah, I've already heard him talking about seeing stormtroopers on the set and everything. Thing. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear that. So, but hmm. I don't know. I mean, my, I guess what I'm saying is my faith in the movie and its ability to do well and my ability to be entertained by it doesn't hinge upon you know Kevin Smith's opinion of it because he got to see it. Exactly. It's great that it happened with him, but I mean, so the, new, the okay, so is it? So okay, whose fault is it though? I mean, J.J. Abrams invited the guy. Why don't you? I mean, are they? Are they? Is the media not supposed to report this news? Do you think it was Kevin Smith that reported this news? I saw it on Facebook <clears throat> on his own page. Yeah, I would brag about it. Well, Jesus. yeah, 
I'm not ragging on it. He brought it up. I just, I mean, it's not that I don't care. I hate it's bringing like, it up. Hey. Every time I see Kevin Smith's fucking name in something now, I used to be excited, but now every time I fucking dread it because I got this jackass over here who fucking hates Kevin Smith, and so I feel like I can't even bring it up. Half the time, every time I hear his name, I fucking cringe because I got him over here, fucking uh, Jake Downer. Every time I bring up Kevin Smith, you got something to say about it. This poor, this guy loves Star Wars, gets to see this shit in real life. He's brought to tears over it and jake's like oh that fucking bastard let someone let someone who's not gonna live let some poor cancer kid that's not gonna live to see star wars episode 7 see this yeah. shit what does kevin smith need to see the shit for i mean i'd care more about it if it was that but i mean and really i don't i don't have any kevin smith hate but it's just kind of like okay so you saw it and you cried and it's wonderful but i mean it doesn't make me feel any it doesn't make me feel any different about the movie. It's great that it happened for him, and I'm not ragging on him by it, but I mean – No, you just, were leaning towards Jake. Well, there's a lot of <laughs> Kevin Smith all over the place. I don't need his – I mean I don't necessarily need his input on episode seven in order to make it sway my opinion at all. You know what? Fuck both of you. I need his opinion. Well, all right then. Seriously. I need <laughs> Kevin Smith's opinion. Well, I got good news for you. It's it's you're in the right camp. You're no gonna, shit. You're going to keep getting Kevin Thank Smith's you. opinion. <laughs> Seriously. I hope this fucking – train keeps chugging kevin smith choo choo motherfucker <laughs> it will that's that's where yeah. my distaste comes from oh, i, I respect it. the guy out my ass i mean he sold his comic book collection to make clerks i loved all of his movies i really don't have anything against him but you know it's just, he's all over the place oh <laughs> i can't feel sorry for the guy he's made it man yeah he's a shameless self-promoter whatever Whatever. (laughs) No, I mean, if he didn't have such a following, people wouldn't want to know this shit. But he does. If he had tears like that about Batman Superman and I could really believe and it was that it was, you know, genuine, that would be different. But I don't have any myself. I mean, yeah, everybody, you know, they could screw it up, whatever. Myself, I don't have any fears about how episode seven is going to go. I know I, I I earnestly believe that it's going to be something that I am going to enjoy. So I never had any doubts. So it's not like I need his tears to make me believe again. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, I disagree with that. I still have my doubts. Well, okay. That Frank, your opinion is your opinion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you don't have any doubts. Yeah. But now I'm leaning towards Jake. I do have doubts about episode seven. But everything else with his Kevin Smith rant and all that other shit, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> but, but I will agree that I do have some reservations about episode seven. Yeah, I exactly. Really do. I don't even if someone even I don't care who goes on the set and I see tears. I'm still until I see this movie on the screen and I like it. Yeah, then I'm not a hundred percent sold that I'm gonna right, like it. Right. Yeah. I mean, like. Um, this could be another fucking like uh this could be like a you know like d- days of future past like we 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 didn't know what we're going to get until we actually saw the film. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's how I feel about it. I mean I, I feel the same way. It's yeah. it's a I mean all these characters on the screen for the first time is it's going to be hard to pull that off and not have it seem kind of cheeky. Yeah. And have it seem serious and have it seem legit and have the threat seem real. I hope Kevin Smith's in the movie. I'm sure he will. I hope he is. <laughs> I hope he is. Brian just wants to see it to see the expression on her face. He's like, fuck you both. <laughs> this, if, if there's one movie, like the leftovers have never seen a movie together. If there's one movie I would want us to see together and like just spoil the shit out of it, it's Star Wars episode seven. Yeah, that'd be fun. Sounds good. Just say fuck it and let's see the movie together and we'll talk about it, whatever. And then we'll talk about it on the show. Like this is the one movie. Yeah. Maybe 
record us our reactions yeah. after the show. Yeah. You know, walk out and do a right Go see there on the, the midnight street. screening and shit yeah. and then record right away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got the handheld recorder. We could record That'd be bitching. right as we le- leave oh. the theater. Yeah, exactly. Because you know you talk <laughs> about it. Pop that's culture, awesome. pop culture car cast. Yeah. <laughs> we could be great. driving on the way back and yeah. just talk about it. Yeah. And that'll <laughs> be like the intro. That would be amazing. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I like it. So, yeah, IMAX, definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Um, uh, let's see here. Let's move away from Kevin Smith. <laughs> he, he won't He won't make that possible. <laughs> God. Uh, see, I, I love Kevin Smith, but it's like I uh, – that's why I get so upset at this because I, I like him so much that every time he's out there, I just – I'm like I'm dreading the podcast. Seriously, like I'm oh, totally – Don't not, be like that. No, I'm dreading I'm, – I'm dreading – like, oh, fuck Kevin. God <laughs> damn it. Now you're talking about this. Like, what next? Is he going to talk about the gem movie next? That's <laughs> like, what else? That's his fault, not ours. Ah, oh, god damn it. Anyway, Carrie Fisher's real life daughter, uh, Billy Lord, is rumored by Latino Review to have been cast in Star Wars Episode Seven. Uh, the Daily Mail had this to say about the rumor. Although her daughter, Billy Lord, who's 21, is a relative unknown, director J.J. Abrams is said to have chosen her to play a young version of her mother's character because of their visual similarities. She will even have her hair tied up in a Princess Leia-style bun. Uh, she's an aspiring actress and singer, so she grabbed the opportunity with both hands. Carrie backed the move as she wanted somebody in her family to play her most famous role. Did you guys hear about this rumor? I did hear no. about it. Um, the Thoughts? Fir- the first thing I thought was, wow, flashbacks in a Star Wars movie? Thank you. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Th- that's why I'm speculating that this is bullshit. Yeah. I don't – I highly doubt that there's going to be a flashback in a Star Wars movie. Have there ever been – There flashbacks? never has before. Yes. I know. I don't remember any flashbacks in any Star Wars movie. The only flashbacks you get in a Star Wars movie are the opening crawl. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty much the closest you get to a flashback. Right. Um, exposition is told through the dialogue of all the things happening. And if currently. anybody knows this, it's J.J. Abrams. Yeah, you so know. I, I felt the same thing. I, I smelled bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I uh, flashback scenes, especially if they're going to be taking place between episodes four and six. Yeah. If they're showing flashback scenes that take place during the beloved episodes four and six, that could tarnish that. Oh no! That is just very. At the same, it's it's ballsy and stupid at the same time. Yeah, the whole thing's stupid. I imagine Leia doing the uh, Wayne's World. Yeah, we flash back to her daughter. Right. So I don't think it's happening. No, no. If she is in the movie, she'll be in the background. I just don't see her playing a young Leia and them trying to do anything that ties in with episodes four and six. If they do, it's ballsy and stupid. No flashbacks are happening. I agree. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, Ain't It Cool News reports that they have heard that, quote, Han Solo is pretty much the main character of Episode 7, leading a galaxy-wide search party for Luke Skywalker. I cry bullshit on this, too. Really? Yeah. I mean, they're not the first ones that are reporting that he is the main character in this film, and... Okay, I think I think, bullshit. I think this could be more believable. I think this is a false rumor to get people off the scent of what's going on and would have been easy, more plausible had we not now known about the Harrison Ford injury and how little that's affecting shooting. 
I can't imagine him being the main character and them still being able to shoot so much of it on schedule as we know they are. That's the only thing that, that you know? Yeah, there's ways around that, though. Yeah, um, Star Wars does take place on different worlds and things like that. Um, but at the same time, we hear the rumor that J.J. Abrams wants to push this to 2016, yeah, we're hearing that too. So, I mean, that kind of does coincide with that. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I, I, I just, I have a hard time believing that he's going to be the main character, and then we're not seeing some kind of torch passing going on as far as main characters are concerned. You do, but like, I'm hearing a lot of people are saying that that's more towards the third act of the film. Yeah, so, and that would make sense. It's just that you know, out of the three actors, you know the uh, the, the trifecta. You've got you know you know uh, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and uh, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford's the draw. I mean, if you get this guy in the movie, he's going to be a focal point. People want to see Han, and I mean, you know, I mean, this is this is Harrison fucking Ford. Yeah. So you ha- you have him in your hip pocket, man. You know, let's let's take him out. I just feel like there's not as much mythology behind his character. I mean, he's the biggest actor, but I think of the three characters, he has the least important mythology. Yeah, but, I mean, if it is true that they're leading a galaxy-wide search party for Luke Skywalker, yeah. you probably want your tracker to be Luke, uh, to be Han Solo. Oh, exactly. Who's going to shove you into a dead alien creature? Right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and, yeah, he's got the least mythology up to this point, but maybe this is where all that changes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it's kind of the cool thing about Han is all the mystery, too. Right. Yeah. I will see. I mean, I'm not, you know, 100% sure, but I just have a hard time seeing him as the focal point. Hmm. He's not a Jedi. He has no connection to the Force. He has no connection to the Sith. You know what I'm saying? I just, I have yeah. a hard time believing he's I'm the. Just looking at that name, man, Harrison Ford. Yeah. yeah I, I, I I agree with I guess, that. You know, I don't know. I guess I'm just like blinded by the. He can be in the movie for five minutes and his name will still be first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, between Ain't It Cool News and Latino Review, both sites mentioned that Episode <coughs> Seven could be a search for Luke Skywalker, um, almost like the structure of A New Hope, where it sounds like Luke is now in the Obi Wan role. Hmm, that's interesting. So, um, a little bit of a cross between the Obi Wan and the Leia role. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um. Making Star Wars rumor, uh, making Star Wars has rumors about John Boyega's character saying, uh, the rumor is really making the rounds right now that he starts off as an evil trooper or pilot of some kind. The rumor is so rampant we are not ignoring it even though it is unconfirmed. We are kind of starting to potentially see through some ambiguity, uh, ambiguity. Still, things are murky as ever. Let's consider this piece speculatory but informed. It is more than a shot in the dark, but it is less than confirmed. So once again, we are sharing something that might make a lot of sense but could be somewhat circumstantial at the same time. That's a lot of That's a lot of jargon. About like one or two sentences. Like (laughs) Then they go on. We are starting to see the potential here <laughs> but things are kind of murky so it's speculatory but still informed it's a shot in the dark but it's less than confirmed so we're not sure but, but it's it running so rampant it's <laughs> running rampant yeah you know yeah. wow yeah just for like one fucking yeah, yeah. sentence there about john boyega john possibly boyega. being an evil trooper now hey this kind of goes back like all these rumors these are like rumors that are getting rehashed but like with different fucking characters yeah because we heard the same rumor that 
Adam Driver's character might be the one who goes evil and then uh, it was like Han and Leia pull him back from the dark side. So now we're hearing the same kind of fucking rumor with John Boyega's character. He starts off as an evil trooper and, uh, and then, of course, it, it's 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 rumored, but it, you know we're not ignoring it. It's, yeah. not, it's a, all that, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny stuff. I don't know. Um, it's hard to say. I've seen the pictures, some of the leaked pictures yeah. of Boyega, yeah. where he looks like he's in a very bad mood. Yeah, which yeah. might insinuate that he's a bad character, right? But I mean, that's, it's all just guesswork. So they got, they're going to go on to say they say uh, we have heard that Boyega starts the film on the side of the villains. Boyega is shot down over Tatooine and is injured from the crash. That th- we talked about this. Mm-hmm. The, the things that we have heard from the Abu Dhabi about a crash ship is rumored to have been Boyega's fighter. Now Daisy Ridley, who's also in the film, she rescues him from the wreckage and the elements of the sandy planet. Over the course of their unlikely pairing, Boyega sees the reality of the universe and he defects from the side of the villains and decides to help Daisy Ridley for saving his life. However, things are not easy for the character because unlike most of the rebels we've met in the series, none were traitors. They were always on the side of the right from the beginning. Mm. So this kind of lines up with some of the things that we've heard about production from the film. Like, you know, they saw like scattered parts strown around like the, the Abu Dhabi set, uh, you know, mechanical parts and things like that, that they were throwing around. So it looked like a crash scene. We've heard that before from other reports. Yeah. So, I mean, it looks like they're kind of piecing things together. Maybe John Boyega's character, you know, crashes and she, like, she pulls him from the wreckage. She nurses him back to health. Maybe he's like wanting to get up and get out of there and he's immobile and he can't move. And it's kind of like she nurses him back. He basically finds out more about her and, and talking to her. And like over time, he like, changes his character develops and starts to maybe have a relationship with her and changes the way he feels about things see what's interesting about all that is um none of this includes all the veteran actors this is a lot of storyline at the beginning of the movie that doesn't include the veteran actors that is true i mean you know i'm not saying that it could be false but it's just when do they fit in yeah it's kind of good though because you think if they would put them front and center almost beat you over the head with them Oh, I agree, but it also kind of goes against the thought that Han Solo is the main character. Well, and that it's going to take until the third movie that we're passing the torch when all this information from the sets is kind of saying that we're passing the torch right away a little bit by introducing these new characters without any of the veterans. I've also heard rumors that this might be a scene like later on in the movie too. Yeah, we so don't know. We don't know when this takes place, but it sounds like a scene that's going to happen early on. Yeah, I thought you quoted that the uh, ship had been shot down onto onto Tatooine yeah. at the beginning of the film. Well, we that. that's one of the first scenes that they shot. It doesn't. Oh, they shoot things out of order. Got you. Oh yeah, I realize. Yeah, I mis misheard you when you said I didn't catch the shot. No, the speculation is like this is at the beginning of the film. Got you. I mean, every Star Wars movie opens with a ship in space. Yeah, so that would make sense. You open with in space with this ship, and right. then the ship gets shot down onto a planet. Yeah, I mean that's classic Star Wars opening. Right. Um, let's see here. Uh, they making Star Wars goes on to say, I often hear Boyega is a Jedi in the film, but I am beginning to think he might start that journey midway through Star Wars episode seven, which is why he has a lightsaber. According to many reports, 
we have never heard Boyega has a lightsaber during the Abu Dhabi sequences, but we have heard set reports from Pinewood that he fights with two hands on his saber without much, uh, without much of the prequel style flash of a one-handed Obi-Wan Kenobi. It makes me wonder if Boyega and Daisy Ridley's characters discover they share the same propensity for the force that has so far been untapped until they meet a certain old Jedi in the second act of the film. Hmm. Meaning Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. So, so yeah, this definitely all sounds like it's beginning film material. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, but these are, like I said, all rumors. But I think, like, somewhere there's, where there's smoke, there's a fire. We're getting some. I mean, all these news reports are talking about this crash in Abu, in Abu Dhabi, which is Tatooine. Mm-hmm. We hear that. That's gotta be confirmed. There's something going on there. Definitely. And, you know, John Boyega and Daisy Ridley's characters, they are gonna meet in Tatooine. That, that has to be some of it. You yeah, know? they've been seen together. We've seen on-set photos of them together. Right. We've heard rumors that they are searching for Luke Skywalker. That's another rumor that we've heard in the past. Yeah. So, I mean, I do think that we do know some of the things that are going on. There is a search party for Luke Skywalker. He is the most wanted man in this fucking movie. Where is Luke Skywalker? That's the question. So I wonder if Boyega is going to be our POV character primarily. That's what a lot of people are saying. That's, yes. I feel, see, I feel way more strongly that that's possible yeah. than Harrison Ford. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I think Harrison Ford out of all three is going to play a bigger part in this film yeah. to start off with. But, uh, yeah, I mean, um, Boyega sounds like he's going to be the main guy that they're going to be passing the torch down to. You definitely need somebody with a, a younger character for your point of view. And I, I think J.J. Uh, J. Abrams knows that maybe, yeah. like, you know, to try to make it mirror like the original trilogy. Yeah, I've heard even um, – I've heard lots of rumors that uh, Carrie Fisher has the biggest role of the three of them in the movie. Hmm. Even so, it's just highly speculative. Uh, hopefully, Kevin Smith will be able to clear this up for us in the next couple of weeks, right, Jake? <laughs> yeah, I would love to read his bogus screenplay. <laughs> Why do I keep fucking saying shit about Kevin Smith? I do not know. You love it. You love to stir the pot. Oh man, I love Kevin Smith. I don't like. I don't. I, I don't like you and your little ladle, you motherfucker. Oh. Stirring the pot. Who, who cares what I think about Kevin Smith? Don't let me destroy your love. I know. Okay, all right. So, got some more rumors from Latino Review about Star Wars. Uh, looks like, according to their sources, the Mandalorians play a huge part in Episode 7. Uh, we talk about the Mandalorians, it seems like, on our show, uh, like, almost every week when we talk Star Wars news. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we talk Mandalorians, but, like, we never really explain, like, who are the Mandalorians? I, I think that needs to be explained to us still by these movies. Yeah. And nothing in canon explains that anymore since they got rid of all the um, – and I think one of the biggest reasons they did get rid of Expanded Universe was to um, reboot the mythology of the Mandalorians and not offset anything that had already been done in the Expanded Universe because so much other stuff had already been explained. Yeah. Now, I do want to, I want to talk a little bit about the Mandalorians and what we do know. Um, in their early years, Mandalorian culture revolved around battle, with war being a source of honor and pride in their community. The leader of the Mandalorians, known as Mandalore, translates to soul ruler and presented as Mandalore in basic. Which basic is like the language. And that's soul, like S-O-L-E? S-O-L-E. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, throughout their history, the Mandalorians often allied with the Sith, 
perhaps most notably the Sith Lord Exar Kun, and held a certain distrust and general dislike for the Jedi Order. However, they wouldn't hesitate to cooperate with the Jedi if a partnership between the two groups was mutually beneficial. In later years, the Mandalorians moved away from their obsessively warlike and conqueror ways, and instead most became bounty hunters and mercenaries, selling their skills to various individuals and factions in the galaxy. Now, we, of course, we've seen Mandalorian armor uh, in the movies worn by Jango and Boba Fett, Mm -hmm. uh, and neither of them are Mandalorian-born, though. Yes. So, um, but uh, I think the Mandalorians, they go along perfectly with the rumors that that were reported a few weeks ago about the Jedi Hunters or the Inquisitors, as they're called in the Rebels TV show coming up. Uh, We talked about those silver and chrome troopers that follow the Jedi Hunters, and so they might just be these Jedi Hunters or Inquisitors. Hmm. The Mandalorians m- might be one and the same. Right. That That's an interesting concept. Right. I'm with that. Well, I mean, I think you've got, like, they were talking about uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about that. Yeah, let, let's talk about that. Lupita Nyong'o and okay. Adam Driver. Um, some of those rumors. Uh, here's another rumor from Latino Review. They a, got all the scoops. They do. A Sith witch or slash witches are in Star Wars Episode Seven. We don't know the name of the character, nor or characters, nor do we know if they're loosely based on the Night Sisters of Dathomir. Dathomir, of course, being Darth Maul's ha- homeworld. Uh, we have heard the rumor that Adam Driver and Lupita Nyong'o were playing these Jedi hunters. So maybe Lupita Nyong'o is a Night Sister or uh, Dathomir. I've also heard the rumors that Gwendolyn Christie, the Game of Thrones actress, has been seen wearing Mandalorian armor. Hmm. I want to see uh, – I personally – I want to see these pictures of the armor because Mandalorians paint their armor in order to convey what they stand for. Yeah. Uh, we'll be able to tell a lot about the Mandalorians in these films if we, if we can see their armor. Yeah, and we've never actually technically seen actual Mandalorian armor. Bubba Fett and Jango Fett have – kind of a it's been explained as a modified version rebels yeah if you look at the the character um from the new rebels cartoon mm-hmm. she has mandalorian armor and on like uh her shoulder she's got pictures of dragons yeah so she and she is mandalorian gotcha the character okay so that's like the first tease that's exciting yeah so yeah it's interesting man i don't know tons of fucking star wars rumors coming out yeah Sometimes the less you know, the better, though. I mean, everyone complains about the whole midi-chlorian thing. Hopefully they don't do the same thing with Mandalorian. Honestly, I think, like, all this stuff that we're reading, some of it's true, some of it's false. I think our minds are still going to be blown once we see the film, either for the the good or the worse of of the franchise. Yeah, I can't wait. So, yeah. Star Wars. Star Wars. Can't wait to see that opening scrawl and new John Williams music. I know. Oh, I know. New John Williams music. Oh. Absolutely. Love that shit. Yeah, that'll be great. I can't wait just to the first teaser trailer. That's just going to be so much. We're going to be doing a whole podcast just on that teaser trailer. Yeah. Dissection. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'll be watching it like frame for frame. Yeah. We should do a frame for frame Star Wars cast. When Definitely. They, yeah. Well, like, you know, of course, like, just like with all of our movies, it seems like a uh, Latino review or somebody, one of these people could, like, get like screeners or something before it ever hits and we'll hear the description before we're able to see it. Oh, yeah. That's true. You know, like the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer before it was released. You yeah. Know? So I don't know, man. I'm excited as shit, but it'll be interesting to see what, uh, 
what 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 actually out of all the news that we talk about, what's real and what's not. Yeah, that will be funny. Yeah. At some point, we we I mean, you throw a hundred darts, you're gonna have to hit at least one of them, you know. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we're gonna. I think we're gonna end the show here soon, and then uh, after the music, uh, we had a question from Gus Hoontide about uh, um, Edge of Tomorrow, which I wanted to answer. I don't want to answer it during the regular show, just in case people haven't seen it, I don't, because it deals Makes with sense. the ending of the movie. Gotcha. So, let's do it. I got uh, two bits of something. Oh shit! Yeah, Frank had uh, <laughs> Frank had something. Fuck. Um, this one is uh, Star Wars related. And I was uh, taking a look around on one of our breaks, and this came out today. Uh, they've got two more uh, additions to the cast of Star Wars Episode Seven. Uh, this came from Latino Review. It said, at the end of last year, Lucasfilm and Disney invited all young aspiring actors to attend an open casting call for roles in J.J. Abrams' Star Wars Episode Seven. The casting call spanned 11 cities across the U.S. and U.K., and over 37,000 hopefuls attended, with a further 30,000 yeah, 30, yeah, 30, submitting applications online. Having hunted high and low for young and undiscovered talent, the filmmakers are delighted to announce that two actors from the open call have been cast. Crystal Clark is an American actress studying in Glasgow, uh, United Kingdom, who has both stage and screen acting experience and is soon to be seen in her first feature, The Moon and the Sun, to be released in 2015. British actor Pip Anderson is a skilled practitioner of parkour, a discipline that involves propelling oneself through any given environment with incredible grace and agility. Pip recently demonstrated this remarkable skill in a Spider-Man ad for Sony. And then it says, producer and Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy said, The Star Wars universe has always been about discovering and nurturing young talent, and in casting Episode Seven, we wanted to remain absolutely faithful to this tradition. We are delighted that so many traveled to see us at the open casting calls and that we have been able to make Crystal and Pip a part of the film. Um, meanwhile, principal photography continues at Pinewood Studios in London after wrapping on location in Abu Dhabi in May. In August, the team will take a brief two-week hiatus while adjustments to the current production schedule are made as actor Harrison Ford recovers from a leg injury. Harrison is doing well and is looking forward to returning to the set soon. Shooting remains on track to wrap in the fall with the film scheduled for release on December 18, 2015. Now, even though these two are unknowns, I find it interesting that one of them that they've cast is parkour. skilled in parkour. Yeah, you could Darth see where Maul. that would come in handy. Yeah. Yeah. Darth Maul. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for that. Hmm. Yeah, I want to see more of that stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, that, 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 that harkens to Darth Maul. Yeah. Totally. You yeah. know, Ray Park, you know, with all of his uh, acrobatics and... And shit like that in the movie. Sounds right. like to someone that's going to be making his money off convention appearances for the rest of his life <laughs> after episodes. Yeah, seven. just like the little kid that played Anakin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be a hell of a fucking living, though. You know what I mean? If you're a fan, yeah, should just get paid to go. Yeah, the kid that played Boba Fett in episode two. I mean, that's yeah. how he makes his living now. He loves sure. it. Yeah, I get a picture with him. It's probably like twenty bucks. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, so. Um, the other thing I had wasn't uh, Star Wars related. This uh, came out about the uh, last Hobbit movie, The Battle of the Five Armies. Um, uh, Peter Jackson recently was talking about it and had said that the full trailer is not going to come out until October like the others have. 
However, the uh, teaser trailer has recently been delivered to Warner Brothers, and uh, that happened on July 2nd. Said He said it should be making its way into the world sometime soon, so we should be seeing a teaser trailer for that last Hobbit movie soon. Oh, that's exciting. So it's going to be in a Warner Brothers film then? They're yeah. going to premiere it before a Warner Brothers movie? Yeah. Huh. I wonder what movie that is. Yeah, I wonder. I what's check. A, yeah, Guardians is not Warner, obviously. Right. I wonder what it is. Hmm. Yeah. So have to see what they got Come, coming out. Coming yeah, out. what Warner Brothers has coming out. So. In these days and ages, it, it could just get premiered on a talk show. Oh yeah, they'll they'll do that. The talk show, and then it'll be on the internet that night. Yeah. Yeah. So. So yeah, Hobbit. Hobbit. The Hobbit. Yeah. So I don't know. Anybody else got anything else? New. Mm-mm. I'm ready for some food and some leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leftovers tonight. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'll have to check that shit out on HBO Go. Yeah. So. Oh, let me bring that up again. Yeah, any, anyone needs free HBO Go so you can uh, follow along the leftovers with us. <laughs> this is fucking great, dude. Just hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Two Sheds. At Two Sheds and... Then, with the number and two Ds. Yeah, or you can uh, send an email to... Uh, popcultureleftovers at gmail.com yeah. or you can send uh, an email to comments at popcultureleftovers.com or ask on Facebook yeah anyway just ask me the password I'll, I'll hit you up yeah and then you can just spread the password throughout the internet yes exactly let's get as many people as possible <laughs> on my HBO account we are gonna get shut down by fucking HBO yeah and I better not see I better not see any sex in the city in the previously watched for oh, all these people <laughs> or Twilight <laughs> or the sh- or I'm changing my goddamn password <laughs> so one bad apple ruins the whole bunch if I see any fucking sex in the city on there uh, which character are you the closest to in sex in the city I have no idea what their names are I don't know what I their names I, that was like the big question, like women were asking themselves, like which character are you a Carrie? I don't even know. Is that a char- is that a character's name? Carrie is a character's name. Wow! And um, pulled that one out of my ass. I know that Kim Cattrall is Samantha. Oh, okay. And that's that's oh Frank, you're definitely Samantha, dude. Yeah. When I was a Wasn't kid, she like the horror of the group. She's the horror of the group. Yeah. that makes sense. I had a fucking crush on her when she was a mannequin and when she was screaming in Porky's. That was fucking great. <laughs> I used to love Kim Cattrall. Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm with Frank on that. Kim Cattrall, I was super hot back when I was a kid. Yeah, she oh, yeah. was. What yeah. happened? What happened to uh, plastic surgery? What happened to Kelly McGillis too? Oh, jeez! Wow, I, Top I, Gun. Yeah, she fell off, man. Yeah, <laughs> happens to the best of us. Yeah, it mm-hmm. does. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll see you like next week. Uh, just like all uh, good leftovers say in their doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Nice, nice job. Yeah. Mic drop. Kevin Boom. Smith would be proud. Hey, uh, <laughs> and this one goes out to you, Andrew Pack. Hammer time. Happy birthday, Andrew. I can't believe it took that long for us to get our hammer drop in. Andrew Pack <laughs> sent me a fucking tweet. Yeah. At PC Leftovers. Sent me a tweet like, oh, it's my birthday, and for my birthday wish, I wish that you would never play the Hammer Time Drop ever again. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so. One more time then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is for next year's birthday too. Stop. Hammer Time. All right. <laughs> Andrew, yeah. we love you. Just come on, we're the leftovers. Happy birthday.
we're cynical assholes, and you don't you. Okay, if somebody asks us not to do something, That's of course we're gonna to fucking do it. do it. It's like Mar- it's the Marty McFly calling him chicken syndrome. Yeah, right. Yeah. Somebody asks, you know, if somebody sends me an email and says, Brian, you're going over the top, and you're acting like this, you're acting like that. It's oh, is that gonna stop me from being that <laughs> asshole? Yeah. No, I'm just gonna fucking be that asshole even more. I'm sitting here staring him in the face as I'm talking about Kevin Smith, and he looks like he's gonna come over the table at me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fun stuff. <laughs> All right. Let's end the show. Uh, after the music, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the edge, uh, end of Edge of Tomorrow, and then we'll see you next week for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. So hope you enjoyed this seven-hour episode. I don't, how Holy long have you been recording? I don't know. Forever. We're back. <laughs> you were so excited at the beginning. Oh, my God. You were like, gosh, you were like Robin Williams on cocaine. You got me right after that Red Bull there. I was just like, <laughs> Yeah, we're back. We're back. Towards the end, you kind of trailed off and kind of lost you there towards the end. Yeah, I'm back. Your energy level was kind of shit there, Jake. (laughs) I'm kidding. Dude, I'm fucked. You You were great. You were in really good form tonight. So if I had one complaint about tonight's show... It would be uh, just the Kevin Smith hate. That's it. Yeah. Everybody else. Frank, you were awesome the show. That was my favorite segment, Thank so you. we'll agree to disagree. Yeah. Fuck you. McWeenie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Drew McWeenie. That should be the name of the episode. McWeenie. <laughs> Beat our McWeenie. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. We're gonna- stop it. <laughs> End it. Yeah. Seriously. Somebody stop Frank. All right. Um, yeah. We'll see you guys next week and all that shit. Later. Later, guys. McWeenie. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the left Picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it toss it, good it taste Do we love it? Hey, let's face it Clean, erase it Let's embrace it Tupperware party Subculture spill over Like a vulture Carry over Counterculture pushovers Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Podcast that original and good. 
have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the chaff, and we're the chaff, the crap, even though we're the shit, Woo! we're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids, it, it, it's a trap! Toss it, good and taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers. We're back. <laughs> hey, uh, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers After Dark. Oh, yeah. yeah. Things are going to really heat up now. Yeah. I'm taking my shirt off right as we speak. <laughs> and I'm taking my uh, headphones off and, and, and leaving the room as we speak, so... Yeah, no, but yeah, this is uh, uh, Pop Culture Leftovers Underground, man. This is like after the show. This is like after the show shit, right? Where we let it all hang loose. Let it all hang loose. <laughs> so, yeah, all right. But we had a question from uh, listener Gus Hoontite, which, of course, that's not his real name. He keeps his name. He's like, I think he's in the Witness Protection bless Program. Bless you. Bless you, Gus Hoontite. Yeah. He's in the Witness Protection Program, so he doesn't reveal his real name. Yeah, I think he was like a mobster or some shit. Gotcha. Is that for real? Yeah. Yeah, no right. shit. Yeah, dude. Wow. It's confirmed okay. by Kevin Smith. <laughs> 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 well, you got other followers that have like witty supername and shit like that. I it's hope cool. that Kevin Smith confirms that both of you fuckers are assholes next week. <laughs> I don't, we don't need his confirmation of that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Gus Tight. No, that's not his real name. Um, yes, Frank, he is in the witness protection. Wow. Program. No, I'm fucking with oh, you. Oh, fuck, I don't know, man. I'm gullible as hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not fucking you though. He really is. Oh, no <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's something to do with drugs, or I don't know. It's weird. But anyway, no, his real name is. Nah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna reveal. It. I do know his real name. Though. You know okay. his real name. Yeah. What the hell? You want me to hold? On, I'll pause and I'll tell you. Oh, let's hear it. Yeah, hold on. And we're back again. <laughs> There's a little bit of premature. Yeah. So back. yeah, I told yeah. you guys Gus's real name. So yeah, none of our listening audience knows or probably cares for that matter. But, <laughs> yeah, if I had named that fucked up, I wouldn't tell people either. <laughs> <laughs> I'd change my name to a sneeze too. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Gus. Just... Yeah, his real name is John Kleenex, but <laughs> Mike uh, Roch. <laughs> <laughs> he got, uh, sends us an email. He says Gus here. Tons of fun watching this flick. Uh, oh, yeah, he's talking about Edge of Tomorrow. He says, tons of fun watching this flick. Only sort of half listened to the podcast when you guys reviewed because I hadn't seen it yet. At the end, when Cruz gets his abilities back and goes back in time for the last time, why didn't everything reset with him? Did the Omega powers give him a different power? Or did I just miss something that they explained? 
I am going to go back and listen to the podcast again. Hopefully you guys touch on that. If not, well, there's another topic for you. Thanks, Gus Hoontight. So I don't think we did touch on that. Um, but, um, I mean, do you guys have any explanations? I mean, uh, Wasn't there a throwaway line that he will remember all of it? And everything? Like, that it... I mean, I thought he was the only one that did remember Yeah, anything. exactly. Yeah, out of all this. Like, he was the only one who was going to remember everything. Because, yeah. yeah. like, he controlled time at that point, right? With yeah. the Omega power? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do you guys have any theories about, like, you know, what he was able to, you know, do once he received? Because, like, we all agree, like, he was the one who received the Omega power then. Like, yes. Yeah. You know, he got the power from the Alphas, and he, he stole it from the Alphas, but now he got that power from the Omega blood, which... I mean, that's different. Like, you're getting it from, like, the granddaddy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, do you think his power set is different now? I don't know. That's a good question. I do. Yeah. I, I, I honestly think that at this point, um, it means a lot of different things. And I just have some theories. Like, I think, like, once he took the Omega power, like, he's almost, like, got control of time and he's omniscient now at this point. I mean, I think he could reset the time back anywhere he wanted to go. But he chose to go back to that certain point in time to where he could meet up with her. That was like his oh, goal. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But also not get dropped down to the ranks. And Do you guys want me to go even deeper into this fucking rabbit hole? Yeah, let's sure. hear it. All right. I think that also um, with this power set, if he took over the power of the Omega, if he really took over the power from the Omega, he takes over all the powers that the Omega had. One of the powers that the Omega had was that hive mentality mm. and being able to uh, declare different uh, aliens, different mimics, alpha mimics, and the other just your regular mimics. Right. I think he could do that on a human level. If he wanted to choose, uh, what's her name, Full Metal Bitch? Full Metal Bitch. He could make <laughs> her an alpha human. And some of the uh, you know people that were in troop, uh, J-Troop, he could make them alphas. And then everybody else within the military could be his human mimics. I'm thinking that he could actually take that power and incorporate it on a human level. That, right. That's really fascinating. That's yeah. that's the sign of a good story when yeah. they leave so much open-ended. They yeah. can come up with so much imagination about yeah. what happens next. Absolutely. Everything doesn't necessarily need a sequel. Sometimes it's fun to always have stuff to speculate about. Yeah, I agree. That's why the Matrix films – the sequels kind of failed in my opinion because like, yeah. you know they you know you got that mind fuck in the first film that's the way it should have ended i mean like should we really see inception 2 yeah no no I mean, zion was so boring in matrix 2 yeah oh my god i yep. didn't need to see any of that i know it just so, seemed like a giant orgy yeah a big boring rave party yeah but edge of tomorrow man i mean that it was a really good movie and i Part of me wants to think like he took over all the abilities of the Omega and he can pass it down to the humans now. Yeah, I, I buy it. I subscribe to that. I think he could very well do that yeah. from getting the Omega blood. Yeah, right. I agree. There's nothing that says it can't. One of the only things that I've heard that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, when, when he took over the power from the Alpha, it wasn't like he was limited to what the, you know, it's not like he couldn't do anything the Alphas weren't doing. Right. Part of him might want to resist from using those kind of powers, though, just to bring as much normality back to his life as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say, you know? Yeah, but like with, um, with, with, uh, with, with getting these abilities, um, 
it, it has to change like your mind and like your mind expansion, like what you're, what you thought was normal or yeah. what you thought was like human. Like now you're like superhuman and it, it, it opens up your minds to so many different possibilities and, um, you know what I mean? Open up your mind, man. Exactly. <laughs> so. I don't know, man. It's he's tomorrow. like a, Good he's like a movie. burnout guy from all this information. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Anything else to add on that? Or we? No, I can't wait to see Edge of Tomorrow again. It, unfortunately, it didn't seem like it was in the theaters very long. It seemed like it was there like three, four weeks, then gone. Yeah, I think. Well, no, I think I. I think in my theaters they still have it, but it's like a one show. Like they show it like one time at like like four in the afternoon or something. But gotcha. I'm excited but, for home viewing on that. Yeah. I, I want to see Snowpiercer now. Yeah, I want to see that really bad, too. I yeah. know John Woods has been saying how great that is mm-hmm. to us. It's in Peoria. It's playing here in Peoria. Oh, is it now? And it's playing in Bloomington, but I, it's not playing in Decatur where I live, so I'll have to wait on that until it comes around. I don't want to take it. I don't want to drive an hour to see it, but... No, I might check that out this week, then. Yeah, you should definitely check it out. I think it's playing at Landmark, of all places. That's fucked up. Yeah. Cheap, though. Cheap, yeah. So, all right, guys, let's say goodbye again. Goodbye. Later. Bye. Let's do it. Can we sing it like a barbershop quartet? Goodbye. That was fucking horrible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Yeah. Like doggy bags and leftovers. (laughs) Bye. Yada, yada, yada. (laughs) Peace.